Oi, you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 100. On tonight's episode, the Mondlings talk about 8th edition on its 40-year anniversary and what they hope to see in 9th edition. And then there's a whole bunch of celebration because they've gotten to be 100. Let me tell you something, Mondlings. In every other race, 100's not all that impressive. But if you feel you need to have your fun, you go right ahead. And shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage U Tools for the next 100 episodes or thereabouts, maybe more. We're going to do the best we can to inform, entertain, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you another 300 hours, 100 episodes at 3 hours each, of Warhammer Fantasy. I'm your ringer, Chris Hugh. And I'm Rufus T. Firefly. Who's that? See, someone's going to know. And they'll be the person who goes to the forum thread and answers the question. And they're going to win? Chad Hansen inspired me. You know, he does his daily uh, quote and see if you can back it up. I just picked a character from a movie that may or may not, or literature, whatever. I picked a character that may or may not be known. But someone, there's a listener out there who will know. So it's a, it's a game. You've introduced a new... It's a game. Episode game. It's not a contest, but it's a game. And who knows, after a few episodes, you might keep a running tally of who, who which of our forum members is. Uh, maybe we'll make some uh, little icons for them. <laughs> wow. Since you made icons for the people who did the contest and I never put them on because I don't know how yet. I, I'm dumb. Maybe the icon could be like a little donkey. <laughs> how are you doing? 100 episodes. 100. <laughs> We're here. Get used to it. Yeah. Yeah, boy. So, um, all right. A lot, we're, a lot to do. A lot of go, a lot going on in this special. Yeah, we have. Special episode. We got special guests, special contests, special prizes, all sorts of stuff. Wait, wait. Do you hear that? The wind's picking up. The storms are on the horizon. Uh, the rain's coming What could coming it be? Yeah. It's the contest. <laughs> Six contests, bigger and badder than anyone actually imagined. Sharks included. <laughs> hey, well, I'd be disappointed if they weren't included. That's part of the problem. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get to what we needs to get to, and why don't we thank our sponsors? Yes, thank you, sponsors. Unique Gifts and Games and where? Gray's Lake, Illinois. Mears Miniatures. How do you spell that? M-I-E-R-C-E Miniatures. Mantic Games. Big Armies. Guildpainting.com. And finally... <laughs> Battle foam protecting your uh, me. All right. I was afraid that stretch stretch out too long, so I realized I was going to do a long. I had taken a deep breath. I didn't want to uh, annoy people. So <laughs> that's fine. I just realized. Where, where's that line? Cut that line. Me. Arm, just get it done. <laughs> or you could do it the other way. Army. Protecting <laughs> your army. <laughs> So thank you, sponsors. Uh, the show would not be possible without your uh, support. So make sure you check them out. <laughs> I can make that way more annoying than uh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to challenge you there. Uh, um, we don't have any technical shout-outs, although we've got tons of emails and stuff mm. coming in because of... What was that? The Contest NATO. <laughs> What's that flying by in the Contest NATO? Bas- I think I saw a Jaguar. <laughs> Followed by a flying cow. There you go. 
but I don't know. <laughs> it was all improv, folks. Wow, we're like artistes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know what? We also have something called voicemail, Chris. Oh. And, boy, the voicemail lines have been going off the chain. Lines are full, huh? Full of voicemail? Yes. Now, if someone wants to leave a voicemail, how could they do that? Um, you could call one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. Also known as seven five seven four four one four six nine six. Call now. Call often. Yes, uh, international callers for most countries. It's zero zero one seven five seven four four one four six nine six. I told you about when I used to have an old, when I had my first apartment, I had the phone with the push buttons. Did I ever tell you that story? Didn't everyone have one of those? Yeah, but you know, when they got off the rotary phones, they got the push buttons, but I was yeah. a poor student when I had my first apartment, and I had to buy a second-hand phone, and it didn't have any sevens. So I I had, didn't have it. It was missing was, the button. It was missing the seven. You couldn't. Uh, so okay. one day the phone rings. It's a buddy of mine. And he's like, hey, you never call me anymore. I'm like, dude, I can't call just anybody. My phone has no sevens. <laughs> can't you like, like put a little pencil in there? That's, or I was tried, but nothing worked. And he's like, dude, that's really weird. How long have you had that phone? I said, I don't know. My calendar has no fives. That's Stephen Ouch. Wright, ladies and gentlemen. Ouch. There you go. Yeah, all right. That's <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny. <laughs> the dead silence after the joke. Is this, is this thing on? <laughs> Anybody out there? I'm starting off dying right at the beginning of the show. You feel your ward save again. Episode 100, Dave's dead. <laughs> Him and Bella Lugosi. All right, there, listen. We got <laughs> We got some ice mails. Stay uh, on here's, here's one. Hey guys, this is Swain Sash from the forums. I uh, figure I'd give a sh- shot at the uh, contest Neo, the number three contest. Figure I can do it over voice now. Hey folks, it's Swain Sash from the forums, and I wanted to talk to you for a second about Garage Hammer. You probably haven't heard me talk about it before, but the opinions are firm. The co-hosts don't even separate from the topic. They custom talk about anything you want to pick in any topic you want. Anytime a new army comes out within eventually, they come out with this really long episode filled with fluff to fit your army. This isn't a fantasy football co- podcast making Warhammer podcasts on the side. This is a Warhammer podcast making army reviews and reports to protect from being a noob. It's what they do. It's all they do. Well, twice a month. Check out on iTunes or whatever else you use, Garage Hammer. Reviewing your Very nice Thank you Swain's Dash So let's see what else have we got here Uh, Got two more but these came in Minutes after each other so one may be a Mistake but let's find Out and see what we got Hey guys I love The voicemail greeting Uh, My name is Jake I've been listening to the show for about two or three weeks now, and I absolutely love listening to it while I work, although I get so engaged that I've actually uh, smashed my thumb with a hammer while I'm working. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, <laughs> absolutely love the show. Just calling to say, uh, yeah, I heard about you guys through this guy named Lord Tremendous. He does battle reports online, and I wanted to give a brief suggestion for some reading material for you guys. I know... Back in the, you know, 
couple months ago, you guys did the Dark Elf book review. You guys really got into the book, and I know everyone is really loving it. And so you guys had some questions, though, about the Dark Elf Society and how can it function. And so I was going to suggest that you guys go read the Dark Blade series because it really sheds a lot of light on Dark Elf Society. And I had a lot of the same questions you guys did. And being a Dark Elf player for the longest time kind of bugged me. So I'm really happy that I read it. I could not put it down. My wife was getting upset with me because I spent all my time reading. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's a really great read. really suggest you guys take a look at it. And, yeah, that's it. I right, love the show. Keep it coming. And, yeah, talk to you soon. Thank you, Jake. It's a good message. I've I've been told by several people to read the uh, the Malice Dark play, but I think... Actually, if I'm not, if I'm correct, Dan Abnett wrote it, so you know it's going to be pretty good anyway. Okay. But uh, last voicemail. Hey, Christian Dave, uh, it's Jake again. I forgot to ask. Um, I'm in the area in the Midwest, and I was really open. You guys got me super excited about uh, maybe doing my first big GT. So I was wondering if there's any sort of GTs in the Midwest that are coming up. Because I got no idea where to start looking for what tournaments are when, and yeah, I got no idea. My local gaming group's pretty small, but yeah, I'm super interested in getting into that. So if you guys can, kind of, I'd really appreciate it. On the next podcast, you guys could kind of lay out sort of like the tournament theme for the next, I don't know, upcoming like six months or so. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in uh, getting into that. So if you guys could help me out. I'd really appreciate that. All right, take it easy. All right, so now we have homework. We have to get some tournament. I, you know, I, I, I did. I think Jake posted on the introductions forum. He was looking for uh, tournaments upcoming. Yeah, and I had put him in contact with Clay Briggins from Twitter. I don't know if you're familiar with Clay. Clay, I, well, I met him at Bits, but he had just moved to St. Louis, so I connected those two. Hopefully, they can start to generate some some action down there in St. Louis since they both live in the same area. As for uh, other tournaments that are coming up, you know, they're all kind of up around here, Chicago area or Wisconsin has a few, Minnesota. I'm not too familiar with what might be down in southern Illinois. Uh, although there's Midwest Rampage, which is closer. That'd be Peoria area. Right. Um, and there's a couple down in Springfield, Illinois. They have a couple tournaments every couple months. I know Joe Flesh and those guys run a... a Good tournament scene down in um, Springfield. So that's something. It's a little bit closer. Yeah. So, um, geez, all right. We have <laughs> we are ready for a break. We got through voicemails. We have yep. got through all that stuff. We've got lots of cool stuff coming up, folks, including a lot of clips from past episodes, things that came up, uh, you know, when people had requested in their uh, favorite clips. Uh, here's one nobody requested. Uh, and we're going to go into this break with the original opening to episode one where we didn't know what we were doing, and it's awful, and you can laugh starting now. All right, get that gyrocopter off the lift, park your steam tank out in the driveway, sweep it up, and let's get some tables out here. It's time for a little bit of Garage Hammer. Hello, folks. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Garage Hammer. I'm your co-host, Dave Whitek. And I'm Chris Barnett, the other co-host. Welcome to the very first episode of Garage Hammer. Okay, so uh, since this is our first episode, we'd like to start out by letting you guys know what you can expect from our show. And we're also going to tell you a little bit about ourselves. 
so you can know what you're getting yourselves into. <clears throat> and you're getting into plenty. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War. Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Org Superstore. Hello, friend. Are you enjoying listening to Garage Hammer as much as me? Yes. Very good. Dave and Chris are away on a break, but my friend, we can make the most of it. They will be back. Come, sit back, get comfortable. Let's listen to what else they have to say to us. No? All right, and we are back. Back. And, uh, okay, so we had a lot of people send in bumpers, and we've been just playing them throughout the show. Uh, There's no point to just do bumper after bumper after bumper. We had a couple of weird entries. Um, Some people just said we couldn't record it, but they sent us their, they wrote down their commercials, a script. Um, some of which, them were which we cool. could do. We just have to polish it and get sure. the show ready. Sure, sure, sure. Um, we did get... Now, who was it who sent? Jamie sent a cool commercial. I'm trying to click through these real quick and see where the other ones are. And it's moving so slow. Uh, Joe Flesh... Mark Zielinski sent one in with both of his kids. Sent in little mm-hmm. bumpers for us. But there's one... Okay, Jonathan Bronk had the cool. I was reading. We can read. We'll read his out. Um, I like this one personally. At the end of a long day, nothing beats relaxing in my favorite local game store with a giant jar of marshmallow fluff. While I listen to an episode <gasps> of my favorite Warhammer Fantasy podcast, Garage Hammer, all the flavor with none of the calories, peanut butter not included. And then he had one you're supposed to read in a German voice, where it's actually the models in the game. Well, it's supposed to be the Empire because it's oh, a Germanic thing. Okay. So he's the member of the Empire Great Cannon Unit. There's nothing better than spending a day at unique gifts and games and blasting vampire lords, wyverns, and any sizable beast imaginable off the tabletop. Maybe, well, maybe doing it from the top of turn one. <laughs> well, you have to do it in your German accent. All right. As a member of the Great Cannon of the Empire Great Cannon Unit, there's nothing better than spending a day at unique gifts and games, blasting vampire lords, vivers, and any sizable beast imaginable off the tabletop. Well, maybe doing a top of turn one. <laughs> but after all that work is done, I like to throw on some slippers, curl up into my custom battle form tray, and listen to my favorite Warhammer fantasy podcast, Garage Hammer. Even the miniatures enjoy the fluff. Okay, Red Skull. <laughs> that's, that's <the> worst. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Hate mail from Germany begins now. Mark Schnell. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, but Stuart Alexander sent in. Um, okay, this was great. He wrote a couple of bumpers. Um, Should we read his uh, Garage Hammer? Uh, read the first one. Okay, I'll just do the Garage Hammer. Okay. And you do the other one. Okay, here we go. Garage Sick of listening to short podcasts that stay on topic? What Garage do you do? Want to know if it's possible to paint a thousand zombies? Garage Hammer. You like to play suboptimal lists with crappy units. Garage Hammer. That's right. Garage Hammer. Is the place for all your hobby and listening needs. Listen up, tools. There you go. <laughs> 
It's kind of creepy, the garage hammer. Yeah. He wrote these little short bumpers, guild painting. The results speak for themselves. Let's face it. They're better than anything you could do. <laughs> <laughs> I like these. I like this guy. These are, these are pretty good. Cool Mini or Not's Dark Age. When you're sick of putting 40 slaves back on a moving tray, give this game a go. Heck, you might even like it. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Battle foam. Your models fit snugly into the, f- the firm yet soft foam, all encompassed in a hard shell. If you're ever in an accident in your car or plane, rest assured that your miniatures will come out unscathed. <laughs> now that's peace of mind. There you go. <laughs> I may be crippled for life, but man, at least my high elves are saved. Oh. Uh, let's see. Unique Gibson Games. They have faith in the guys at Garage Hammer, so you should too. Go buy some stuff. <laughs> and here's the best one. Chaos Orcs, read it, Chris. Chaos Orcs Superstore. Leave it is. Leave it as it is. It's an awesome advert. Chaos Orcs Superstore. Chaos Orcs Superstore. <laughs> but then he put bumper stickers. Like he made banners. There are three different pictures of bumper stickers on here. That <laughs> These are great. <laughs> and they are. It's the basically the red Garage Hammer logo. It says Garage Hammer with the dice. Honk if you're a tool on the bottom of one. What does the other one say? Guaranteed to roll sixes or your... Or your money back. Or your money Which back. Which is true, because those dice are bent. They're not that bent. And where's Only the, a little bit. Where's the third one? You don't have to be good looking to be on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <that's> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! And that's the one with our pictures of you <laughs> and the Mork and <laughs> the paper Trust me, I can vouch for that. You don't have to be good looking to be on a podcast. Some of those are going to go up as banners. On sure, the, on the yeah, we'll put them up there. Yeah, does Zazzle, does Zazzle do bumper stickers? Actually, I think they do, but we can also put those on T-shirts too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is happening. You Thank don't have you, to be Stuart. good looking to be on a podcast. Good yeah. stuff. All right. If these aren't up in six months, send your hate mail to David at Um Now we did get uh, Aiden Rogers uh, from. Dimensional Cascade podcast. Yeah. He sent me an email and said, "Listen, I want to do some bumpers for your show, and um, but I don't want to be in the contest because he, he's he's got all the podcasting equipment. He felt like he kind of had he kind of has a leg up on the competition. He's a pro, right? So he's like, I, uh, but I still want to send him in. I hope you use them. Uh, he sent in four. So he had uh, Goldfag. Uh, who else did he have? He had Zigvald. Zigvald, Zigvald did." Two yeah. bumpers. <laughs> these were hilarious. They were they were hilarious. They I were really great. Well. But basically, we've got a lot of these. They're going to be all through the show. Um, so just enjoy them because that's what they are. But our winner, and we had to give this one because this person sent in an actual commercial, like a full-on commercial for one of our sponsors. And it was really good. But I sent it back and I said, dude, this is really good. Um, it's great. My only problem is please don't be offended if we don't actually use it for the real commercial because mm-hmm. I probably would, except the music is so loud I can't hear what you're saying. And so they went and fixed it and sent it back with lowered the music. And then I asked a question because they said something about shipping and they made a statement that was, you know, one of those, oh, geez, I don't know if that's actually true. So went and emailed Cass Orc Superstore, found out what the actual... Policy, policy was. was, and then went and readjusted the commercial again. Wow, a lot of work put into this one, then. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of crazy, but 
it was all there. So we should play that one now. And so this is uh, Ashley uh, Ashley Kennedy, who wins the contest with this uh, Chaos Orc Superstore commercial. Garage Hammer community by shopping at chaosort.com. Search through their fantastic supply product to build a wish list that you can share with family and friends for your next special occasion. They have fast, friendly service and will have your order on the way by the next business day. They always have a picture of the exact model they'll send to you because at Chaosort Superstore, what you see is what you get. Catchy. That's really good. It, it worked. And that, you got that, that sort of grunting ah. sounds like a ooh, bunch ooh, of orcs. Ah. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, to Ashley. Nice work, on Ashley. One heck of a one heck of an effort there. Absolutely. So there we go. That is contest NATO number four. And we'll be back with more Garage Hammer. Uh, one hundred episode spectacular. Nice. So, you put that in with uh, your your knights who already have a ward save. If you pray, and by the way, guys, let's just get it out of the way. If you don't pray, what are you doing? Um, but to maximize that, you may want to get the flanks, and that is so much easier said than done, especially with gigantic buses of knights. They're huge. Yep. Maneuvering those things is as difficult as it sounds. And we you definitely will get to that. You have a flank as long as, as something long. Well, see, <laughs> as long as something that's long. You didn't just say that. Unfortunately, it was said. That's <laughs> me! Hurrah! Hurrah! I bring evil down you, on your head! <laughs> you go suffer! Come on, for hobo guys. And we're back. All right, so first commercial breakdown, first clip from the showdown. Folks, we got a lot of bumpers sent in for the bumper contest, and we got a lot of favorite clips requested, sent in from the favorite clips uh, contest. Yep. And so instead of using uh, the music bumpers, which, by the way, constructive criticism, we need to replace them more often. Um, <laughs> just for variety's sake. Yeah. Um, Message received. So we're going to just start throwing these in. So we're going to get a lot of bumpers, a lot of clips, a lot of bits, just because people took the time to record this stuff or ask for it to be played and sent it in, and um, we're going to do that for you guys. So, But before we do that, we're actually going to start our main topic, even before the news and rumors in the toolbox, because that's just the kind of crazy guys we are. It's kind of a mini main topic. Yeah, well, it's going to come up throughout the show. Sure. We've got... Right. Uh, we got Three or four people coming on to give their opinions mm-hmm. on this topic. But, um, well, today, as you're listening to this, folks, uh, it's being released. The episode's being released on July 10th, which is the four-year anniversary of the release of 8th Edition. I can't believe it's been four years. Yeah, if this was 40K, we'd have had two new editions in this time, apparently. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but um, that way. So it's been four years, so we're just basically, you know, what are the three things you really love about Warhammer 8th Edition? Mm-hmm. Not everybody loves it, but I do, and I think the people we're talking to do, and I know you do. I do. Yeah. Um, but what do you, also, what are you looking forward to in 9th Edition? Just, you know, it's it's a fluffy little nothing topic sure. that we can get some people on to chit-chat and just, I mean, basically that's the show. If you're looking for, if you're looking for strategy this episode, folks, 
Look somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Although we may touch upon it in a theoretical way. Oh, yes. I like so, theory. Yes. Theory is good. So, uh, favorite things in eighth ed. Chris, what was your number three? My number three is uh, the current movement phase. Uh, I love the, the fluid aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's makes for a much more flexible game. Uh, players can do a lot more. Um, and it's easy to orchestrate what, you're, what you want to try to do. And the game facilitates, uh, you know, units moving further, faster, um, in ways that you might not expect your opponent to do. Yep. And 6th and 7th, you weren't able to do that. And I think that's why you hear a lot of players from back then say, once everything was deployed, you could predict how the game would end out, it would end up. Exactly. I think that's less so now. And Yeah, I think it's I great. I agree. That's a, that is a good one. Uh, my number three, what have I got? Uh, my number three is random. I love the random. You love the random. I love it. You know what? When it first came out, I was kind of, there was parts of it. I mean, even I complained. Really, five, six of the forests and five, six of the rivers are dangerous. Actually, come to think of it, now when you read the fluff and you read all the others, yeah, it really is yeah, dangerous. Is, yeah. Walking into a forest in the Warhammer world could get you killed. Suicide. So... I remember when it first came out, I said, oh, we should roll in on a one in six chance. Then you get a random forest. Oh. I remember thinking that that's how it should be. Yeah. Now, especially with the forest not blocking line of sight and not right. slowing you down, it's, I mean, you could say it's a kind of an excuse to have a reason, something in the forest. But I kind of like that. It's And it's never game-breaking. Oh, my goodness. I mean. Yeah, usually not. The de- the terrain test. Remember the blood? Oh my God! Someone's gonna cast magic. This force is gonna thump me and leave. <laughs> it Dude, it never, never happens. happens. You because you just get out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I love the randomness of the the what what's on the table. I love the randomness in how many magic dice you get. Mm-hmm. I used to play against uh, um, Brad, my friend Brad. Oh yeah, yeah. Who played VC? Now remember when you got uh, each each vamp each 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 wizard. Got power dice just for himself, according to sure. his wizard level. level. Right, I remember that. And then that. you got the two the dice two for that. from the pool. And then you can get extras. Yep. And I just remember him taking all the special characters and having like a 17 dice magic phase. Oh, because there's no cap. Right. No. And it was just like crazy, you know? And now it's like, well, how well can you harness the winds of magic? You know? And it's, right. it's random. Can it completely screw up your game? As a guy who relies heavily on his magic phase with his VC list... I can tell you, especially, sure, yeah, I mean, at bits, it, it killed a couple of my games, but it's random. The the um, the random chart on the demon. Oh, the reign of chaos table. Yeah, the, the random charge distance. Oh, I love the random charge distance. I just love how you, you know you're once again you're you're sort of you're you're hedging the odds, but even then something can go wrong. It just mm-hmm. adds to this mm-hmm. sense of I never know exactly what's going to go on the battlefield. It it for me it's fun. It, it rests you know ultimate control from you as a player, and I think a lot of people had a problem with that in the beginning. Oh oh yeah, I was nervous about it, but I think it 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 makes it for a more it makes for a more fun time, right. you know, because things can really go kind of wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think one of the randoms that <laughs> I think one of the things that became less random was the orcs. You lost that once a, once a game calling the wah and having everyone jump forward. D three inches, D six yeah. inches, but it, but then uh, you know having the all the different. T- if you failed and had an animosity test, you added your ranks to boost right, the numbers, yeah, so yeah, you'd yeah. run forward anyway. Um, 
it just seems it's it seems like the orcs became a little less. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. They they still have that element, but it's nowhere as severe as it was. I'd like to see it kind of get back to that little a little bit more. I, I agree. Chaotic. The current the current incarnation of the Wa is is kind of weak. Yeah, it's lame. It is yeah. total lame sauce. It needs to be. It needs to be what it used to be. It needs to be boosted. Where you call that an ev- that whole army just moves forward, yeah. surges forward. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But so the random is what I love. So what's your number two? My number two is the current state of it being a balanced game. Now I know that not everyone is going to agree with that. Uh, some people, you know, feel it's an imbalanced game. But t- to me, with all the army books being current and up mostly current and up-to-date, and I don't think there's ever been a time where this many army books have come out in this rapid succession to be this current. Oh, no kidding. Uh, and I feel mostly any army book has a pretty good chance against most any other, any other army book. Now, Tomb Kings, maybe some of the older, maybe Bretonians, but even then, I think you can make a case that it could do well against any other book. So for the most part, Army book balance, I think, is at a good point right now. And I think uh, having balanced army books across the board encourages ar- you know balanced army list creation. Yeah, um, I I would ag- I don't disagree with any of that. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Um, it hurts the pocketbook a little bit, but that's a good thing, right? Ultimately, it, yeah, for the hobby, maybe not for you individually out there, but. Right, right. You know, I mean, it winds up being one of those things. And I'm not complaining uh, in general. I mean, I know how much this hobby costs. It's my hobby. This is, I, I've always said this, when I used to when I used to play collectible card games like mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering with my friends, you know, yeah. 15 years ago, it, the, what's what's a hobby but a way to spend all your extra time and money? Sure. That's, that's what a hobby is. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do in my that's free time. what you do time. for fun, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's what it is. My number two is not actually in the game per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said the 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 books, um, the increase in the quality of the models. Um, it, 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 it is really the. I mean, you know, they've always gotten incrementally better, but you saw a lot of stuff coming out when I first started playing, even five six years ago. The new yeah. stuff that came out, it was cool, it was okay, but it wasn't dynamic. Like even though the, the war, really, it didn't really grab you, right? And. Um, you know, say what you want about Finecast. We all know it was a, it was a, it was a, a stopgap for mm-hmm. to get rid of the medals that, and it didn't go over as well. They're not doing new stuff in it anymore. It's mm-hmm. what they used. But boy, when you started to see the fine details that could start to come in and the things they could do. Oh yeah. And with the plastic stuff now, I mean, really, you know, and this is I don't think this is a fanboy thing. I think you could line up models from any range up against GW things and. They kind of blow everybody away. I, I think if you grab the average non-GW gamer mm-hmm. and ask them for an honest, objective opinion, like, okay, the miniatures that you're using for insert game system here, and GW, you know, how would you compare? I think most people would, would say, grudgingly or not, yeah, GWs, they're, they set a benchmark for quality. Just have them put their models together. I mean, I love my Malifaux stuff, but some of those things are so thin and spindly and hard to put on, and they look great. But it's just it, it's it's a nightmare to put some things together, mm. um, you know. Still cutting up and pitting the metal miniatures from right. some companies, yep. and I mean GW stuff goes together so well. They hide the mold lines now underneath stuff. I mean, I didn't even have to with my dwarfs. I mean, the you know where the bodies join, mm. the on the sides, the front and the back, the the overlaps, so you don't see any any 
uh, seam there. And where the seam goes up right where the shoulders, where the front and back of the armor meets, yeah. the shoulder pads go over that. So it's like everything's it's hidden. Well I'm not scraping. Yeah. yeah, it's so well put together. I had to give it to the models. I knew that wasn't something in, but it just it's really jumped so noticeably. I mean, at this point, people with perfectly good models are waiting to see. Oh, I hope they redo these just because, just to get something fresh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously, even when the Warriors came out, I was hoping they'd get new Warriors. And those Warrior models, I don't believe they're that old, but they've got that. The two the two arms down kind of more sides, more static yeah it's more that, pedestrian in yeah terms of, it looks yeah. like they're just standing there with their elbows at their sides and their hands straight forward right. with the cloaks on you compare that to like the witch elves which are really dynamic oh, and they're sick I mean it's crazy I mean some people are actually it's it's weird when the complaint is it's too dynamic so that was sure. my number two that's that's a good one what's your number one well my number one uh, kind of dovetails to what you just mentioned but uh, mine is more about the hobby in eighth edition seems to be at you know, like a real high in terms of, um, and I don't know if that's a function of social media and that we're all able to talk and discuss and communicate ideas and, and, and projects with each other more easily, more readily, but it just, the, the wealth of resources that you see out there, the painting that you see out there is really at a high, high level. When you compare that to 10 years ago or whatever, where everyone was painting you know, their bases in the goblin green, and, and that was it. Right, maybe a little flock. Yeah, and it's, it's, you don't really see that now anymore, I, I don't, don't think. every You know, bases are really well thought out. They're sculpted. Um, you know, they're, they're people are taking their hobby to a whole new level. The whole movement yeah. um, or display board uh, tray idea, I think that spread over to the U.K. a little bit. That's, you know, I loved seeing that. because I did too. Yeah, I loved seeing it because for years it's like, you know, they're just taking a tea tray, just taking a tea tray. And now suddenly people are like, whoa, that was so cool. We need to do that here. Mm. And it really does. Yeah. I mean, people are, are displaying their work more as works of art. Yeah. You know, good example is Brandon Palmer, GMM Studios. Brandon's stuff is crazy. Yeah. It's, a tr- it's a true fine art that he's taken it to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the egg... Last year with his 40K. And now, if you just follow GMM Studios on Twitter. Oh, yeah. He, you can see the stuff kind of uh, progress. As he's like, I have it. to get rid of and sell this stuff because I don't have room for the six pieces of furniture I found that are yeah. going to be the bases for my new display boards. Dude, he's using pieces of furniture. Yeah. You know, it's just like they're huge. I, I wouldn't want to transport that. I got to hand it to him just for the transportation. I got the minivan. I wouldn't be doing that. I'm just too lazy, I think. Well, it's it's. I think it's his full-time Job, well, that's what right? he does. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's he does for a game. living. But man, it's yeah, just... it is pretty cool. But but you know, ten years ago or whatever, you would never have dreamed of seeing that stuff. And to see it so you know progress as he's doing it, then to see it in person. I mean, from that to you know the the, the strong painters that you normally see out of the Midwest or or wherever. Um, yeah, it's just a great golden age for the hobby side of it. And is that your number one? That was my number one. And that dovetails into my number one, which I know people are going to roll their eyes at this, and I didn't know how else to word it, so I'm just wording it the way GW did it, is forging the narrative. Mm. Is that it, you know, throw tons of terrain on so you could tell us, you know, this is the place, you know, we're playing in a village or in a forest, you know, um, the idea that the games can swing on a huge phase Mm -hmm. one way or or another uh, whether it be in the randomness of a, of a failed charge or a big magic phase or, or a tiny magic phase. Sure. Um, 
you're almost never out of it at times. Now, I mean, there's times, you know, you're in a tournament and you know you're kind of out of it. Yeah, but a lot of times it can it can turn on a dime. Yeah. Uh, you know, roll here, roll there, and all, all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. You can never take this game for granted. Like, you can never assume that you, know, gotta, you have the win in the back. Yeah, you've got to be playing the game the whole time. I mean, even in a win-loss draw, you take your foot off the gas. I mean, look when I played against Chris Walker. I mean, granted, I had scored more points than I realized. Mm-hmm. But I think he still had me locked up until he failed a frenzy check and had to make the charge he'd been backing off of the whole time. Yeah, that that changes the game entirely. Yeah, and it was off of one failed frenzy check in, like, the end of bottom of turn four that flipped that game from a big loss to me, which I still think it would have been a big loss, to, I mean, I lost 11-9, you know? Okay. I mean, that's a huge swing in a tournament setting, a few points over, over that, so... I just love that every game can tell a big story. And maybe not every game does, but more often than not, I find when a game ends, oh, my God, when that thing happened, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, you hear that story a bunch, and it's it's fun. That is the fun part of it. You know, I played a game against Steve Herter right. at his place uh, last weekend, and that game was, you know, I had my, my gun line. He had tons of rats. He, had, he rang his bell, and I forget the re- what the result was, but everything... Toughness seven or better took automatic D three wounds on the table. Oh, that's yeah. And my twelve war machines are all toughness seven. That's the thing. It's set right at war machine toughness yeah, level. Yeah. So boom, war machines gone left and right. All these panic checks ensue. So just imagine all the goblins. Their war machines are blowing up. They're panicking and just fleeing the battlefield. Followed, you know, and they're being pursued by this wave of rats. Oh yeah. That's essentially what happened in our game. That was the narrative there. I, I just could not recover. It's so much fun, though. And that's what I love is the game has become fun. Whether it's good for tournaments or not, man, I don't know. All I know is tournaments are going strong. People are still playing. And I am having more fun with every game. Hmm. Dude, I went a win, three losses, and a draw at at Blood in the Sun. Had a fantastic time. I mean, it's, I'm, the I'm, games were still fun, win or lose, because of the way everything goes, you know, and the way that having little scenarios, playing right. these these campaigns. I mean, people are, dude, the Black Sun, I mean, which are totally like, you know, the the tournament bad boys. Yeah. Dude, they're, they're doing a big campaign now. They've got, they're oh, playing nice. all the monsters. They've got the Mighty Empires board out. Yeah. Um, Steve Herner, you just mentioned they're they're starting up a I campaign. I saw. Yeah, they're doing a campaign too. You know, you used to really bother me, even if we were playing a casual game. If I lost, you used to bother me. Like, well, how could I have played that better? And why did I lose that game? But now it's just like, uh, play a game. Who cares? You know, we, it's fun either way. We've all, I think, and, and maybe, and it could be NW two as a gaming group. It could be the Midwest part portion of it. But I think all of us have done that. I used to stress about games. I used to stress before tournaments really bad. Um, just oh my god, I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, first I used to stress. I didn't want to get the rules wrong and look like a cheater or a fool. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, oh, I don't want to lose. I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to look like I don't know how to play this game. Already enough people listen to this show know I don't know how to play this game. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, dude, let's just go and roll some dice, man. Right, yeah, I, you know, out. I, I, I don't. I, I love the narrative and the random because it breaks that whole. When it all costs, sort of, I think it breaks that mentality down if you stick with it. 
And it's done it with yeah. a lot of our friends and our gaming group, people who are used to be far more serious about this game and having to win. And, and really, that's the best combination. When both you and your opponent have that same outlook, mm-hmm. it makes that three-hour time much better. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I was talking with some of my friends the other day, uh, guys, you know, and that, that's what I was saying, dude. If 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 I can't get together and have fun and roll some dice and have a good time, why am I doing this? If I'm going to go on the internet and spend three hours telling everybody on the planet why they're stupid and why this game is no good anymore, then seriously, I mean. Unless you love being miserable, why are you still doing it? And I, it's so much. It's 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 just all sorts of fun for me right now. Oh, that's a good one, though. Forging so, the narrative. I yeah. like that. Well, thank you. So let's go to our hopes for next edition. My number three would be uh, possibly having disruption breaking steadfast. Okay. I think um, if you're able to get two ranks into the flank, I mm-hmm. think. You know, not fast cav or anything, but, you know, another unit infantry, regular cavalry. I think there should be some be- good benefit to that. Okay. Rather than just taking away rank bonus. I think that would make the game play a little bit more tactically. I could be wrong, but that's something that I would like to see. It it seems, and something in my head says it could have a potential for really messing up the armies that have that weak but numerous... You know, like units, like what, like wood elves, Skaven, things like okay. that. Yeah, but the Skaven, thing with Skaven is there's such a huge army that spans the table mm-hmm. that it would be very, very hard, I think, to get the flank on a unit that's worthwhile. You know, slaves, fine, but against you know your screaming bell or your furnace unit, right? It'd be hard to, I think, flank that unit with all the other support elements that's available. True. To that you. is true. Yeah, not giving up your fun. I mean, I, I, who knows? The, the, the biggest thing that I think, one of the things that I've learned in the four years that we've now been doing this, as we're at episode 100, right, yeah, yeah. is when you change a rule, there are so many little bits and things that get mm-hmm. affected by it. You know, if we don't have big spells, then people are just going to bring Death Stars and put their stuff in a group. Right. If you don't have this... If they can't be steadfast, then why would you want to take a lot of them? Because that holding of the steadfast, um, you know, is the one thing with our low leadership that gives us a chance. Mm-hmm. If we even lose, I mean, if you are lower leadership and you lose by even one or two, you know, steadfast is the difference between holding and, and sure. running every sure. time. And you know, suddenly, would you see unit choices go different? You know, it, would suddenly things disappear? Disappear from the game because they just can't hold their own. Potentially, potentially. That's you what I'm know? saying. I, you know, I wouldn't know. It's it's hard to really judge it without playing a lot of games. But uh, that's just one thing that that sticks out to me. Okay. So, how about you? What's your number three? Mine was clean up the building rules. It seems to cause a lot of trouble for a lot of people. Anything in particular? You know what? I don't really have a problem with the building rules. Um, although I, you know. Because everything's an abstraction, mm. you know, it's like, well, do you want to limit how many people could get in a building? How, you know, can you really fit 50 guys in a small two-level barn? Cottage. Two level bar, right, cottage. Right. You know, and <laughs> it's, once again, it's an abstraction. Mm. You know, limiting how many people can fight and stuff like that works. I think that they, you know, by saying only X amount get to fight, you're always stubborn in a building because you're in the building, so you don't right. want to leave. Yeah. Um, it's almost It's a little too good. I get it. Why would I run? I'm in the building. If you're surrounding me and you're winning, mm-hmm. you'd think I'd be more less likely to get right, out yeah, and try to make yeah. a break for it. But at some point, it's got to happen. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, the yeah. only thing I could think of is, okay, you're not stubborn in a building, but if you leave a building, they can't pursue you and run you down because there's a damn building in your way. They're busy. And you're running out the back door. Clearing we're, out all the rooms. And everything. Yeah, we're assuming that there's nobody there. At worst, if you have to run, then they all have to take dangerous terrain tests to see if they can break through the... Because mm-hmm. that I wouldn't mind. You know, a DT test on a one or a DT test on a one or a two even. Sure. Can you break the siege around the building and get through and get out? Um, I, I can see that. For me, the biggest offender is the whole swift reform into a building. That drives me crazy. I, yeah. I'll play I'll play it, and I'll allow it. In fact, at Adepticon, someone said, you know, it's kind of cheesy, but I think I might do the swift reform. Hey, it's 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 in the book, so go for it. Yeah, but It just feels very odd. It Even still then, it kind of bends rules, because if you swift reform, you can't move more than double your movement. But if I reform and conga line it, that guy has moved back. Now he's got to right. move forward. Right, exactly. Is he really moving less than that? Because once the first guy touches, then once again, it's an abstraction. They're all automatically They're all in. in. Right. Uh, Wayne Kemp said it the best. He said, you guys are moving your little Slaneshi guys. And then so apparently I conga line him this guy. So that guy moved six inches back and then... Amazingly, Slanesh came out of the heavens and grabbed him and right. threw him, into the, him into the building. Yeah. <laughs> Hand of Gork for everyone. It's just, I mean, it's it's weird, you know. It's uh, yeah. that sort of stuff um, that needs to be updated. I actually had a little split one here because I cheat and can never do three, and um, <laughs> I think they need to just clarify what how much free movement you get with fast cav. I can tell that bothers you. You know what? Because every time I move my fast cab, you're like, you know. No, no. I just want to make sure. I mean, as long as the one model doesn't move more than its movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you hear those whole thing of, like, and it happens with my hex wraiths. If I hit the edge with it mm-hmm. and get them through, do I have to make sure every model in that unit hits and moves through? Because I could hit it with the one edge and say, okay, I'm going to. I'm. I've all of them reform, hit, so I'm right. just going to reform until they all go through. As right, long as right, one right. goes through, they all went through because I can reform them any way I want. That, by the rules, is is fair. Sure, it works, and I, I still feel like like I never do that, and I totally could. I um, I actually don't take them. Not that the hex rays are all that great, but I've sort of there were times when I want, I thought about taking them and said, you know what, if I use them for this rule, I'm going to be doing that, and it seems cheap to me it almost seems cheaty so i actually avoid using it because i just i always wonder why you don't really run those things it's just it's it it seems like and maybe this comes from another social media thing with a lot of people talking about it but yes you can do it but is that in the spirit of it you know are they moving more than their minimum movement because the unit just moved here and Mm -hmm. now okay they're all in right how much of a movement is that it's just it it gets to a gray area where it seems like you're pushing the boundaries of what you should be able to do yeah and i don't i don't like getting into that so interesting well that's that's your prerogative i mean they give you a whole army book to choose from you know so you can make those choices yeah so i'm like i said i'm not i'm not trying to uh interesting yeah i just i don't know it's for me it's weird but so what's your number two my number two is changing template weapons in particular cannons uh, I don't like how cannons currently dominate the tournament scene and I say tournament scene because in casual gameplay I think it's a little bit different right um, you know it's it's always uh, double cannons between empire and ogres and now demons there's a lot of them out there and because of that part of the problem is too many people got cannons um, but it's because they're so good and if they're so good, of course everyone's going to take them. I think if you fix the cannon rules, uh, that will change the game for the better. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just look at it and it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a rarity. You know, black powder is a rarity in the Warhammer mm-hmm. world. Now everyone's got it, including the demons from the warp have it. Right. And, you know, it's like, and corn gets it of all people. Okay, I get that. And then just to make them so cheap that everybody wants to take them, I was just like, you know, uh, they did themselves a disservice by making the ones that do exist too good. Well, I think it was a short The game. Iron Blaster and the Skull Cannon, yeah. both of them, for the cost, are too good. And it and it just exacerbated mm. people's frustration, I think, with the cannons. Well, you know, in a game that's all about fantasy elements and big monsters and dragons, you don't see them as often as you should because of all these cannons. Right. You know, it's not... Uh, it's a fantasy setting that happens to have some cannons. It's not a Civil War setting that where you might see a dragon. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and, and you run into that sort of uh, this weird in-between place where, like we said before, yes, this rule balances that. You, you know, you right. don't have tons of these, but it's to the point where you don't have any. I mean, you mm. don't see too many people bringing monstrous mounts. Once in a while, you'll see a brave soul, you know, have a dragon or or whatever. Uh, right, greater demons. I think you see pretty fairly fairly often. Well, yeah, because they're damn good. Yeah, because they're demons. But um, I, I think if you if you randomize the shot between the the mount and the the that, rider, that, that, will, that will do a lot. That, yeah. uh, that absolutely has to go. You, you, it has to go back to what it used to be. Hmm. You either hit the guy or you hit what he's riding. Yeah, it's one cannonball. You know. Maybe they're just always hitting the guy in the leg, and it crushes his leg, and then hits the monster behind it that's but that he's riding on. Maybe that's every cannon shot yeah, hits maybe. right there. Maybe that's what it is. That makes no sense either. But no, you know, but something just happening. as much sense as one cannonball hitting two things. So that's yep. my number two: changing cannons. Mine goes back to what it's always been, and I say this all the time. I want more reliable scheduled updates for from GW from for FAQs. Yeah. Okay. You know, you put the game out, and obviously we have quite. They they don't live in a vacuum. We know GW listens. Maybe not to this particular show. They've got to know that there are people who want to know. Come on, just please make a decision. Can I get? The the can my lizard men get their predatory fighter predatory in the fighter rank. in the second okay. round? Just answer the damn question, and I'd like to see that become regular every three months. Make sure your updates are updated. Yeah, see, that is a good one, but f- I personally have kind of grown numb to the fact that they're not updating their FAQs. I've just kind of accepted it and kind of moved. I on. have too, and it's almost a cheap. It's almost a cheap thing for me to go to because. Mm. It's it's such an it's almost like like duh why don't you pick a real thing yeah well it's it's but it really, still viable it really gets on it really my gets nerves. your goat huh it, yeah it makes me want to say bad language <laughs> well, don't do that not now not yet no not at the moment so what's your number one thing you want to see my number one the thing that I want to see is more scenarios more campaign books more supplements triumph for treachery that sort of thing the six scenarios that we have currently are great. I would love to have the option for six more. Yeah. You know you know what I mean? To really shake things up because I think those scenarios are central to the game experience. I, I agree. Um, they're putting out a lot of them for 40K. I think the problem is sometimes they're a little hit or miss because Storm of Magic still has not sure. held its own right. very well, although I still love it. Um, 
Triumph and Treachery was amazing. Mm. Uh, Blood in the Bla- Badlands was just suggestions. That he, this is our campaign and how we played yeah, it and the rules yeah. we employed. And I stole shamelessly for our campaign okay. from yeah, it. That's inspiration. Um, it's a great inspiration. Um, as long as you're putting out stuff for all the races, mm. I guess that's what it is. Whereas some of that stuff they've put out that used to be in the White Dwarf where they said, well, here, run this scenario. Mm. And I think that's what you were asking for. I'd like to see them come out with a book of just... 20 or 30 stories and scenarios. That stuff in the Triumph and Treachery, they came out with, hey, here's how you play for everybody. Here are some famous multi-army battles Mm -hmm. you can reproduce. I'd like to see that a little more. It's it's forging the narrative in in scenario format. Yeah, because, heck, the stuff you guys did at Bits at the team tournament, the little scenarios, that was all just pulled out of the book, stuff nobody ever plays. Yeah, for for the team challenge, yeah. Yeah, there's just, straight there's, out of the BRB. Yeah, there's so much more stuff there for it. So yeah, that'd be my number one. Okay, how about yourself? Mine is I, I'm really looking forward to the allies. <sighs> that seems like a hot button topic. Yeah, um, uh, it's for me personally. I don't think it'll be. I don't. I don't think you'll see it in tournaments. I think you'll see tournaments coming up. Like uh, there's 40k tournaments that do it now. You know, there's no allies that you know. Uh, are there 40 40k tournaments that do allow them? Yeah. Okay, so it's a mixed bag. Oh yeah, there was a lot of it at Adepticon. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, but so is, is the uh, perception that so yeah some tournaments tournaments allow it, but it's annoying. Well, I mean, I, I don't know enough to speak to. F- what the 40k tournament scene is like. Okay. But I think I think it goes back to just like, you know, just like anything else. It's another option optional way for you to play. Mm-hmm. Hey, you could take this and we've got rules and it works. If it if it can get bent, you know, if you can say, "Well, look, I'm going to take the best of this and the best of that. This will cover up my weaknesses." Right. It's a great way for GW to say, you know, "Hey, you can shore up weaknesses in your own army book mm-hmm. by picking things that you're weak in and bringing it in." Uh, without having to go and fix them, you know, it, it allows you to go out and buy that model you love, sure. that you just want to incorporate. Um, could could you could you totally could things be bent? I'm, I'm certain they could. I mean, heck, think about if I could just take allies with my dwarves. If I can just take somebody who can throw some magic and give my dwarves. Well, I, you know, I think I think it depends on how they write the rules. I mean, I I have faith that they'll write the rules in such a way that. It'll give you access to something more diverse, but it won't break the game. That is my hope. Uh, things like, I think there's enough players who could find, you know, once maybe, they set the rules up. Maybe I, I'm just saying it. It it seems like something that could really be broken. And so personally, I wouldn't be surprised if you see tournaments just saying, "Hey, look, we're playing a 2400 point no allies tournament." And I don't see unless the allies gets added into ninth edition in a way where it's so in in. Mm-hmm. in the, the, the rules are so built around it that you can't play without it. Right. I just see a lot of at least tournament wise. You know, you don't if it if it's difficult, you don't need it. So we say no. I mean, how long did we see no special characters? Because sure, special right. characters that's, that's, that's that's a change I not thought would never happen, but it seems common now. Yeah. Now it's everybody special says characters. special characters. It, it's hard to gauge that that sort of change though. That, the whole allies thing because they may change the scoring criteria mm-hmm. for for what it takes to win a game or. What get what grants victory points and how much, right? So if you change all that stuff, it's hard to really gauge how much of an impact allies are going to have. Yeah, and, and it, allies themselves, it could be something small like your twenty four hundred point army. You could take two hundred points of, you know, 
core or special, but that takes from your rare slot. Yeah, you know or they I mean? could simply say you have to have a, like I know in 40K, you have to have a general for that army. Mm-hmm. And so you could say, listen, yeah, you could take allies, but you've got to take a, a hero, at least a hero. Yeah. And then you've also got to take at least one core unit, you know, before you can yeah, delve into be. the specials or the rares. Yeah. So suddenly you've got to build a, like a mini army within your main army. It makes sense, though. And suddenly, yeah, well, yes, I could just say, well, geez. I don't have anything big and fast with a with a with a huge armor save. I just want to take some Mornfang, or I yeah. just want to take some Blood Crushers, um, or Skull Crushers, whatever. Sure. Um, but I'll take. Uh, I'll just take those. Well, no, you're gonna have to take a character. You have to take the, now. Suddenly, is it right. worth the points just to get that shore up? As long as it's not something where it's just like, hey, take anything you want. I don't think it'll be that. That that. I don't loose. think it will either. But you never know. I mean, heck. When they came out with this idea of taking those scrolls of binding, where you in, in Storm of Magic, where you could summon up units to be with you, like almost like the allies, you mm-hmm. could the, the, what, the, the demonic pacts. Yeah, you know the, the example was high elves summoning up demons to fight with them. Um, okay, well, it could be high elves that have been tainted by chaos. No, those would be somebody else. I, I know, I know, I mean, but I'm just saying you if you want to try to rationalize it. Yeah, well, you can rationalize anything. That was, I mean, I think as an example, for them to pick that as an example was like the worst example GW could have picked yeah. because that is everything that is wrong with what they just put Correct. out there. Yeah, like that's the worst nightmare scenario right there in the, the example. The worst possible combination. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. With the armies that you currently own, are there any ally contingents that you would that you've toyed about picking up? No, not at all. Huh? Not really. I mean, VC. My VC, I could maybe mix in with my demons a little bit. Yeah. So I wouldn't mix. Also, I wouldn't. I'm assuming they won't let you mix. You know, or maybe they will. You know, but I, you know, just, I'm not going to mix. Oh, I'm going to take. I'm not going to take demons and high elves. I'm not going to take wood elves. Oh, right, and, right, right. You know, I, I, I would think I would hope that they would do it by alignment, right? Forces I mean, of I light, could, I could totally see Bretts and Wood Elves, dude. Bretts and Wood Elves would be awesome. Yeah, I could see that taking the Brett lances and not yeah. worrying about the peasants because I'm going to take the lances and my heavy hitters, and then I'm going to set up a lot of uh, my core with all these elf archers. Oh, and it's fluffy too. It it works you know? in the story. Yeah, yeah. A dwarves and empire could totally work together. I see that. I, I would love to do a unit of man eaters, ogre man eaters, with an all goblin army. Oh, that could be totally fun. So they're hiring some mercenaries. It gives them something they need. Empire and ogres would work together. Yeah, ogres would work with anyone, just about, because they're neutral. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, it could totally be a really fun, hmm. cool uh, way uh, to, to play. Uh, but you never know. I mean, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for the best. It just, you know, and I was a lot more excited for this before I sold off all my armies. <laughs> I had everyone to go to. <laughs> But uh, it could be cool, you know, to see warriors. Of cha- I mean, just the potential to say, I'm going to make an old Chaos Legions yeah. army that has beastmen and warriors together, mm, yeah. you know, back to the old old school setup. It could be really cool. It could be cool. So, I don't know. But those are our picks. And uh, I I don't know. I had fun kind of thinking them up. And I, yeah, I up had a little something. fun wish listing. Yeah, yeah Exactly. Uh, and we are going to have on this show at least three or four people coming on, guests in the next uh, mm-hmm. next few segments, giving their opinions. Um, and interspiced through all of that, Contestnado. 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 
Oh, look, I see a jaguar in there. And it's chasing a cow. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, folks, um, we will be back after clips and blips and other nonsense. There is a part in here that is going to be uh, that when I read it, if you don't, you're going to die laughing. It's okay. like it's well, actually. Let's hear it. Let's hear should, it. Should we just play that one and let's then do a commercial? It. Okay, hold let's on. Let's do it. This is Greg Person left us a voicemail. Hey, Dave and Chris, what's up? This is Greg from the Painting Table Podcast, and uh, I was calling in response to something you guys were talking about. I've uh, just been catching up on the latest of episodes that you guys put out. And I was listening to episode 64, and you were having a conversation with Greg Dan about the 1,000 Knoblar Army. It's actually the 1,001 Knoblar Army, and it was uh, built by this madman named Nadal, and it was painted by him and his girlfriend. And that video that you were referencing in which the Knoblars slay a giant with their sharp stuff, well, that was uh, in a game I played against Nadal at the 2009 Crossroads GT. And you can watch it on YouTube if you go to the Painting Table's um, YouTube channel and click on our feed. I just went on and liked it, so it's the first thing that comes up. It'll say Knoblars vs. Beastmen Crossroads 2009. You can also just search that in. So it's a pretty ridiculous army and a pretty ridiculous scenario. And it was kind of soul-crushing to play against because, well, it was a draw. You just can't kill enough of the Noblars throughout the game. But it was really cool uh, to see. And the doll offered every time you killed a Noblar, you could take a um, either a skill of the same color because they were painted like skills, or you could take a shot of uh, hard liquor that was the same color. So uh, you could you could have quite a time in that game. So I just thought I'd check in and share that with you. Thanks for keeping up an excellent podcast, and I hope to um, hear from you guys soon. Later. Okay, so that was Greg's uh, voicemail. It's a very nice voicemail. Now, <laughs> time for Google Translation. Oh, great. Yeah. Hey, David, Chris, what's up? This is Greg from Kingsville Podcast, and I was calling in response to something you guys were talking about. And just been catching up on the latest that episodes that you guys it out. I was looking at the Sid sixty four, and you have a conversation with Greg Dan about. Bye. The one Yahoo are me. <laughs> Thanks for the one thousand one of our me, and it was built. Bye, burger. No, bye, buyer. This madman in the doll, and it was tainted by him and his girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, in that video that you were referencing in which Tunat was slay as giant with the sharks stuff. Well, that was in a game. I played against and all at the 2009 Crossroads GT. Yeah, and you can watch it on YouTube. If you go to the cleaning tables, YouTube, hey, click on our feet. Yeah, I just want to on and liked it. So it's the first thing that comes up. It'll send you was hers. These man crossroads 2009. Yeah. Also, just searched and then, hey. So it's pretty ridiculous. Did U.S. Army pretty ridiculous? Mary Ellen is kind of soul-crushing the play against because hello to draw you just can't kill. Enough of. And I was just a game, but it was real cool to see hey. 
and the dollar offered every time you feel the number, you can take a yeah. <laughs> there is still the same color because they were painted like skills. Or you can take a shot of hard liquor. That was the same color, so you can. Yeah, quite a time. And I came, yo. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to back that up a moment. Yeah, quite a time, and I came, yo. I just thought I'd check in and share that with you. (laughs) Thanks for keeping up. Yeah, for podcast, and I hope to you. You're from you guys soon. Yeah. Well, Greg, (laughs) I'm not offering dollars every time you take a yeah. What? <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, oh my goodness! Good. All right, and on that note of stupidity, we're gonna We are back. We are back, and the head, episode one hundred, and you still are don't back. have everything turned on when we. No, it's it's a lot to. I gotta do two things at one time. I gotta multitask. Gotta. That's hard. <laughs> Rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time. You could do that. I. It's not easy. Wow. Dare to dream. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so uh, we got news and rumors. Bringing brought to you by the Circle City Circuit. 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 Um. So what's what's news? Well, you know, not much. It's been orcs for about five weeks. Mm-hmm. Now we've got. Uh, they've got a. Expansion coming out, Orcs versus Space Marines. One of the big space was they got a big cool. campaign book coming out. Which, dude, I am a fan of the Orcs. I, I saw a, you were we were testing back and forth about that. I, I am a fan of the Orcs, and the more I look at the 40k Orcs, I like them even more than the fantasy Orcs. I think at times, just I could see that it, it, they have a lot of character. Yeah, uh, seriously, they do, and just all the guns and like the flash gets. I almost bought a box of them. This week, I don't have any of the stuff I have painted. Half of it's not even built proper, and I'm out looking at flag because they look so cool. The like the powered armor, the infantry are, are really cool. The motorcycles, where they start to lose it, I think a little bit are the really big killer cans and the like the trucks that are all kind of orked out. So I like all those orcified stuff. In fact, like I the- love when people will just take any model they want and orcify it. Just call that the orc truck instead of just getting an orc truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw recently online someone was posting pictures. They took that new thing from the Astro Militarum, the the truck with the tank treads. Oh yeah, yeah. And they took that and they pulled off the tank treads and put on big wheels and put on all this stuff and painted it all red. And it was like, oh look, the orcs stole that. And uh, oh, it looks so cool. <laughs> like oh look, they killed these guys, stole it, and uh, made it orcified. Orcified, yeah. It was pretty cool. I, I've always loved the old orc. It what drew me into the Games Workshop originally was the Orc and Goblin 40K stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, that should be cool because they just announced yesterday it's they got everyone was saying they're going to keep the Dark Vengeance because this is more of a tweak. Mm. Why would you get rid of a set that's less than two years old? A bo- uh, the box set. Okay. But the new box set's been announced and it's going to be uh, Space Wolves and Orcs. Interesting. Uh, uh, have those two been kind of fluffed up to be mortal enemies? I don't know who like the humans answer well, to the orcs has typically been. I don't think there is. The orcs are just chaotic, not chaos, because that's different. Yeah, they're just ubiquitous to the. They're, yeah, they're just they're everywhere. You can't get rid of them, and all they want to do is fight. I mean, they're just they want for me. Yeah, 
<laughs> climb on top of the universe and pound it until it's dust. You know? If they can't fight you, they'll fight each other. Exactly. Other than that, I'm not certain. You know, hoping to see Bretonians. Uh, yeah. Keep hearing about it, but not seeing it. New uh, orcs and goblins. Can't wait for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're, yeah. If Ninth Edition comes out, the first army will be. Haven't the orcs? They were, they were the first army in eighth. I was told they were the first army in seventh. Were they the first army in seventh? Oh, I, I can't remember that far back. They're they, pretty early on. I was told that they they're they've been like they've been the first army book out for like Makes three sense. or so four. They've editions. always been a very popular army. So I, if that's the case here again, I, I'd love to see that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I haven't really heard any other news or rumors. No, and I, like it's I said, pretty quiet. I think. Yeah, and that's fine. It's just they're pushing all the forty k stuff, and there's some really cool stuff coming down the line. Sure. Swings and roundabouts, as they say, giving us a chance to get caught up. Man, I'm still. Yeah. Working on dwarfs, reading that, reading through the, keep reading that that wood elf book. Gosh, I like that wood elf book. It is pretty cool. It is a good. It's, it's, it's a good read. It's good and I think it'd be good to play against because they're so different from your typical Warhammer. Well, that'll be in the campaign. Army. Well, speaking of news, the campaign sheets are going out for final vote. Oh, Our campaign okay. will be starting. In fact, I uh, went and dug up all the uh, Mighty Empires board. I got a. I'm going to quick, quick prime and just uh, you know dry brush paint up the the. Let's the, do it. The, the, the tiles so we can get this this rolling we got uh we got eight players or seven players or something like that seven or eight players and we're gonna go i'm ready exciting but i think that's it so why don't we just jump right into the toolbox brought to you by chaos orc superstore but you know what before we do that yeah we mentioned two of our sponsors yeah and we do have a contest uh, we haven't done any of our contests yet. Yes. Um, the last contest, the one that was just announced in episode, announced 99. episode 99, list our sponsors in order. We got a lot of answers. We got no correct answers. Oh, ouch. Now, this is based on my research. I suppose I could be off, but this is what I came up with. And we had two people who had answers that were really, really, really close they were each off by. They had all. They were. There was only two people who got all the right names of all the sponsors. So, are you going to tell us then the correct order and then the two people that were the closest? Yes, yes, that is my plan. I have it written down here somewhere. Where are you? And then uh, between the two front runners, I suppose we'll roll off to yes. see who the winner is. That is the plan. So here is the correct order, and the one that confused a lot of people was when. Um, Circle City Circuit came on, but I went back and listened to a few episodes and talked to Jeff, and I'm pretty certain I've got the correct order here. We've had a bunch of sponsors. Some people have kind of come and went just sure. because they were small, small companies. Some were just testing the waters, but here we go. Episode number two, UGG came in, our longest and dearest sponsors, Unique Gives and Games. Then Unseen Lurker Magazine. Yes. Uh, then the Game Preserve joined on in West Lafayette, oh, Indiana. Yeah. Casar Superstore. Casar Superstore. Ursus Den, Brian Steele's painting uh, company. Mm, yep. Then Battle Foam. Protecting your uh, army. Then the Circle City Circuit jumped in as a sponsor of the of the news and rumors. Yep. Uh, Weird World's Terrain. Oh, yeah. They were uh, doing the terrain for a while. Uh, then Cool Mini or Not's Dark Age. That was uh, Brian Steele actually switched over from one to the other there. Sure. Um, then Guild Painting and Mirce Miniatures came in on the same episode. Very nice. So those could have gone in either order. I mm. didn't count. Uh, then Square Shooters. 
were oh, yeah. sponsoring mm-hmm. to get people to go up for their contest. Then Mantic Games came on. Mm-hmm. And then Audible. So we've had a bunch kind of go on and off. Now, we had two people, uh, the Circle City Circuit. One of them put it one spot too early, switched it with Battle Foam. One of them put it one spot too late, switched it with Weird Worlds. So not only did they were they the only two who had all the right answers, but they were each one spot off. Like they literally transposed the one right one next entry. to it. Okay. So, so we're going to have to dice off on So it, it is only fair that we 50-50. Yeah, we're going to 50-50. Now, so Ashley Kennedy... Uh, is the one, and Jamie Hill is the other. So Ashley, uh, Ashley's came in first, so she'll get one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Actually, we'll do odds. Okay, Ashley's odds. And then the second Jamie's one to come in evens. will be Jamie. Okay, so let's see what do we got. Yep. What do we got? Even. All right, so Jamie Hill wins. Um, wins the contest for... And that's a, a shield bag from Battle Foam. Yes, with the with the foam. Yeah, it's a it's a no, it's not a, it's not the custom load. It's the standard loadout. But right. so it's it's a shield bag filled with foam coming. So uh, so Jamie, get in touch with us, and we will get all your contact information. Get it to Battle Foam, and they will be shipping you out a brand new shield bag. So all that hard work and naming those sponsors. Uh, Going to get, what, 90% correct? It paid off. <laughs> yeah. So there's one contest down in the contest NATO. <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> there you go. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with us? I don't know. Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's do a quick little... Um, toolbox? Toolbox. So you've been doing any reading? No. No. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I... I'll come back to it. I will, dude. It's, 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 I'm not. I'm not berating you for I, it. I, I think you are. No, I, I just can hear it in your voice. No, there's nothing. And I know the teacher in you wants to. No, no. Hey, look, dude. If you're if if you're having, dude, it's taking me forever. I was planning on reading five novels this summer. I've read one, and I got to get going if I want to get caught up for After Eleanor. And I'm sitting there on Legion, and I don't even like. I'm not. I don't even want to take the notes for it. Like, and I like the book. I just don't feel like I, I know how it is when you start reading something and you're like yeah just okay. not into it yeah I just, so it's, it's at some point at yeah. some point oh well um how about how about you you mentioned all the reading you have to do well i'm still working on legion because blah 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 after <laughs> eleanor blah 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 <laughs> i'm not trying to downplay it it's i love it i love doing after eleanor it's just uh, there's so many other things coming in it's like i read this already mm. and now it's taking notes and it's becoming like work um, but I actually bought extra credits on Audible, and so I've listened to that entire Grimnor Chronicles. I've picked up the Monster Hunter International, uh, which is the same author, his other series. I've listened to that. Uh, it's funny. I started to fall behind on podcasts a little bit. I've been trying to catch up on podcasts a lot this week because, uh, mm. well, you know, you get the Audible credit, and then you buy the book, and you uh, feel sort of obligated right. to listen to it, and it's sure. 20-some hours, so there goes a week or so of podcast listening. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I, I got to get caught up. Gotta so get caught up. There's a lot of good podcast content out there. No kidding. All right, so that's been my reading. So let's get on to your hobbying. You've been doing some hobbying. Yeah, you know, after bits, I kind of took some time off to kind of recharge. It's needed. I get it. Yeah, so I'm finally kind of bouncing back, just easing into things slowly, uh, getting back into some high elf archers with the shadow warrior heads. I need to get those, those high elves back into shape because uh, the orcs and goblins are pretty much done. I can kind of mix and match to tailor my list. 
take different things. So I'm, I'm at a good place with the green skins. Just need to get the high elves uh, back up to par. I hear you. I get you. So that's been my hobby. How about you? Well, okay. I've been making progress, but in all the wrong places, you might say. Okay. Um, I've sort of scrapped my VC display board in favor of I'm not even caring at this point. Um, you know. I'll, Will you do one at some point? Uh, probably, but right now it's like I'm kind of excited about the dwarf. Let's make, let's make a wager. Who will finish first? Me reading that book or oh. you finishing your display board? Oh, you'll get the book done first. Really? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. It's just because the steps in it are kind of arduous and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's I've actually got, not. If, once you get started on a display board, it goes quick. I've, but I, I've got, I, I kind of have in my head, I want to do like the dwarf cave and the throng coming yeah. out of the big opening cave. And so I want to have part of a hill, but have like the edges all be built up, you know, because it's fortified. Dwarf, sure. fortified. Okay. Uh, I found a cool turret design from, I got, I, I'm from the, uh, the molds from, yeah. uh, the her starts something about ordering that, so then it's like I'm putting these together. They actually have uh, sheets that look like fancy marble tile, almost like you'd see like in the bathrooms, like when they're all right. polished up in square yep. blocks. I'm thinking of do doing a, like the opening of the dungeon or the cave, or the the tunnel into the dwarf cave, okay. be lined with like marble, something fancy. So I keep looking at stuff. I keep getting really excited about it, and I'm, but I don't know how to do it. So I'm kind of drawing things out, trying to figure out how to do right, it. Right, right. But I've got that going on. Um, like I said, I got the campaign rules that are that get sent out today for the final vote. I finished that up, and then uh, I've been I've been I've been building more. I actually thought I would just build all the dwarfs and then get all the 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 the, the bases, bases built, but now I'm, I'm just like I've been building so much. Now I'm looking at it all and it's starting to get daunting. So I'm thinking I need to start doing some test painting. Yeah, you have a horde of fifty ish. I got dwarves about on I got about. There. 50 hammerers and almost 50 yeah. long beards and That's I got a lot. That is a lot. I got 20 of the iron drakes. I haven't built any of my iron breakers. Oh, poor iron <laughs> breakers. And I sold all my old ones. So if I don't build them, I can't even play them. So are, I are you at a point now where you could field even though not painted, you could field a completely assembled army? No, cuz my gyros Ah. And the gyros you have to build in parts and paint in parts to put them together just sure. because of how it is. And that okay. My plan for this army is something sort of beyond my pay grade. Like, okay. I don't, I've never, I told you, I want to do. You always have to aspire to. Right. Yeah, do so I don't want to use any real metals if I can avoid it. So I've been watching the, the Waffle oh, video yeah, on yeah. the non. Yep. But it, it's like, now I'm sitting there going, okay, so I've got the back part of the gyrocopter. And I have to paint that before I insert it into the front half. So it's like, well, okay, here I could do my first non. Sure. And then hide it, regardless of how it turns out. Well, it's gonna be. It still sticks out. Most of it sticks out, but it's like at least I can get it painted and practice on the gyros and see how they come out. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've gotten to the point where it's like I'm sort of doing everything but doing that. It's oh, like, a I'm, little avoidance. I'm kind of afraid that it's. I, I'm I'm daunted. I keep the something in the back of my head keeps going. Just paint it runefang steel or the uh-huh. other metal. Just paint it. <laughs> Don't the give other. in. You know, something that's just painted the like they have the guide. I mean, I have the how to paint dwarfs. There's you know five different metallic colors. Have yeah, it stick with the NMM. I'm I'm gonna tr- so that's that's my next step. Is I gonna I'm gonna prime some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and I got I have to do some test model. I'm afraid to test paint. Did you do some test painting? I, I did that. I, I experimented with uh, non-metallic metallic metals, and it's hard. Yeah, you know you get, you have to do a lot of trial and error. I still didn't get it. 
Well, that's what I have to do if I'm going to at least try to do this. And it's one of those things where I'm almost I'm kind of afraid to do it. It's I guess it's just one of the things where I I'm it's like, oh, I don't I have all these. I've been talking about this. And I have all these plans and all this stuff in my head. Well, that's... and if it totally if it's totally like, oh, crap, this isn't going to work. Well, if I'm the non-metallic metal is just, if you can't conquer that, if you can't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Master that. Don't let that stop. But I'm also worried about the mother of pearl. How's it going to look? Is it going to work as an idea? I'm hoping it will. I'm trying. So. Only one way. You you just have to find out. Exactly. And so. if it doesn't work, then you can throw your model and be like, "Mother of pearl." <laughs> <laughs> I did get uh, some great advice, and I uh, I can't. And he actually emailed me, and I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but he was at Bits, and um, he said that Minotaur has a uh, almost like a like a it's like a metallic, uh, like almost a like varnish the, or something. Yeah, like the yeah. inks almost. Where he actually showed me at his two uh, his two phoenixes, hmm. and he painted them both. And he's like, "This is the one I sprayed with that, and it has this sort of metallic sheen, but it's like clear. There's no, it's not like silvery. It doesn't look metallic. It's just even because I even put a dull coat over this to make sure everything stayed, and it just had this, you know, like." How cars, like a car might have a normal gray oh, like color, but the light catches it, and it catches yeah. that, sh- yeah, that yeah. metallic sheen. Minotaur has a spray, uh, uh, airbrush paint that does that. Oh, it's an that, airbrush. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's almost, it's like a clear coat metallic sheen that goes over whatever your colors are. Is so that, like, is it, does that function like a clear coat, like it protects the model too? I have no idea. Oh. Like, I haven't gotten the paint yet. I doubt it, because he said he did dull coat over it. But uh, I just, it's just, it's like clear. It's almost like an ink where it's going to just give the sheen. Right. You know, or like, you know, where the regular inks do a tint. Okay. Right. And so I'm I'm going to order those up and try that. But I, if this works, this is going to be really cool. I'm, the potential is amazing. I can't wait to see what you do with it. <laughs> yeah, the potential is amazing. Now, can the talent perform to that level? No pressure. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I honestly, I've been sort of. Getting the, the 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 hobby nervousness about like oh okay now I got to sit down and really try to do this. Well, it's it's hobby for hobby's sake. So yeah, well, like I said, move at your own pace. I'm gonna watch that Wapple video and get the colors, and I'm gonna try again while watching a video. <laughs> yeah. I'll do is right. Try to slap it on my model and try to do something similar. If this works, this is it. This is gonna be like this is. I'm gonna. And you're off and running. I'm gonna be off and running. Golden Demon it. and the rest of it. Right. Yeah. No. I just. You know what it is at this point here. My goal isn't like a best painted right now because that's 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 kind of lofty ambitions. Mm-hmm. If I could get into one of the one of the GTs I go to, mm-hmm. the, the hundred man GTs, where I get into the top ten, where it's like, hey, you, you know, he's one of the people to you're, vote you're recognized for, for your efforts. If I yeah, can get to yeah. that point, I'll be happy. Yeah, because there's not going to be a lot of conversions in this army, so I'm not going to get a ton of points for conversions. Hmm. But uh, I think for the if I can get the paint points for that, and you know, it's, it's a good goal. Yeah, I'm excited. Very so, nice. That's it for my uh, modeling. So, you got any other before we take our break? Uh, we, you know, my wife and I, in our search for a good TV show, we we watched a couple episodes of True Blood. Yes. Yeah, wasn't for us. See, I, 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 I do you watch it? I know yeah, your yeah. wife watched. Yeah, okay. well, Heather's read all the books too. And the, 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 oh, it's the, based on a book. Yeah, the Suki Stackhouse novels. The, I have no yeah. idea. Oh, there's there's like twelve or thirteen of them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, she's been reading them forever. So when True Blood was coming out, we knew she is yeah. she happy with the show. Uh, it basically skewered way off the books a long time uh, ago, okay. but it's also like the author still has a little hand in it, you know. So like even okay. though it's going, 
it's it's kind of recognized as canon then. No, the it's just it's just, but it's I, we I really like it. It's fun. The last season was a little weird, but we really like it. it the first couple episodes, I was a little uncomfortable with it. Like I'm like yeah. I'm not certain where this is going. Right. It does get a lot better. Uh, oh, that's Braska calling. Hold on one second. Hey Chris, what's going on? Hey buddy. <laughs> well, um, folks. Um, you know what? Hold on one second, Chris. I I guess you don't have uh, much on no, what you said. That's, that's pretty much it. All right. Here's the rest of my other. I liked Maleficent. I love True Detective. I also enjoyed The Guild. Look them up on Netflix. <laughs> Folks, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, Braska called. Yay. We're going to talk to Braska. F***ing banana phone. Ah, I blew it already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Welcome back. Episode 100, Garage Hammer. Yes, yes. Thanks for joining us. We are joined by another special guest, Chris Broska from Skull Bros Awesome. How's it going, bud? Welcome to another episode of Skull Bro. Oh, wait, no, I can't talk dirty on this one. That's right. <laughs> you, I, you can. I just have to bleep you. And I already yeah. have, so... <laughs> but the, then there's going to be not a lot of content after <laughs> that, then. That's the only problem. Don't worry. We can get pretty far without having to say all the bad words. If you remember last time when you were on, when we were at Bits... No, it was actually, yeah, when you were on when we were at Bits, weren't we... Uh, we blew it. We just blew it. Lighting bums on fire and then eating them afterwards. Yes, yeah, that's, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's right. The secret we're taken. Green. Yeah. The secret we're taken to the grave. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what better way to mend bond than over murder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, you just got Harrison's thumbs up. He's listening in the background. He doesn't have a mic at the moment. Yeah, Harrison knows what's up. <laughs> so, what are you working on there? I. I, I see on the monitor your uh, Skype feed, your hobby. I, I'm stripping down my airbrush because it has been blowing like junk lately. So I've just, uh, I made the mistake of pulling back the trigger and then realizing it wouldn't re-engage. So this kid needs a little little bath and some alcohol. So speaking of blowing your junk, I listened to your latest episode. And between Rotor almost dying and you getting a vasectomy, yeah. I'm amazed that you guys got back. Yeah, we literally had to open with an apology because it was like every time we were ready to record again, we're like, yeah, okay, let's do this. And then something would happen. Like Rotor had like emergency gallbladder surgery and then the wound like reopened yeah, like cool. a week later. Grizzly. Um, then he had a baby. Yeah, and kicking it off, I had this vasectomy, which was just awful. Yeah, and that story. I, my wife and I have been talking about that. No way now after that. <laughs> forget like, it. It's just... It's just uncomfortable. Like, the fact that they don't... It would be different, I think, if they just put you out and you just woke up and you're like, oh, okay, that happened. But the fact that you're, like, awake 
and they're like messing with your tools. Like I don't know, man. It's not brain surgery. It's not like that thing where they got to keep you awake and talking to make sure they don't cut the wrong, you know, so they don't yeah, disconnect just, your speech cutter. It's like okay, put me asleep. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was not. It was not enjoyable. You know, and the rub is like I don't even know. Like I have to wait till August, and I have to go back and like hand them a sample. So I guess I got to go in the parking lot and then come in with like a fresh. <laughs> they don't have like a room for you for that, or I don't know. So for I'm the full story, uh, tune into Skull Bros. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, uh, I may I may be live to like I was actually live tweeting during my vasectomy. Uh, I may do it while I'm in the parking lot. Oh, man. <laughs> Just share some imagery. <laughs> These are the links that I've been enjoying the last 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just classy. And uh, I'm here without my hetero life partner, which is weird. Yeah, well, we asked Rhoda to come on, but he's been, you know, he's... He's recovering, and he's... Like, uh, and he's, he, baby he's got duty, baby sure. duty in the evenings, so... He is in the diaper-strewn, blood-soaked nightmare that is fatherhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been talking that guy off the ledge for the last month. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. fatherhood, well, is that rough for him, or what? Well, no, it's it's just tough. He's got He's got a toddler as well. There's just, like, mm-hmm. kids everywhere, you know, and... Rhoda and I are both very, we like our quiet time a lot. Like we both sort of need it to unload. And once that's robbed, that, that's been robbed of us, you know, it's kind of hard to fucking deal. So <laughs> I hear you. You got to retreat to the cave to kind of reboot. Yeah. And he just doesn't get cave time right yeah. now. So it's like, I got to, he's, he has to hobby vicariously through me. I'm like, Oof. oh, I painted horns today. What was it like? <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know. Like, I know, I gotta keep hobbying. Yeah. He might kill himself. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, he so. checks with me. He's like, So, how are them dwarves coming? He's like, Because we've been doing yeah. some Skype chats during hobby time. He's like, Just because we haven't had hobby time doesn't mean you get to take a break. Yep, yeah. Uh, Just t- tell me what's happening. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, what, what, are we, what are we doing? This is exciting. I've, uh, you know, we're us- I'm used to doing our own thing. What, what are we talking about? Oh well, uh, we're just. Otherwise, we're going to burn a lot of calories with me just telling, <laughs> talking to you about <laughs> parking lot, <laughs> and then it's going to be another SBA episode. <laughs> so we're talking uh, favorite bits of Eighth Edition. What your favorite uh, uh, points and parts are from Eighth well, Edition? Well, Dave and Chris, I actually uh, wrote stuff down. Ooh, organized. Because I, if I didn't, we would just end up talking about me <laughs> the parking lot. <laughs> The things I liked in Eighth. All right, one of the thing, uh, one of the aesthetic things I liked about Eighth is the quality of the books they were putting out. I was happy with hardbound books that were all color, because by comparison now, you look at the old ones and they seem pretty weak sauce. I would agree. Yeah, the old ones look pretty raggedy. Yeah, yeah. They're and like, my pages oh. haven't been falling out of my hardcover books, and I can't say the same. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so I liked that. I liked the sort of the stepping up in quality overall. I liked the the giant rule book. You know, like just sort of the whole presentation of it. Yep. Um, Game wise, I liked the addition of the horde formation. I just liked the way it looked on the table. I liked people suddenly pushing around. It, it made the game look like an army game. Yeah, totally. You know, like and then. Epic. Yeah, then the Warriors book came out and ruined it, and everybody just ran chariots. Oh, right. You know, <laughs> you know what's uh, funny is 
before the Horde formation came out and stuff, I just I still remember playing Warhammer and looking at it and being like, "Wow!" I mean, it's still compared like a to block of twenty guys was like, "Oh man, that's huge!" Well, still, yeah, crazy. Tw- I'm running twenty five. I got another row and oh, really in the back. What are you crazy? Or you're, I'm running them seven wide and three deep. I yeah. got twenty one. And it still seemed big compared to all the other skirmish games. And they came up with Horde and it was like, oh, this is just a scam to get you to buy more models. And now you look at it on the table and you're like, wow, that looks – it's like, oh, I can barely I can barely fit everything into my you know, deployment zone. I, I think if you're going to do it, you know, they did the right approach. If you're going to go, go big. Because when yeah. they went from 6th to 7th edition, they changed the rank from 4 models to 5. And that's when I like got off the ride. I'm like, oh, that's, they just want you to buy more models. Forget it. I'm out. I took a break. I was confused as heck because that's right when I started. Uh, I had the dwarf book as my main book, and it kept saying ranks of four, mm. and the pictures are all ranks of four. And I'm like, do I have some sort of special rule that I get counted as a rank with only four? They're like, no, forget you. That's a change. I'm like, oh. Yeah, bummer. Yeah, I know. It's funny how we all go, oh, it's a scam to buy more models, and we fall for it anyways. Mm-hmm. So and great. In the end, we're like, oh, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You it know, is. I've, I've sort of given up on that kind of added. Like, guess what? They make money off selling toys. Great. You know what? I have a big boy job. I can afford to buy toys. I don't give a crap. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. okay, units are supposed to be 60 big now. Okay, sure. You know, yeah, like. I'll buy in. Yeah, I'll buy in. I don't care. You know, like, bottom line is it gets me out of the house and away from my kids and <laughs> I can do something else with my buddies. You can, yeah, you know? virtually beat up your friends. Yeah, I mean, we're we're sort of discussing that the other day, like, because 7th Ed for uh, 40K dropped, and we sort of switch, like, our crew sort of switches to 40K in the summers, you know, mm-hmm. like, winter in the Midwest seems to be sort of like the Warhammer time of year, you know, like, that's the season for it. Um, well, it's pack a prep for a few months, and then middle of the winter, and then... Yeah, oh, I mean, for us here, like, in Minneapolis, it sort of kicks off with North Star. All right. Like, yeah. that's the, sort of like the big event in Minneapolis. And then, yeah, then PAC is next, and then Adepticon, mm-hmm. Bits. You know, and after Bits, it's kind of that sort of wraps it. But, you know, 7th Ed for that dropped, and there's people rage quitting and freaking out, and they changed a bunch of stuff. And, you know, for our crew, I'm like, well, they can change wherever they want. We play it this way. And uh, bottom line is we're just not around our kids, so... Who cares what they do with the rules? <laughs> like, I like painting the models. I like the hobby aspect. You know, I can see people that just play the game. You know, like guys that either get their models painted or they're just not involved in the hobby. You know, freaking out and leaving. Fine, leave. I like painting flesh hounds or whatever. Right. So, you know, we're we're gonna play it no matter what they do. You know, true. Yeah, pretty much. I got too much invested in this to quit right now. That's kind of it, too. Yeah, like, eh, what am I going to do, bail? Like, I've got... <laughs> well, I, and I bet 90% of your time is spent hobbying, and 10% is actually only on the table. That's for, at least for me. Yeah, I spend more time hobbying, so I'm going to do it with the models I really, really like. Yeah, clearly you're familiar with my tournament rankings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haul ass and paint. I do poorly for the most part in games. You know, unless you're playing me, and then you come up, be screaming my face, and then we start kicking each other in the ding ding until one of us falls down. Yeah, that's true. We do have fun, don't we? That was the best <laughs> game. That was still that VC on VC just slap fest. Nice, just, yep. just flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, our club challenge just totally ran out of gas. Yeah, 
let's let let's be honest. It was really just about you bringing me kimchi at Oaxaca, <laughs> and us and coming up with really creative, semi-racist smack talk yeah. on uh, the email forum. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was you were talking a lot of shit about Canadians, buddy. And that <laughs> is racist. You just put that card back in the deck. Hey, it's my duty as an American to to put that out there. Yeah. So yeah, See, that, like, that was fun. I, I like how everybody thought that I was going to be the one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were watching um, your P's and Q's. You're like, I don't want to piss him off. He won't bring the kimchi. <laughs> I was literally sending drafts to Rotor, and I'm like, is this over the? Is this too over the top? I'm like, is does you know me well enough that I could say this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, you know. We'll have I to uh, reboot that because that was uh, good times. Just the yeah. talk. Yeah. Made it worth yeah. it. Oh, that was just so funny. We did all these other things. Like, hey, are we going to have that game? We're like, nah. Nah, let's just play Triumph and Treachery. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And it was so much more fun doing that. Because, like, then we've got five of us in the mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, that game was so funny. Like, when we busted Nickel for having an illegal list yeah, right. and Rotor went ballistic. <laughs> <laughs> Rotor was going to Jesus flip the table. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> Treachery. Just <laughs> screaming at him. And he's like, what, guys? What? You know? <laughs> Well, the funniest thing is before we even realized that he'd already peppered us all with all this shooting. So oh, we're yeah. outside like, okay, smoke break time. So we're all standing outside and you're like, all right, now that it's just us out here, we got to kill Nickel. Operation <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then it's like, Whitek, you think you could slip you, that the, you could let him know, you can get him in on our side without being too obvious to Nickel? I'll try unless Nickel's already getting him on his side. Oh, you never know. We need to get you out here. You know, and it's so funny, too, because Nickel is, like, such a tight player. You know, like, that guy, I don't know if you've ever had to, to face him on the battlefield. Like, oh, yeah. He knows his P's and Q's. Yeah, he's, he's very precise. clean. Yeah, like, he's a great guy to play against. And he just slipped up, and <laughs> holy <laughs> did we yell at him for it. <laughs> and the, that's the funny thing. was it, You could see on his face, even. Because he's like, oh, yeah, I got this. And then Brad Schwant was there, and he was like, how do you have all that? Oh, yeah. And he comes back. Brad's like, uh, hold on a second. Look at this. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, that's the dark elves that, that is pointed at that point cost. That's not the high elf wow. point. Oh, I think I have too many. And that it was just... This. Wrong table, bro. <laughs> I, I should have caught that, though, playing high elf as often as I do. Hey, this yeah. is all your fault. Well, don't play yeah. me. We can still keep on bagging on Nickel. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Come <laughs> and the thing is, Nickel is such a sweetheart. I mean, he really is. He just comes. He's, he's like always pleasant, always friendly, yeah, always yeah. having a good yeah. time. And now, I mean, seriously, Rotor has got the attention of what well, there was about fifty or sixty of us there by that point. Yeah. And he's just screaming at the top of his lungs. So great. <laughs> uh, okay, so what's your number one? You got the quality of books in your horde formation. What's your favorite favorite? Uh, your favorite. I actually liked the unifying of the magic items into one into the big red book. Um, initially, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of lame," but in the end, I actually liked it. Um, I found it made the game a lot less confusing, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like everybody's have to, having to sift through all their individual books for all these items that are fairly similar, you know, instead it was just like, you know, the ogre book dropped. I got five new items to choose from. That's it. I kind of like the fact that it was, everything was drawing from the same big rad book. We all sort of had the same things to draw upon and it sort of fell to how those items related to each army differently. You know, mm-hmm. certain things were stronger for certain races. I mean, there was obviously the auto takes like crown of command and stuff, but um, I, I sort of liked that aspect of it. 
And I think I'm pointing that out because it was one of those things that initially I hated. And then once I sort of got used to it, I was like, yeah, you know what? I am cool with this. You know, I don't need to like own every single book to be aware of what's out there because, all right, the orc book dropped and I know these are the three items that'll be in, in play instead of like, oh crap, there's 17 new items that I need to be aware of on a tournament level to sort of compete or at least just be aware of what's out there. Now it's kind of all coming from the same place. Yeah, so. I, I agree with you 100%. The old like Dark Elf book that had 30 magic items and you had to yeah. know, it's just too much to study. I don't have time to study all that stuff. Totally, you know? dude. Like, well, and then there was duplicate items. It's like, well, you can only have one of this, but... Oh, the high elves, their their dispel scrolls twenty points, so then you get a duplicate. And seriously, how many different? I mean, do, does everybody have to have a one-handed plus two strength sword in their personal in their, army yeah, list? Right. It's just yeah, we've all you know. And even how some of the common items in the old books would be pointed differently depending on the army. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a sword of might in one book costs X amount, and it was slightly different in another, and that just seemed weird. So. I just like the unification of it, you know. Yeah, so that I would be agree. those would be my three hardbound fancy books that appeals to the graphic designer in me. Horde formation, which also appeals to the oh look how red this game is, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unifying the magic items, which means I can spend less time studying and more time painting and perusing pornography. <laughs> there you there go. go. <laughs> yeah, this man has his priorities in order. Yeah, and knows knows what's going on. I That's, like it. Yeah. All yeah. hail the Brosky. Yeah, and just not ashamed to share it. <laughs> <laughs> Shame is for lesser men, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was just clearly not born with that wiring. <laughs> yeah, me and Rotor. Good God. <laughs> yeah, when you said you sent it to Rotor to see if it was over the top, I'm like, really? That's you know, that's that's like. Occasionally, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I don't want to like. But sometimes you know. it feels like the blind leading the blind, and that's, <laughs> oh, that's true. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Nice. Like yeah. you two guys. I mean, I'm yeah. still the funniest thing that happened, but with you and me lately was, and it's just with the way you said was was when we were at Adepticon, and we were talking, we were perusing the uh, army painting, and we were <laughs> you, me, and. Uh, Girl, oh, okay. God. And we're bashing that dude, and he was, like, right there. <laughs> what dude? Let me hear the story. The, okay, there was this dude who had this dwarf army, and it was basically um, spray-painted gold. and It was spray-painted like gold. The, blood spatters on it. like. And then the movement trays were gold, weak. and the trees and half the beach were gold. It was like that spell that turns you into gold. Like yeah. he yeah. was That was his theme, or the, you know, the dwarves can get that gold sickness. That's how chaos, you know, that greed. All right. And so this it is was what's like, happening it, to him. It looked like a dwarven gay disco. And, and <laughs> I'm just like, well, dude, there's not even three colors. There's gold and blood. And then the dude was like, well, the eyeballs are painted in like gems, like their eyes are turned to gems, and we all looked like you can't even see that. We had no idea who the dude was, and it was like well, his army. Yeah, and like seriously, me and Mikey G are sitting there like I'd throw this out. Yeah, like this, like I wouldn't even allow this in. This isn't three know, color like, minimum. He shouldn't be allowed to play it, and we didn't know the dude was standing like right there. How would he take it? Well, well, if, he, you know, he's a little defensive. He wasn't mad, but Broski was like, "Dude, we're just jerks." He's like, "Seriously, we're just jerks." We talk like this about everybody's stuff. Don't take it personal. But, yeah, I, I mean, I told him, "I'm like, I come from. Keep in mind, kid. Like, we're guys that put hundreds and hundreds of hours into our armies. So when I see that show up, you know, because at that point, I can't walk it back. I just called this guy a retard. You know, like, <laughs> but I'm like, listen, this is where it's coming from. Like. 
I'm a hobbyist first, mm. you know. So yeah, when I line up against that at an event, part of me almost takes offense to it. I know I shouldn't because not everybody has that same kind of drive. But dude, I think that's know, this is this is weak sauce, you know. I felt bad. I mean, hopefully, he's not listening, and getting offended. If you are, we didn't mean you. We were talking about some other guy. Well, and he definitely doesn't listen to Skull Rose Awesome because <laughs> <laughs> he. He'd paint better than that if that was the case. Uh, I just I felt so bad, but that was one of those things where it's just no. Oh, Dave, you tried to walk it back so hard, and I was like, "Well, I've already swam halfway across the river. Why <laughs> swim back?" I just, oh, God. sorry, bud, I, it's weak. I don't handle that. I just, oh, I felt horrible. Yeah. Kind of like you know they have paint seminars here, right? Like <laughs> you could like pay ten bucks and just be like, "What up, bro? I'm doing this wrong." You know, any improvement is, yeah, you know, and I mean, there's there's so many like tutorials and stuff on YouTube on speed painting. Like, even if you got, if you don't have a lot of time, there's a lot of ways you can do things. I mean, yeah. that's something Rotor and I've been sort of struggling with. Is we got a bunch of kids now, we just don't have all the time in the world like we used to. Mm-hmm. How do we maximize? You know, like so. The, the the stuff I've been working on lately has been like experiments in speed painting. Like how much can I get away with before it looks weak? And then I go, I got to go back in and like pick things out. And, you know, it's sort of been, we'll probably have a discussion about that in an upcoming episode of Skull Bros. Awesome. Ooh, so tune in. <laughs> Fantastic. Shameless plug. But that's, that's something we're going to be sort of talking about in future episodes is like how to sort of maximize your hobby time and how to keep from blowing your brains out when you're, struggling with uh you know burnout and stuff thousand zombies things like that yeah yeah oh god well. <laughs> all right so let's start wish listing okay i have that too all i right. wrote stuff down is that more prepared than you are for your own show oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny like we we make these outlines and then they just sort of get burned up <laughs> Like we just end up giggling, and Adam shows up, and you know, you know how we roll. Like it just, yeah. we just end up, you know, you just sit and listen to us, and we think we're funny for an hour. You know, makes for a good show. I like. Yeah, it. it's ha- crazy. People enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not who will get it; it's the right people will get it. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Although I do a, a bone to pick with you. Oh okay. God, <laughs> aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? You know what? I don't know how I missed that. Rotor was legit <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> we all were. We're all yeah. like, I tweeted that to him, and he was like, thank you. Yeah, I was like, what? And he was like, bro, really? I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened there, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously, you just checked out. It was like, yeah. okay. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, back to ninth edition. Wish listing. Yes. What I would like for ninth is... Um, I picked up the the seventh ed forty k book on digital. That was like my first foray into the digital thing. Ooh. I would like them to tighten up how that works in iPad format. Like I find, like we've been using it a lot at the club, you know, and I find myself sort of zipping around. I would like you them to be able to custom name your bookmarks because right now, if I make a bookmark on the iPad, all it does is call it whatever the chapter is. Mm. So I've got like five vehicles bookmarks. Hmm. So I'd like to be able to rename those. Or can you imagine if it had 
voice activation. Like I could get, say, vehicle damage table, and that comes up. I like it. That's dangerous. Yeah. I know. Like, that would be awesome. It can answer you. I understand an answer. Next thing you know, it's Skynet, and we're all running from Terminators. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's. I'm bringing about the beginning of the end. It's true. But, like, <laughs> I, I would just like them to to use those digital books in-house more often and really start to troubleshoot things that they could clean up and streamline. Because, like, it's a neat thing. But honestly, like, in a game, the having the book with just physical bookmarks is actually easier. Yeah, it's faster rather than putzing around on the navigation. Yeah. yeah, and I think especially since they literally loaded the entire 600-page thing into one uh, iBook, it's kind of clunky because of it. It's loading so much stuff on the back end mm-hmm. to, for you to be able to flip through it that it's kind of sluggish. Oh, it loaded all three books as one book? Yeah. Oh, I'd like it if they kept those three separate. That would have been nicer. Yeah, like they should have like just the rules be it's like it's independent thing, so it's actually more responsive. So I would like them to like dial in their their digital format because I'm a fan of it, like the idea of it. But I found game wise, it's kind of clunky. And the seventh ed book is as slick as it gets. I mean, it's got like hot links all across it. It cross references itself. That's all really nice. But in terms of just like navigating the the book itself. And not super great. They need to figure out a way to like speed it up. I know voice activation is a bananas request, and I'm never going to get it. But <laughs> think about it, G Dubs. If anybody there listens, you know that would be amazing. It's just for FAQ purposes. Yeah, Purple Sun. How does it work? Yeah, takes it right there. Uh, what I would also like, game wise, I would like them to bring back you having to make a fear check before you can charge a fear causing army or a fear causing unit. Interesting. Because I felt that change going from, what was it, 7th to 8th. Mm-hmm. Like, my undead and my ogres would get lucky occasionally, and you would just not be able to charge. And that was pretty awesome. Like, fear now, eh, it doesn't seem to do as much as it used to. I mean, it used to be insane. Like, if you lost and were outnumbered mm-hmm. to a fear causer, you auto-broke. It doesn't have to be that nuts. But No, but especially with the with having the BSB around so you get the reroll on top of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you almost never fail fear checks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think, or at least for terror, I should be able to, I should have to test before I can charge someone who causes terror or, you know, at the very least, or fear. I mean, I think the terror bomb, whenever that thing landed near you and everyone around it had to take a terror check or break, mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's a little crazy, too. But if you think about it, with the BSB rerolls, even that exactly, stuff, it's not going to be nearly as bad. Brings it in a little bit. I yeah, so see- either like di- maybe dial back the BSB or dial up the fear, but fear-causing stuff just isn't, re- you know, one in every ten games, someone will fail a fear check, and oh, sweet, I hit you on threes. You know, like maybe it should be like a, a leadership modifier, like minus two to your BSB reroll or something. It's something because it doesn't happen that often, and the only time it ever happens to me is when someone's fighting zombies. So then we both hit each other on four because I'm already at a one. Yeah, so exactly. Like, Ooh, hooray! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It never happens with my guys who you know. It never yeah. happens against my Graveguard with their plus one banner, so they're hitting on twos. That never happens. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm not saying make it nuts, but I think it, it could use some kind of tweak just to make it a little bit more interesting again. You know, I mean, I know demons don't exactly need a bump, but two I could see the undead. Good. and Yeah, two. Oh, God, they just need... I, that's a whole other deal. They need, like, three but, or four bumps. Yeah, yeah. Everything causes terror, and terror is yeah. sweet now. There you go. <laughs> 
you know, but that that would be nice if they just sort of adjusted, made some kind of adjustment to that. I don't know what the the right answer would be offhand, but that would be sweet. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That's one of mine as well. So, and another thing I'd like in ninth is something I would not like in ninth, which is allies. Oh, so you want to see no allies? Nope. Hmm. I think that would be the worst. Is this coming from 40k ally experience? Well, the thing with 40k allies is, you know, earlier I touched on how we sort of play our way. None of us really do that. Like nobody in our game group runs allies because we're all hobby purists. We're all fluff dudes. So you're nobody. I mean, the only thing you might see is like chaos space marines with some demons, which kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it strictly from a, an aesthetic standpoint. Like, I just it just doesn't make sense to me. I like it as long as it makes sense. Now they they did. I have the seventh ed book also, and they did update that chart. So it makes like the people who can team up with each other seem to make more sense. They do, but you can still like ally Tyranids and Imperial Guard. You just can't deploy near each other. Big deal, you know. Like you can still do it, and I don't know. That's lame. Like I'm just, yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. And it it encourages power gaming, which I'm also not a fan of. So you end up at a tournament seeing really stupid looking builds, and. For a guy who likes the storyline, I like the models, I like the paints, I like the way it looks on the table. It, to have it just boiled down to these lasers are good and those lasers are good and that psychic thing's good and I'll take them all together and it looks like junk, but I'm going to crush your ass just is not fun to me. I think it just kind of wrecks a lot of fundamentals of the game, especially in 40K where it's such a it's based on such a rich background, mm. you know, and just to be like, ah, screw it. Everybody can play together. You know, I worry. This building exercise then. Well, yeah. yeah and I mean, and demons. Yeah. I worry about, you know, like every army is going to have two skull cannons or two iron blasters or, you know, two cannons from the empire. Like everyone's going to have cannons unless they nerf cannons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just going to be everybody just cherry picks the best stuff. And instead of netlisting per race like we see now, because I do have a strong belief that the internet's destroyed our game. <laughs> but you know, if you face high elves on an upper level table, you know what you're going to see. Right. If you face empire, you know what's going to be there, depending on the current meta. You know, and if that starts happening all across the board where we can just freely ally stuff, you're just going to see the same junk, you know, and or variations of the same junk, and I'm just not a fan of that. What about uh, the pro to the whole allied idea in that you can pick that one unit that you always thought looked cool but had no reason to buy it? Now you can. Don't be a puss and just collect the whole army. See, okay. Now, Alice <laughs> was on my list, but I was looking forward to it. But I totally, I could totally see like going to a tournament and just saying, "Okay, no allies." Well, and again, yeah, that uh, and that's something that which is a simple fix, you know, is because with the seventh ed forty k, you could run unbound or battle forged, and people flip lost their minds about that, and uh, it's still up to the to. So you're right. I mean. If the TO says, yes, this is... Because I couldn't... Like, if they made that change, I bet Wapaka would not allow allies. 
just because oh, sure. they'd, they'd want to keep it like a terrain themed kind of thing. I could see that. You know, I mean, I don't know what Bear would be would, mm-hmm. is thinking personally, but I would make that assumption that they would just not allow it. And that's and that that would uh, that would I mean that that pretty much solves the problem right there. Listen, we just don't want to do allies. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do allies. That's a whole separate set of rules, but. Let's play some pure armies for this. I mean, it was just like when they said 3,000 grand armies. Well, we're running 3,000 and no grand armies. Or, if you want to be clever, we're running 2,999. Yeah. But, or we're running 3,000 and just saying no grand armies. What's mm-hmm. the difference? Listen, we just we don't want to play with that stuff. Skip it. I mean, it's, it's not like you're going and adjusting rules or going in and trying to, you know, change things. Or you need to roll three sixes for a miscast, but only two for irresistible force. Remember that when yeah, the yeah. came out? None of that. It's just like you know, we're not playing allies in our tournament. There you go. Solved. But then if I want to play something insane in the garage, then I can do that. So have I, at it. Yeah, that, that, I guess that was my take when I was looking at it. Well, yeah, and it was funny. Like I had a really good conversation with an old friend of mine back in Winnipeg, this dude, Christian Oxt. He runs a phenomenal 40K tournament. Uh, three times a year in Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Toronto. I'll just shamelessly plug it for them. It's called Astronomicon. Hmm. So they've been doing this for well over a decade now. And, you know, obviously they have to deal with rules, packs, and whatever on the regular. So we were sort of discussing this whole concept of, like, unbound games and then my feelings on them allowing allies and fantasy and whatnot. And he made an interesting point that was, you know, you don't need – the rule book to tell you that you can run unbound armies at any point in the last 10 years, you could have said, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to take all this stuff and let's just push it across the table. You Isn't know? that like apocalypse basically? I mean, well, yeah, but it was just funny. Like, cause even in apocalypse there's formations and there is, a, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, but you I'm thinking say you take you know, whatever you want. Right. right. But he was just saying, you can always run unbound. And you can always run allies in fantasy because it's your game the minute you buy it. So you can go ahead and play whatever the hell you want. So right now you could run a fantasy event and say we're allowing allies. Mm -hmm. You know, just just say forces of order, forces of neutral, forces of chaos or uh, destruction. destruction. Go. You know, we don't need the rule book to tell us how to play the game. You own it. So you're free to... Tweak it because we do that now with compacts. You know, we yeah, make adjustments true. to games. We ban certain things. You know, well, now that you you'd have a GW book published saying you now have this official option, right? That somehow I guess legitimizes it more in the in the mind of gamers, or it just so. it just gives the gamers free license to lose their mind on Twitter. Yeah, you know? <clears throat> that's why I learned to just ignore that stuff. Yeah. Everybody said the sky is falling. I swear. I mean, I go back to when I, you know, I'd only been playing for about a year, year and a half. Christopher and I were gearing up to start this show. We were getting all excited. Eighth edition came out, and I remember seeing every episode of Podhammer, like less and less of the guests were on. They were playing other games. Oh, yeah, man. That show died when Eighth dropped. And I was just sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm wondering if, I'm like, did I just invest all this money in equipment and stuff on a game that's about to die? Because, I mean, seriously, when you listen to some of these some in some areas, it was just like, well, no one's ever going to do this again. But that's the only place where, that it died. Everyone else, everywhere else, it took off. Well, in Australia, it had a weird shake. Like their cost for GW stuff is yeah. way more yeah, expensive. They got, yeah, they got it screwed on that. Yeah, yeah so it was like, so wait, Ford I gotta takes buy on a whole new meaning for them. Yeah, yeah. Like I got to buy double the models yeah. now, and 
you know, I mean, we all had the same reaction. It was like Laura Life, uh, Boosh, uh, Dwellers, all your stuff's gone. Whoa. Yeah. Now nobody cares. You don't even hear people talk about the magic phase. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, like, and that was like people lost their mind for the first couple of months. That was like, I mean, I remember Rotor and I played a game. We re-racked like in one turn. He literally got off that spell, obliterated three quarters of an 18 ogre block and we're like, okay, let's re-rack. Yeah. And I was like, God, this game got stupid. I think yeah. that's where and, a lot of people rage quit. You know, yeah. you purple on my whole army turn two. And, well, and people didn't uh, know how I'm to out. handle stuff. I remember listening to the 24-hour Podhammer episode. They were playing, and someone brought Skaven. He had all these hordes of, and they were just, they were steadfast, and they weren't, and with, their, with all their rules. And it's like, oh, geez. The stuff that I've been running, all my MSU stuff got completely wiped out. It's like this game's stupid. It's like, oh, we got to. Yeah, th- there was such a huge change. It's like mm-hmm. we have to relearn how to play this game. But like I said I was just worried that the whole the whole game was ending at some point. You know, cause it, they, it did cause sort of feel like that, off, didn't it? Yeah, it, it it did. I'm with you. Like they they did that whole send us money to pay for us to go to a Depticon thing, <laughs> and then <laughs> vanished. Yeah, you know, it was like six months before that episode finally dropped, and it was pure garbage. And I just remember being like, "Really? Like, I hate to let you guys in on this, but you do actually owe it to your fans to produce that in a timely manner because you begged for money to go." Yeah, you know? and I mean, you had a whole bunch of people send you money to to go to, to this pay for thing. their vacation. Yeah, and then you just blew it off. I sent him twenty bucks, and I was pissed. I sent them the show's first twenty bucks. The first twenty bucks was donated to us. I sent over to them. I'm like, yeah, just take it because we want you to go. Here's the thing, and I realized they didn't get it. Like he was even saying at the place, he's like, nobody wants to go out to the clubs with us. They're all gaming. Everyone's playing. And he's like, well, I didn't think you. He goes, we don't game after the. We don't game after the night's up. We all go out together. Like they didn't. They're like, oh, we're not even bringing an army. We're not. That that that's the thing that got me. I get that they didn't quite get what was going on. I get that his entire support system, all the people who gamed with him, dropped out of the game, so it made it harder for him to keep doing his show. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I just couldn't believe dude, they didn't bring an army. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like you're going to one of the single biggest game events in the world. Really, I mean, I mean, I know they have large events in the UK, but like for the 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 entire. The tabletop gaming it. package, yeah, like that's as big as it gets, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just odd that the, I don't know. They're just more focused on getting juiced, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I get it, you know. But in the same respect, like, bro, you're not going to a wedding. You're going to a friggin' Warhammer thing, like on on your listeners' dime. I don't yeah, know. yeah. So, so well, that wedding was there that weekend. God, that was yeah, so poor funny. Couple. <laughs> Seriously, and like that whole bridal party was so smoking hot. And I remember because there was like the you guys were outside smoking, and they would come out too, and they'd yeah. be looking at us, and we'd be looking at them because we're all like, "Wow, real girls, real women, far yeah. out, <laughs> done up in dresses, and the whole thing." Yeah, oh, you know, God. That's, that's hilarious. Well, just to bring it back, okay, uh, yeah, we are. You know, I I put I do put my faith in GW. I'll probably get uh, lynched for this, but. You know, they did, did a good job with 8th edition rules. All the books have been solid. Triumph and Treachery has been solid. So I, maybe their allied rules will be good. It yeah. won't break the game. 
We'll see. I doubt it. We'll break it. That's the problem. Is they put out games with semi good intentions. I mean, they're they're still uh, they're still a company. They want to make money, of course, but I just don't want them to release something that we're going to take and just annihilate. You know, because it's you know like, we will, because you know that the people, the the the, the whack players out there are going to take that and bend it and break it. But yeah. as long as it's like, as long as they make it an optional rule set, just like they did with the Unbound Armies, you can play normal or you can play this way. Yeah. Have a conversation. I think that I know uh, what I hear a lot from the 40K podcast is now you have they say you have to have a conversation with your opponent kind of before you play. Well, and now like we like the idea of the unbound thing because it can give us the opportunity to play weird themed stuff. Like I think yeah. it would be fun for me to take four greater demons and Rotor just takes whatever it takes to knock those dudes out of the sky. You could yeah, dude, you could play the whole uh, high elves High Elf versus the Four Demons. You can play a Narian versus the yeah, Four sure. Demons. Well, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, if they did Unbound for Fantasy, I think that would be kind of neat, you know? But to go... I just don't want to see allies on a tournament level. I'm just worried about it breaking the game and just aesthetically looking weird. I just don't want to see dwarves yeah. hanging out with elves, hanging out with empire, hanging out with beastmen, you know? It just yeah, seems it, dumb. It, yeah, weird combos in the name of power gaming. Yeah, and like everything's obviously from different collections and whatever. Like, oh yeah, I mean, I got your back if you're going to go ahead and paint everything and convert everything so it works. But if it's just a bunch of disparate garbage for the sake of winning, get out of here. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Yep. Well, hopefully that's not the case. I'd hate because I really hate to lose. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> For the game to end up that way, that would really suck. Yeah. And you know what? You mentioned Steadfast. I'd like them to make Steadfast not so insane. They should dial that back. Dial up fear, dial down Steadfast. What if uh, Disruption took away Steadfast? Yeah, see? I'd be okay with that. So two ranks in the side yeah. takes away your Steadfast. Yeah. Or That's, that's or, hard to do. Or even if not that. It, yeah, that's you know, hard to do, actually. Yeah, just something. Maybe yeah, or up how disruption works then. Or if you're if you're hit in the front and a flank, or two flank. If you're hit on two sides, yeah, because I mean flankers are usually like five model light cav or right, something, or eagle, or you know. Something. Yeah, like if you've got forty dudes in your flank, you're a retard and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like steadfast is the least of your problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But if you can get in there, yeah, get them, get them from two sides. Okay, yeah. so you, no steadfast. If I'm being a charge, you can't reform when you've got people on two sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so oh, you know you can't be steadfast either because they're coming from every side. You don't know where they're going. You're not holding together properly. Right. So that could work too. Yeah, just maybe adjust that a bit. Cool. But yeah, that's about it. You know, I mean, I'm uh, I'm happy with the shape of things. I'm glad they're still making the game. Yeah, you know, I'm yes. glad. Uh, I'm glad ninth was on the way. I think it's. I think it could do with a refreshing. So, I think everybody's pretty much got the meta mm -hmm. memorized and whatnot. And if it so, does take a little while for ninth, though, I'm not going to be upset. Like I'm not. It, 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 it doesn't need to beat the you're door. Not, you're not waiting for the next edition. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm very happy with what I'm playing with right now. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, st bottom line, we st we just get to hang out and roll dice. Mm -hmm. You know, like bitching. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any like problems with the game. I'm always every Thursday, 
you know, we're at Fantasy Flight playing, so. There we go. All right, well, Chris, we're going to let you go. Well, guys, it has been a pleasure. Oh, I think we've you. I think we've covered a lot of things. I think we've grown <laughs> as people. Are we doing yeah. the after show wrap up? We didn't. What, what have we uh, learned today? We didn't go too far into my depravity. You know, <laughs> you, you put a leash on the. Uh, on I did the, a little bit. Yeah, you kept a, a it, little uh, bit. A little bit. <laughs> You kept yeah, it under I haven't, control. I haven't. I think I only swore like twice or three times. I'm pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, it's like a PG-13 night. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Because Rotor's not here. We play <laughs> off each other. <laughs> we just become less and less mature as the clock ticks down. Great. Oh. Well, yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, if anybody's interested in more of uh, me and my buddies' ramblings, we've got a podcast called SkullBrosAwesome.com. It's basically a hobby podcast. It's mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, it's pretty terrible. You should check it out if you like uh, poor taste and <laughs> pornography. <laughs> you know how you guys are doing after Eleanor? Yeah. So me and Rhoda were talking the other day that we should have a splinter one where we just talk about porno, <laughs> uh, and we're going to call it Shame Spiral. <laughs> and we're going to record it like five minutes after we both. So we're just feeling bad about ourselves. Like there's like a certain level of shame. <laughs> I think that's a great show. I think I was, it's for a different group of listeners, but there might be some crossover. Yeah, I think so. I, I, would, I, I think I might have to subscribe. I'd be tuning into that. I don't know why I'd be tuning into that. We're just, you know, hit us up on Twitter if you think that's a good idea. You know? <laughs> shame spiral. Shame spiral. <laughs> the logo potentials there are uh, endless. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, I gotta stop now, or this is definitely gonna de- degrade. But yeah, thanks for having me. Got, having me on, guys. It's been pretty sweet as always. Good to talk to you. And God, I guess I won't see you guys till Wapaka. No, probably not. But uh, we'll talk to you before then. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. I'll probably talk to you the next couple of days. I've been sure. like crazy. Excellent. Cool, All dude. Right. Skype night. Talk later, to you soon, later, bro. Peace, brother. And we will. Be right back. Oi, you lot. It's Hellbound Piper from the forums. If I'm not playing my water pipes, I'm listening to Garage Hammer. So shut it! I listen to the show! We have a new segment, and we, it's entitled The Sigmar Youth. Not to be confused with the Hitler Youth. Um, oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they've got a very Germanic uh, background with the, with the Empire, and I just when I called it Sigmar Youth, somebody pointed out to me that we don't want to call it the Hitler Youth. No, um, no, you no. really don't want to call it that. <laughs> But so, um, Harrison, we'll have a segment, hopefully later in this show, we're going to record it and put it in there. Okay, welcome back everybody, and we are starting up our new segment, Sigmar Youth. The Sigmar Youth, uh, well, actually has a, a rank and force of one, but it's one very powerful little boy. Unit strength one. So, I introduce to you my son, Harrison Whitech. Take it away, Harrison. Uh, I'm Harrison Whitech. Closer and, and louder, buddy. Uh, hi, I'm Harrison Whitech. I would like to um, start out this show on how I got into gaming. 
So how did you get involved in gaming, Harrison? Well, I saw my dad playing, and I'm like, and I saw all the different armies and pieces, and I'm like, okay, this looks so cool. I have to play this. So then, when you saw us gaming, you wanted to be part of it, so you started looking through different army books, and you made your decision. Of high elves. High elves. Okay, so what made you decide on high elves as opposed to other different armies? Why did you choose them? Because in the all sorts of games that I like doing, I like using magic, and well, they hit first, so it's easier. So it's an easier beginner army. Totally. So who's your fa uh, second choice? Skaven. Skaven. Do you, do you <laughs> see yourself playing with them soon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what would be your favorite thing about playing the Skaven? That you can cheat in the combat as long as you're slave wrecked. You can cheat in combat, is that what you said? I can shoot into oh, combat. Oh, shoot into combat. Yeah, well, it's Skaven slaves. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're very I remember. <laughs> what about the Hydras? Were you able to not deal with them? Yeah, I know for a fact you dealt with one. I, I have my flaming cannon. Mm -hmm. I shot it. Mm -hmm. I shot the Hydra. I hit it. Mm -hmm. I did five wounds. It didn't have its regen. It was strength 10, so it didn't have scaly skin. Dead. Sounds like killing it. Um, I Right on top of the mic, brother. Well, I charge my sword masters and um, um, into the magma cannon, and then I obliterated that in the rocket battery thingy. Yeah, the the you know I was very lucky in taking that anvil out through combat, but uh, ended up winning that one, salvaging my my record for the day at one win and two losses. Oh, nice. so you only sort of witnessed down. Only sort of. Uh, yeah. Harrison, <laughs> maybe hopefully you, I'll, you know, you'll be good enough to have me on your team next year. I don't know. I know what a jackal, <laughs> Harrison. There, there's something. There's something known as a sore winner, and that's what I mean. You weren't acting like it that day, but you're acting like it now. Um. So we've got that until next year. That's actually in Harrison's room. The team gave it to Harrison since. Well, he won the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the MVP. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Definitely got even to play though, people I never get to even play. Even though after that, I just wanted to go to Ruby Tuesday and have a coke because my head was killing me. Oh, he's me. like, I got a headache. Can <laughs> I just have something with caffeine? And he yeah. three three games is, is rough on anyone. So that's especially a long day. Time for some triumph and treachery. We're here with Alex Gonzalez. What's up, Chris? You of course. Hello. And the Phoenix Prince himself, Harrison. Hello. I got. My silver helms coming in towards the corollers, and I've got the uh, reavers going in towards the center, and I've got my spearmen and my white lions coming in towards the imminent chaos threat. Elves. I'm gonna throw three dice at uh, the thunderbolt. You're on thunderbolt on the dogs. On the dog? Really? You got these gort? Have you? Oh, where are you? Check your range. Check the range. The dogs you can wipe out in combat without yeah. blinking an eye. Don't help the boy. Okay, the boy. Check your range. Yeah, that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, that's what you. Yeah. That, that thing is death that's on wheels, want. literally. So maybe best cherry in the game. What you going to do after that? You, that one. Right. You, you could. Okay. Don't help okay, the we, boy. We're giving him enough I'm help. All right, all right. They both can see him. I'm scared of that cannon. You better be. It's a big cannon in my face. I should be scared of it. Mostly he just killed two guys. There you oh, go. and there they go. Kaplop. How many points is that unit? 20 points is that unit. Oh, it's a 40-point unit? Oh, you got to be kidding. Yeah, oh, oh my God. Coins. If you had any other combat, you could total it all up at the end of the phase. But guess really? what? Oh, I'm that's being it. denied my one brass coin. Is that what's going on right Harrison, now? you ain't got no room to talk. Bro. That is absolutely <laughs> what's going on. Next turn goes to Harrison. Ooh. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. 
board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back, and the sound is getting louder. The wind is getting crazier. It's another installment of the contest, NATO. Oh, and with us, uh, this is the uh, Get a Centerpiece Model Painted by Guild Painting. And so with us is Mr. Guild himself, Donovan Stoddard. Donovan. Yay. Hello. So Donovan's back with us. And also back with us after quite a hiatus is the Phoenix Prince himself. Harrison's with us. Yeah, Harrison. Hi, Dad. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> he does sound a lot like you. We're going to have the uh, Harrison retrospective later on in the show. Um, That's where it starts up here, and then it all comes down all the way down here. It's so funny. I don't. I didn't realize it until I was actually putting clips together, and nobody who was listening knew who that was. Mm. His sister's like, "Who's that?" I had to leave the room. He it got embarrassed. embarrassed. He's like, "I got to leave now." Yeah. Uh, it was funny. His mom came in and she's like, "What's that?" I'm like, that's Harrison. She's like, "Oh, uh, look, we have him recorded." And then I had to leave the room again. Then he left the room again. <laughs> <laughs> but so, Donovan, um, for for your contest. Uh, you asked for people to send in their big hobby screw-ups because if they're screwing up their hobby, you're going to make it right for them. So why don't you go ahead and plug your uh, plug your business there and then talk a little bit about what you're going to do. Uh, so Guild Painting Service, we're, we're a commission painting service. We do anything from uh, centerpiece models to whole armies, um, anything in between. Pretty much any level you want, we'll work with you. We're happy to work with you. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. There's nothing... Nothing too crazy. You want to see my work? Some of it's on the uh, forum uh, and also guildpainting.com, as you hear every time you listen. Yep. Excellent. And he does really good work because he painted some of my stuff. And it's it like is really good stuff. Really the Phoenix pretty. I was looking at and the uh, the Dragon Princes that you did for Harrison. Very nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I like that. I'll tell you what. Harrison brought his Phoenix to the to Grant's house the night before bids mm-hmm. with his high And everybody was like... Oh, you're, did you, Harrison, your phoenix looks awesome. Who did this? Harrison's like, yeah, not me. Uh, I should, can put colors on things. Credit. Not pretty. You should have taken credit. No. No, we plugged our we, we plugged our favorite painting service. What do you think we're going to do? There you go. Actually, if you had Guild Painting. on the wings, but. If you had uh, <laughs> guildpainting.com t-shirts, we could wear those while we're pushing those models around. And there you go. You should you have just I t- like being a billboard. You send me a free T-shirt, I'll send you a free T-shirt. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That could work. We'll send it in Chris U size because I ain't walking around at work with a picture of a stripper dancing on a on a paintbrush. Oh, that's right. I forgot that about that logo. That can't go to work in that. That's gonna get me. I get. Well, you could you could wear that to GT. It's art. There you go. It is art. Oh boy. All right. So here's what we did. We each, uh, Harrison, Christopher, Christopher, Harrison, Chris, and I. You call me Christopher. That's I know okay. it's just my birth so name. <laughs> That's all right. Um, we as each, long as I call you Nancy. We each picked. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> stay on target, Gertrude. Don't see. Don't spin me off like that, <laughs> and then expect me to stay on topic. But we each picked two of our favorites, 
And then, uh, Donovan, we'll see what you picked, if anything matches up or anything like that. And then you are ultimately going to uh, pick the winner out of the stories that, we, uh, that we've picked as some of the favorites. Dude, there are too many good stories in this. This this There's a lot of hobby screw-ups out there. This is awesome. And I'm sorry, but the stories of just people almost mortally wounding themselves for the sake of hobby is just <laughs> too amazing. funny. That's amazing. I'm sorry. I, I'm pretty amazed. You know, a lot of these, too, that I was looking at reading, I was like, wow, I remember when I did that or did something <laughs> similar to it, and it's pretty funny looking back on it. It can be vicious. See, it's funny what happens to other people. <laughs> People's pain is humorous. Yes. So... <laughs> And we get to talk about it and bring it to you, the listener. Yes. So here's our new hobby segment: what not to do in the hobby. We could do this if we did about two more of these. We could stretch this out for like twelve episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If we did these, so I'm, I'm going to start with mine. Uh, my first pick, uh, biggest hobby fail, was from Jordan. Uh, Jordan ran out of plastic glue, so he was going to get his nice large model all clipped and tack it together with blue tack, so it could be all fit and ready. And so. What happens is he's got this thin glue, and you put the glue on both ends, and it sort of reacts and melts the plastic together. Uh, it bonds like that. He had all of it put out, laid out on a school lunch tray that he does his modeling on, and he opens the brand-new full bottle of glue and proceeds to drop it, and it spills over everything. And this is, like I said, that glue that you bond to two parts, and it melts the plastic together. Mm-hmm. So he clips and separates all the parts for this entire kit. And then turns it into one fused Yeesh. plastic mess. Um, Think about it. It was a school lunch tray, too, so it had to have melted to the lunch tray. Oh, if it was a plastic lunch tray, it would have fused to the lunch tray, too. That's a disaster. That, that hurts thinking about it. You know, just like, you know, you can just imagine it happening, and like just in your head, you're just going, no, no, mm-hmm. no. It just hurts. Yeah, you can see the <laughs> slow motion as the bottle's tipping, and the guy, no. <laughs> as it's like, uh, we had a couple of those. In fact, there was a great 40K story where he melted his plastic turret. He wanted to repaint it. Oh, that wasn't my pick. Sorry. I'll stop that. Yeah, yeah. That's my pick. All right. Well, then why don't you go to one of your picks then, wise guy? You know, now I know why you don't come on the show that often. That's because I'm so likable, isn't it? <laughs> oh, wait. Was that a dig against us? Okay, go ahead. I can't drown anybody out. <laughs> Well, mine. <laughs> what? He can't draw us out, so he might as well okay. just throw insults. All right. So I picked one from Stu Alexander, and he had he was about fifteen. He had the Metal Prince Imric model, and he put like four different colors of paint on it, and like just layered them over each other, and they weren't watered down. So he tried to strip it. So he used nail polish remover at first, and that didn't work because it's nail polish remover. So then he took takes a blowtorch to it and decides that <laughs> melting the the paint off is a great idea, not realizing that it's a metal model and melts a big hole in the wing. <laughs> wow. Took a blowtorch to it to get rid of the paint. That's that's the first that's time I've duty. heard of yeah, paint removal by blowtorch. Oh, and then there's an he has a little anecdote at the bottom that he was playing uh, he was playing a game with it out on his back porch and then it just started to rain and he brought and they brought in all the books and stuff first and he picks up the Prince Emmerich model and it just proceeds to collapse in his hand. Yeah, that model's not having a good day there. No. Yeah. He says he didn't know what was wrong with his super glue how it became water soluble. But he thought maybe his super glue got swapped with PVA or something like that because when the water PVA, came PVA, or maybe the fire loosened it up a little bit. I don't know. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, lots of 
be a tipsy. Hey, all but... I gotta do is, I guess Prince Emmerich wasn't wearing his dragon armor that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's all sorts of issues with that. Jeez. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I get ya. All right, Chris, your turn. Uh, my first pick is Greg Diekhaus. Uh This is a, a Battletech project. He created uh, some foam. I guess Battletech is, is played on hexes. Yeah. So he tried to create a uh, some terrain out of uh, uh, styrofoam and chicken wire. And when he was done creating this massive terrain piece, he decided to spray paint it. And without coating it or anything. Well, wasn't uh, the chicken wire was being laid down over the plastic so that when he painted it, Oh, is that heck, what he was trying to do? The chicken wires oh, the, in hexes, the pattern so would the appear. pattern would leave. I see, I see. So as this story is going yeah, on, I'm just thinking that, that the paint was going to get between where he's spraying. I figured that that chicken wire wouldn't keep nice, clean lines. I figured it just wasn't going to work. But I, it, I thought he was sculpting something, but he's doing this to create a template. Yes, yeah, so then pull the chicken wire off, and then where and that was covered, yeah, he spray paints it. Marks. Yeah, he spray paints it, and the, the styrofoam, of course, not being coated or treated, is going to melt. <laughs> Which is going to turn into a big, goopy mess. Yeah. So that's Oops. a good one. Thanks, Greg. Good story. <laughs> okay, my next one, my second choice was from PJ Cole. Halfway through making his High Elf Army, the starter set with a unit of White Lions, a unit of Phoenix Guard, Dragon Prince, Bacchus Pierce, it came time to assemble two Metal Eagles. So he got Wood Elf Hawks, since he thought they looked neat, tossed the riders, and he tried the super glue the wings. And anybody who knows, if you don't pin those wings, it's just that little divot in it. So he glues the yeah. wings, and they, of course, as soon as you bounce it, they fall off because it's just metal, yeah. blue metal. Yeah. Um, he tried pinning them on. They sagged. He brings them to game night. Uh, he just, So he, he puts them and then seals it with green stuff, and it finally held up. Mm-hmm. He takes them to game, game night. The ogres are pounding on him. Over the course of three games, they kept swiveling on the stand, which is a totally different issue. Right. But then they'd fall off the stand, and the wings would break off. <laughs> so Just can't win. Oops. After getting whooped three times that night, and the wings kept falling off, he went home, kept trying to fix the broken wings. Um, he pulls it out, and the other two <laughs> eagles broke their wings on the on the trip home. So he gets mad, throws the whole army in a box, sells it on eBay, packs it, sends it off, and after a few days he gets it back and the buyer wants a refund because when the buyer opened it, every damn other thing in the box had broken too. <laughs> so his army came back unsellable because it just all fell apart on it's him. It's a comedy so the arm, So the army just basically gave him the finger for trying to sell it. Yeah, he, nice. couldn't, he couldn't put it together. It kept falling apart. So he said, screw it, I'm going to sell it. And the guy said, I don't want it. It all fell apart. <laughs> What a headache. Uh, so that's a nightmare. The army he couldn't even get rid of when he got sick. That's of like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> Keep coming back. <laughs> that's terrible. All right, so Harrison, who's your other guy? Okay, I pick I picked Isaac Neal. Uh he was super gluing. Um he super glues everything he does. And he was super gluing a Storm Raven together. And he didn't actually read the instructions, so he put the turret on before putting the guy in the cockpit. So he tried to use some paint thinner, because he read on the internet that paint thinner will debond the glue. And, you know, just, and we'll let him take it off, put the guy in, put it back on. Simple. Well, he put it in the jar of paint thinner or whatever, and he didn't realize that it was industrial strength paint thinner for painting houses. And the whole thing melted. The whole turret melted and stuck to the top where Rivoli had the paint thinner in. Yeah, he said he came out there and it was bubbling and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a cauldron of something. 
And then, of course, he threw away the Tupperware bowl and poured out the rest of the paint thinner next to the driveway, and nothing has grown there ever since. It's got a little burn spot in the, the lawn. The paint thinner killed whatever was there. Yeah, every time you drive past it, that used to be a turret for a, <laughs> a vehicle. And he says he still plays it turretless. There's no turret on the top of his vehicle because he's not getting a new one. And he, sure, he what you see is what one. you get. No turret. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> turret schmurret. I'll, yep. I'll just hit you with this sword. Nice. So, who's your last pick, Chris? Well, my last pick is uh, a good friend of uh, both of ours, Joe Flesh. Uh, his he was working on some wood elves with uh, a Dremel. You know, Dremel is a great tool, but you got to be safe. This is an important one because it's a safety lesson as well. Joe, when he was doing Wildcast, every once in a while would have a safety episode, and it yes. seems like he has had more issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has yeah. had, He's more, had more complications than other people. More modeling hobby injuries than right. anybody. <laughs> so he apparently he knew well enough to wear safety goggles, but didn't bother putting it on. You know, because it's plastic. You know, how is plastic going to hurt you? He was cutting a couple of plastic archers and a glob of hot plastic spun off the model and hit him right in the eye. Uh, so luckily he didn't get blinded or anything, but the sudden surprise that basically uh, caused him to cut the model he was working on in half. So uh, near moral injury and a uh, fatal model is the end result. Uh, so but important safety tip, though. Yeah. Goggles. Don't put hot plastic in your eyes. Yeah, that same thing happened to me, actually, when I first got my Dremel. With the plastic, I thought the same thing. I'm like, hey, plastic, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it shot right into my eye, and I was wearing contacts. Oh. And it just it just melted right the contact. It was bad. Ooh. That was oh. not a fun experience. Oh, that sounds so painful. Yeah, but at least it melted the contact and not your retinas. Oh, it still hurt. Oh, I'm assuming. <laughs> I, I didn't think it tickled. Was still <laughs> I didn't think it tickled, but at least it was like a shield, <laughs> something in the way. Gee whiz. So thank you, Joe, for sharing your painful story. So Yay. those are our top six. Now, of those, of those, Donovan, which one do you think, which one do you like the best? Which story? Which one tickles your retina? Yeah, who's which getting... one tickles my retina? That <laughs> should be a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our band name, Tickled Retina. <laughs> That's our band name. No, Bloodrecution is not it. Um, so... Uh, the thing with me is, too, I told you, Dave, already. I don't think you told anyone else yet, but uh, we decided we're going to have two winners for our contest because we are gracious. Wow. We are. Amazing. So, and, just, and just congratulations for 100 and really just help you guys out and make everyone happy. And plus, it was really hard to choose just one. <laughs> well, thanks, Donovan. That's very generous of you. Yeah, that's we, awesome. We appreciate that. So there you go, folks. Now it's become seven, seven contest prizes. Do you hear the wind picking up? Say the lightning! Oh, see cover! See cover! Jaguar! <laughs> Cow! <laughs> All right. Moo! <laughs> I'm a pig. I do want to do one thing. Okay. Uh, just give a shout out to my uh, friend who uh, Wade, who posted on here. Mm. He said his biggest hobby fail is telling me his favorite model because then it's always my job to take it off. I make sure he can't play with his newest toys. Ouch. <laughs> And I just want to let him know that now that he did tell me what his new favorite model is, what Elf Army, it will die turn two every game, and you will not get to play with it ever. What's his new favorite model? When I'm announcing it on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Treeman? No, it's the sisters on Dragon. Ooh. Ah. So you're killing that every game now. Well, yeah, it's It's a matter of principle. (laughs) It is a matter of principle. There you go. You told me your favorite. I have to wreck your hobby. So that story about when you guys were playing Triumph and Treachery and you, you made him a deal and just totally 
reneged on. This is just this is standard operating procedure for you and your gaming group. Yeah, apparently I, I'm apparently the guy they all love to hate just because I think <laughs> can it's I hilarious. Come out, can I come out there and play Triumphant Treachery with you guys? You can. <laughs> there won't be much treachery. There's very little triumph in our game. <laughs> As it should be. Treachery. <laughs> there you go. All right, so okay, so then, then Donovan, who are the two winners of all our right, contest? So, drum roll. The first one is going to go to Jordan for his tray of plastic glue <laughs> oh it, it's cringeworthy so so cringeworthy absolutely well, so congratulations jordan congrats jordan congratulations so that's the first one and then i'm trying to find the name of i told you guys uh blowtorch blowtorch paint stripping uh Ale- Stu alexander Stu alexander that's the other one <laughs> blowtorch and- paint stripping this the title deserves it and I'll give him a bonus if he shows a how-to on how to strip your models with a blowtorch. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Use the same model, please. Put that on you. The one with battle scars. So those are those the ones that I picked that I just I literally couldn't stop laughing. Uh, most of these were these were all amazing. And to be honest, I, I wish I could do more. But, I mean, man, these were hilarious, great entries, and I had good time reading them. And uh, once again, I will cut and paste and post them all from our email, the Garage Hammer email, onto the uh, show thread. So it won't be in the main, it won't be in the first, you know, like the, the, the post. The separate of, thread? No, it'll be in the same thread. It'll be the, okay. in, in the episode thread. It just won't be in that first post that lists the show, oh, right, everything right. from the show. I'll put them right after that so everyone can read them because they are, they're, they're funny. I, mean, I hate to laugh at other people's pain, but that was the whole point of the contest mm. to get some good exactly. funny stories. Well, um, two. If you want, um, so it doesn't get lost in our in our like main business one. If you want, Dave, I'll give you the email to put on there, so they can just contact mine directly. Okay. It's my my painting one directly. That way, they can just go right to me. We don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to get lost in our emails because we answer our emails probably about once every couple of days. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that way, we can get it done as quick as possible, and I'll see it right away, and I'll get on that, and I'll get them all the details. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, and I'll get that to you once we go off the air. So Make sure to post, tweet, Facebook uh, photos of the finished models, whatever those might be. So yeah, oh, yeah see. for sure. I'll put them on the forum for sure. That's going to be the best spot. Excellent. Cool. Oh, that's what we should do. Dude, everyone, when you get your prize, send us a picture of you at your prize, and we can put it up in the thread. Yeah, totally. That'd be cool. I'd love to see it. So, <laughs> Shut up, Harrison. I... I want to see all the contest selfies. <laughs> contest selfies. There we go. Yeah. All right. All so, um, Donovan, dude, thanks much for coming in. Thanks for doubling down on the contest. Absolutely. That was really generous. Of course. That's that's what we're here for. And, again, congratulations to you guys. I love the show. I was listening. I remember, actually, the first time I listened to your guys' show, and I've loved it ever since. I haven't stopped listening. And it's been great. And well, thank honest, you. You hope for 100 more. Cheers. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, and everybody who entered, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for your hobby. Your hobby the, woes. The hobby nightmares. Uh, okay. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, Donovan, we'll talk to you soon. And, folks, we will be back with more. Sounds good. Take it easy, brother. Bye. Thanks, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. This is Kyle Zelensky favorite necromancer of the Von Karstein family, and you're listening to Garage Hammer. Welcome back to the garage. 
Hey! Episode 100. 100. We have a special treat for you. We are joined by none other than Joe Rogers of Point Hammered fame. <laughs> Point Hammered. What's up, nerds? Welcome, Joe. How you doing? Oh, I'm great. Slogging through a pile full of, of demon models here for, for Quake City Rumble, still working on them. Painting through the pain, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. I saw the conversion of the one, I think, was it a uh, a hound? A chaos hound that you had? Yeah, I got a flesh mount, a flesh hound with the Zinch Herald moon head on there. And yeah, I, I got a that. whole two, two whole units of them, actually. There's a little extra green stuff work to kind of break up the models. It's yeah. kind of similar, but yeah, I like how they, uh, they're turning out pretty pretty well. Very nice. I like that. Very uh, uh, unique conversion idea. So it's yeah. really good on the table. Trying to keep the demons weird, man. That's it. Trying to keep them unique. Get some of that. Get them painting points. <laughs> I'm all about the painting points. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, Joe. Our topic today, at the at our you know it's the four year anniversary of when Eighth uh, Edition was released. The day this comes out, it'll be the four year anniversary. So we're just kind of asking our friends what it is they really like about Eighth, and if there's anything they're really looking forward to in Ninth Edition. So, mm-hmm. looking for your uh, top three. Top three, I will go. Joe, just hear you. He with he with all three. Well, here, well, yeah. Why don't we go three, two, one? Make it like a countdown. Make it exciting, special, Rogers. Come on, you're oh a po- you're a professional podcast. <laughs> All right, milk it, I'll baby, work it. Number number three. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, monstrous cavalry because before eighth, they didn't really exist hardly at all. I mean, you had blood crushers, and I don't know what the timing is on the serpents with the tomb kings. I think mm. they're entirely in eighth. But um, I think a whole new unit type really kind of changed the dynamic of the game for for the better, I think, just because change. I'm always in favor of change. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the rise of the Monstrous Cav, I, I thought it was kind of cool. I'm kind of at the point now where I think I'd be leaning away from the Monstrous Cav. But from a, just from a modeling point perspective and everything like that, having a lot of really huge new models to play around with. Uh, that, that's probably one of the best things I like about Ace. Yeah, I like that uh, also. It, it highlights two of the great things about the current edition of Warhammer, which is combat, because we know Montrose Cav uh, units can fight well, and movement. Being mm-hmm. cavalry, you can get all the uh, the cool things that cavalry can do movement-wise. Yeah, definitely. And for just army construction, you know, it's easier than ever to get a get a list out there on the battlefield with, with monsters cap. Very true. Yeah, I guess if your army has stuff like that, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get those bear riders in there. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get no bear riders. They wrote it off in the fluff. They basically in the fluff said, "Hey, dwarves fight on their feet." So forget your ideas of bears. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of glad not everybody everybody can get them, but. I, I like that a lot of the armies can get them, mm-hmm. and they're pretty. You know, they're not all the same. They kind of got different flavor among each each of the units. So. And that's why I, that's why I, I'm glad not everybody has them. Just like not everybody should have a cannon. Not everybody should have this. I mean, if everybody had the same thing, it was just a different model. You know, yeah, 
Although it would have been sweet if High Elves got dragon riding monsters. Can. I know. Actually, it would have been pretty cool had they gotten that. But then yeah. instead of what, t- instead of 12 High Elf or 10 High Elf players at bits, there would have been about 22 probably. So Maybe it depends on the Dragons flying around. Yeah. yeah. All right, Joe. So what's your number two? Number two. This is close to number one. I'll just say this is number two. But the the buff and the hex spells, and kind of extrapolate to some of the some of the army books can get characters where they buff buff whole units. Hmm. And that's something you didn't really see at all in seventh, hardly at all. For some reason, all the spells used to be fireballs and magic missiles and other random attack stuff, but there was hardly anything that could buff or weaken other units. And I was really Really excited to see that drop with Eighth Edition, and I've been loving it ever since. I think that I I thought that was cool too. I remember when that came out, people were all like, "Oh, look, they're trying to turn into, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or World of Warcraft, where you've got to have buffs and debuffs." And because it was it was a huge change. I remember listening to podcasts and people like, well, "Was that a reaction?" Yeah, well, they're saying, well, I mean, if you look, I right when this came out four years ago, it was probably when World of Warcraft and stuff like that was it. One, it, close to its peak. Hmm. I mean, it's still popular, but it was just stupid huge. And you had to have a party, and you had to have a guy for buffs, and you had to have a guy for diva, you had to have a healer, you had to have all the different parts. Hmm. And suddenly in the game, suddenly you had spells that were doing, I mean, buffs and debuffs. I mean, you, when, you, when you call them that, that's a term that I only ever heard from mm-hmm. online wargaming. So when that came in, people were like, oh, look, they're copying that. I, I think it's cool. It, it shores you up. It shores up a lot of armies. Yeah, and I think you know there's like the synergy aspect of things, trying to get off combos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just it's bringing it back to the troops. Like no, you know, no matter how many big killer spells you have with the buffs, it's all about just augmenting your actual troops. So it always yeah. comes down to your boots actual boots on the ground. Yeah, boots on the ground. Yeah, my bunch of squishy elves get mind razored, and then your one plus armor save guys are shaking in their boots. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's always an answer for everything. Or you bring Grimgore, and all of a sudden the Black Orcs become much better. Yeah, and then they go and stomp all those people on the bottom tables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for that. Much any kind of troop, yeah, with the with the old mine razor there. Oh yeah, turns out to be all right. Yeah, it's good work if you can get it. <laughs> Jesus, I gotta, I gotta Jesus. find next team tournament. We gotta take dwarfs and someone who can throw out mine razor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> good combo. I'll take hand weapon shield. Why? Because nine, I'm straight nine, nine yeah. uh, ten yeah. on the charge because it's plus one. You got to kill that <laughs> unit to the man. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, no kidding. So, what's your favorite, Joe? Uh, my favorite is just the the way the move phase went with the random charge distances. I think that's probably my favorite thing. That's I, a controversial choice because a lot of people reacted negatively to that when it first came out. Yeah. But I don't, I, don't, I always liked it just because, I don't know, in seventh on the top tables, it was always about, I don't know, it, it got really stale because it's all the little micromanagement mm-hmm. and kinda, you know exactly how far they can go and exactly how far you can go. and you know, Debating uh, about the, the fraction of an team inch. Team four, you've moved yeah. yourself. I'm not going to move within eight inches. I'm going to do about eight and a quarter and see if I can trick him into charging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's better gameplay, better experience, and I think it makes for better players if you're relying on your decisions and not what the math happens to be. 
you're playing the odds with that because you could always throw a snake eyes. It's always a risk, but you can yeah. play the odds and, and, and mitigate guess. it. I think it does a lot of that forging the narrative stuff that GW asked for. Mm-hmm. That's that's that was yeah. that was because it was it, the random is as you know is one of my picks. Chris and I were talking about ours already. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's so it makes it fun. And I just love that idea that you call a charge and you're and you're really close and they just don't do it. They're like, no. <laughs> listen, I know you think that's a good idea, but well, it could be. It, it kind of recreates the fog of war that you sometimes yeah. have mentioned. Uh-huh. You know, those uncontrollable things on the battlefield. Yeah, especially if it's if it's I'm going to move everything and shoot everything and shoot everything, right, and then you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. It kind of takes away the the fog of war. I think the the randomness takes mm-hmm. it back. Yeah, it, it it adds that kind of real life quality, if we can say that. That's it's one of the things I love about it. Yep. So then we move on to what you're hoping for in ninth edition. Mm-hmm. And since rumors abound, it's coming out anywhere from within twelve minutes to a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> twelve minutes. Huh? Like, come on, the rumors seriously. We heard countdown over, started. Yeah. I know. I mean, everyone was expecting it, and then is this that week, why you're refreshing your tablet on the Games Workshop website? Oh yes, constantly. I'm wondering, okay. So, what are you looking for in your ninth edition game? Oh, we'll do a, do a three, two, one. Just okay. like number oh, okay. three, I would like to see. I talked about the monsters cab. I would like to see the power move back towards the infantry direction. Um. Mm. Um, it's number three, so it's not my main concern, but just for, for keeping things fresh. I mean, the Wood Elf shooting is is kind of moving away from the Monsters Cavs mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So but I think we could maybe get some some kind of special rules. I don't know if they're going to overhaul the point system, like some of the rumors are, where everything's starting from scratch. If Maybe they could repoint the infantry models versus the cab and other stuff like that. I, I guess that would be my preference instead of trying to come up with new rules to boost them. Like, I, I think steadfast, I, I think it's fine as it is, but maybe other people disagree. But I, I think the infantry needs something. They need a little juice. I would agree with that. that maybe points, repointing them might be the way to go. You, know, you see a lot more of them then. Yeah. I mean, because the basic rules seem fine to me, but... I don't know, they just get ground through, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I can't think of something that you could give, you know, the whole game wide that would just make them better. And so I, I think the repointing, if if, if I was going to do it myself, if I was in charge, I'd probably work that way. I like that even more so because Orcs and Goblins is rumored to be the first book out. So oh, oh, yeah. if you get you know really cheap green skins, then you can feel the proper. Yeah, I mean, if they could just make it so. I mean, you could take just the regular orc boys, and they'd be pretty all right. Take the black orcs. Yeah. I'd like to see more just the regular goblins, stuff like that. Yeah, overwhelming numbers there. Then that would be a proper greenskin horde. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, instead of just a bunch of chaff and war machines. <laughs> and, and war machines <laughs> hey, and 50 that, savage orcs. That list is lame. I'm the first one to admit it, but if, <laughs> if you want to win, and if you think winning is fun... Dude, it works. <laughs> That's no, the list. Winning is works. pretty fun. <laughs> Winning is fun, yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I'm not even making fun. I know. I mean, it's it, the, the problem is that the it's funny. You see a lot of the lists, a lot of the army books seem balanced, and then I kind of look at Orcs and Goblins, and there's 
there's some off there are some off balance things in there. I think the the Savage Orcs become so good compared to the other mm. armies. That's why you never see boys when you could just take Savage Orcs. Yeah. Yeah. And something needs to something needs to give in there. Something needs to tip it so that you know to bring I, it back. I'd love to see that bit of a balance back in orcs. So you see boys actually on the table. I agree. Yeah, I think that for me, I think that's like a core versus special imbalance. Where if you got a core unit that's pretty decent, you I mean, you're not going to take anything else because you don't want to mm-hmm. mess around with that other crap. So, oh, wait, yeah, because they're savage. Savages are core. Savages right? are our core. Yeah. yeah, maybe they slide over to special, and then you go. Oh, don't you don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you could take savage core, and then the big ends make them special, something like that. Yeah, possibly. I I would be happy just pointing them down by like twenty five percent. Just making the orcs that cheap that they're they're decent. In, I mean, in, they're in garbage. Have you fought against? I orcs want the orcs as cheap as goblins. And the goblins <laughs> yeah, are cheap yes. as goblins. <laughs> I second the motion. <laughs> snotlings are free. They're <laughs> free. In They're general, free. You just get a couple bases of snotlings. <laughs> I like it. They follow around like a shield. You try to get through them first. Yeah, I mean, swarms used to be a pretty, pretty big deal, but in eighth edition, they're they're like they've gone the way of the dodo. They crumble so quick because of the heavy combat yeah. rays and the, and the way the combats go. Yeah. What can you do? But so, okay, outside of power to the infantry, where else are you going, Rogers? Yeah, number two, I'm going to go with just refiguring out how cannons work, and I guess by extension, kind of the other guest range weaponry. Because mm-hmm. it's so weird that they removed the guest range aspect, but kept the mechanics completely the same otherwise. So, oh, God, it's like a last-minute thing, or... I don't know. I think cannons should just use ballistic skill, or so. Know. So how would that? So you have to roll to hit, and if you're yeah, successful, you just roll to hit. Just you any just old thing in range. Was that just roll to hit any old thing in range, and then? Oh, it's like a any shooting. You know, you got forty-eight inch range. You see something. Yeah, you know, it takes away the bounce. Right. And you just have a penetrate, but you're like a bolt thrower. I guess I don't see why a lead ball. Should work so differently than like every other shooting yeah, attack. It's, it's like a giant rifle, in essence. Yeah, but the cannon sort of—it's kind of—it's almost like the mortar. It's got that bit of lift, so it's going to de- dictate how far it goes. You got to have it, you know, aimed right. I could see almost—you know—the warp lightning cannon. It hits from a point, and then it goes mm-hmm. just X amount farther. You could just say, "Hey, did I hit my point?" You know, or and if not, deviate. I suppose. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. There's a lot of uh, suggestions out there and ways to improve cannons. For me, I, I think if you took away where it hit both the rider and the monster. That's, if it hit, yeah. if you randomize it to one or the other, I think that would go a long way to fixing it. That should absolutely be. In fact, that should be. I agree with you 100%. That should be the rule. The only time you don't need that to be the rule is when they specifically state it, like the the lizard men, the pterodon, or not the, oh, the stegodon. The stegodon. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, with with the seven, all the wounds, you can't shoot the riders. It's just all the wounds are wrapped because they're a part of the model. Right. But the Stegodon is not a mount for those guys. They're a part of the model. If it's a mount, yeah, the the cannon. That I mean, that's the magic bullet nonsense. I mean, what's it doing? Bouncing off the it bounces off the <laughs> head of the dragon. Boom! Ricochets and catches you in the yeah. head. Yeah, or or it's shattering in mid mid flight and you know clipping both. Oh, maybe it's like Fred Flintstone's bowling ball when he's got to get the seven ten split. It just breaks in half. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. 
Mm-hmm. Another suggestion is to make the the cannon wounds just D three. I'm saying you don't like that idea. There's my response to that. <laughs> Why? Forget it. That's uh, problem, I'm just telling you what people. The are problem isn't that the cannons are too strong. Up. The problem is that now like six or seven armies have cannons and mm-hmm. multiple cannons. Yes, exactly. You know. Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways you could go about that. Mm. I I just think it needs to be changed somehow. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure the dwarf cannons stay best because they invented them and they're really good. Well, yeah, you, you need the crutch. I do. So, uh, exactly. <laughs> I'll take it. So, Roger, so what's your one. biggest exciting hope for ninth edition? Well, I don't know if anybody's brought this up, but this is a major pet peeve of mine going back, I don't know, 15, 20 years. But I think the the flee and pursue needs to be changed because that is probably the biggest role of any game is if you break the Death Star, if you can actually catch it, you win the game. And if you don't, they escape. And sometimes, a lot of armies, you might not ever have a chance. So, you know, I don't like the all-or-nothing mechanic of the the flee and pursue role, where it's just a straight dice-off. I think and you can have, like, one small model run down an entire unit Mm. or vice versa. Like, like how could a character kill an entire unit, wipe them out? I know, you know, like... When they're destroyed, they're scattered and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I, I like to see a more incremental approach to flee and pursue or hmm. something like that. Interesting. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, I never thought of that. And I'm trying. No, I'm, roll, I'm, I'm not talking. I'm rolling it through my head. Okay. So it'd be something you like by, uh, you lose a percentage of the models right. left if you if yeah, you have less than like them. That. I don't but know. Then you start going into unit strength again. I don't know, but I'm like a serial. I never actually pursue and catch anybody in the game, so I don't know. This has just always bugged me. Where you know, it doesn't matter where where my strategy and tactics come down to. It might just depend on me rolling higher on a two d six than my opponent, mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that is what I would like to change. I don't foresee it changing. I don't think it's ever been any different, but. They could do something. I have they could just that. do something, Dave. Oh, I'll talk to Jervis. Yeah, talk to Jerv for me. I'll, I'll talk to him for you. I, when I talk to him next time, I'll be like, "Listen, the Raj at least wants you to look at the flea and pursue." I mean, <laughs> we we get that it's been the same thing, and you know what? Jervis might even say, "Hey, listen, they bet heavy and they didn't win heavy. They they lost. That's what happens." And, <laughs> so, and I'm not predicting what Jervis would say. I mean, we're pals and all, but I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I'll talk to him for you if you'd like. One solution, Raj, might be to play uh, play with exclusively an undead army against exclusively undead armies. That's all. Demon problem and right undead. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tomb kings, vampire counts, and demons. <laughs> That'll be a fun. Well, then no one though. is ever, you know, breaking. Fine. Problem solved. I do a Raj Podge like that or something. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Rogers, there is no flee and pursue. When you get into combat, you kill them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, that would be an interesting Raj Podge, actually. If no armies ever fled, and nothing was ever, there's no panic in the game, and then try to play a game of Warhammer and see what happened. You can use that one, Raj. Chris Chris doesn't mind. Yeah, okay. You call it, we can call that the, the U Podge. I'll keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> That'd be fun. Just massive grind fest. Yeah. <laughs> If that happens, I'll be excited. Yeah, that'd be fun. Then we could see people like Relian coming with three, you know, I have four units of 100 slaves. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, no. 
I don't know if the slaves are going to come out on a grind fest. <laughs> I, I, somehow I doubt it. <laughs> uh, that's you know what I that's that is a you have a unique answer, Raj. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud. I like it. So listen, uh, you want since you mentioned it, you want to plug the podge. Ah, uh, yeah. Sure, it's at my house. Moved it to my house. Oh, it's at the residence. Interesting. Yeah, the, the latest episode of Point Hammer. We'll elaborate further on this. It's going to be imminently released, hmm. probably before this, I would say. But I don't know. Maybe you edit and, and release them in the same night. I don't know. No, oh, this, coming be, up, no this will be out on July 10th. That's when it's due. So, hmm. oh, this will probably be the same day then. Wow! So double coverage. <laughs> Double release. So, how many people um, do you have room for at the the? Uh, we can probably Rogers get about Manor. sixteen boners there. Okay. Usually, I go out scrounging people up, trying to coerce people. But as soon as I moved into this place, it's got a pretty massively huge basement. So I'm like, ah, how do I get it over here? Because really, I just wanted it to be there all along, but I never had the space for it. So I've always had to do it in a hotel. So mm-hmm. I finally. Let uh, canceled the the hotel and kind of kept it on the down low. And just uh, probably probably ten or twelve folks in the end, just close folks from the area. Mm-hmm. All the HPBs and some of the lots of weird boys, even Snake Eyes, Boxcars, Boners. Probably get a sprinkling of Illinois guys. Uh potentially, but yeah, maybe some Scobro. There there is a hot tub right on the, <laughs> right on the gaming floor. So, uh, <laughs> Nice. You just kick, kick back. That's the dream, isn't it? Running a, a tournament out of your home. That's my okay. dream, anyway. That was the first thing I thought of. Oh, yeah. I saw this space. I told Bear it was going to happen. And finally, it's going to happen. Living <laughs> the dream. Yeah. Should, should be a good time. Nice cool. casual. Human. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Joe, listen, thanks for coming on and sharing your thoughts and uh, joining us here on episode 100. I know you guys hit 104, 105 just in the last episode, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, the you 100, guys... 105 is the one that will just have come out. Nice. Congratulations David, on David hitting 100. Five yeah, years congrats, now. That's you guys for sure. So excellent. Thanks, so uh, we're going to talk to Hastings probably later in the week. And then through the magic of editing, he'll be on as well. Oh. So don't you tell like him your answers. Slice them in? Yes. So it sounds like we're all in the same conversation together. Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> that won't take too long to edit. No. <laughs> editing by the word. <laughs> yeah, great. This I'll do. I'll just re edit everything. Roger will be like, I never said anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, Roger, we'll cut you loose before David loses it completely. <laughs> All right. I've got a Nurgle here. Oh, nice. get that done. Tweet yeah. some picks. Excellent. All right, Roger, All thanks right. a lot. We thanks, will talk buddy. to you soon, brother. Yeah. Congrats, boys. Keep it up. Thanks, thanks man. In the chill land of Nagaroth lies a realm steeped in malice. This is the home of the Dark Elves, the outcast children of Ulthuan. They watch the world with malevolent eyes, knowing it is their birthright to rule and the destiny of others to serve them, if they are permitted to survive at all. Yet the Dark Elves know that they cannot claim their glorious inheritance whilst the hated High Elves endure. 
They are two halves of a race sundered long ago, separated by the greatest betrayal ever to occur in all the ages of the world. Even should every other land bow to their rule, the Nagarothi will not rest until they have brought to ruin Ulthuan, toppled its temples, and driven the High Elves into the sea. On that day, the Witch King of Nagaroth will finally claim a throne long denied him, and the rule of the Dark Elves will spread to every corner of the world. The storms, the waves, the lightning, Contest NATO, it's back. And it's Contest NATO number five of There's six stuff contests. flying through the air. It's a cow. Oh. It's a jaguar. jaguar. <laughs> There's a jaguar in a tornado in Illinois. I Followed don't know. by a cow. Who knows? <laughs> it's just really weird. Maybe he's trying to catch the cow. That's what I envision. Like a predator. Yeah. There you go. Yes, because all I can see is a jaguar running through the tornado now. Then I'll catch it, and then it will rain blood. Oh, that's so cool. It is. That is so metal. <laughs> no, it is metal. I to say that. <laughs> Blacker than the blackest black times <laughs> infinity. So, so this contest was uh, about feedback on the show. How can we make it better? How can yes. we improve things, etc.? And we got a lot of good feedback. We did. And this one was, you know, just what do you think of the show? Like, what do you like? What can we do better? And this was the big one. This one we got a lot of interest in because this one's unique. Apparently, there's games. a lot of things that we can do better. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do better. Plus, we're giving away an Orkin Goblin Battalion from UGG, which right. that's, that's a big price. The, the more constructive criticism feedback, we've taken ideas. A lot of it maybe worked in over yeah. time. Yeah. So, the you know, there's ideas for new sure. segments. Uh, rather than just go through and read every single one and then see who's got, you know, we're gonna we're gonna work in what we can and what people seem to want when, when we can. Are there any uh, from a, from a high level point of view that that stuck out to you that you might want to mention? What do you mean in terms of suggestions for the show in general? You know, there were a lot of suggestions for little segments that were interesting. I don't know; they'd be almost difficult to do. But a lot of how does this unit stack up against that unit? That I found very actually very intriguing. You know, yeah. if you lined up these two units, you know, uh, you know how how would who would win? Like a pit battle, kinda, yeah. Yeah, you know, we talked about a. We actually, Christopher and I talked about doing a pit battle thing earlier on, but uh, Unseen Lurker was doing it in their magazine, and we didn't want to just copy oh, them. Oh, I see. And now uh, Dimensional Cascade does that with the characters at the beginning of every show. Oh, do they? They pit off characters against each other. Yeah, they no just problem. have them fighting each other. So, but it, there's 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 a lot of there was there was a lot of really good. Um, suggestions. One of them was, uh, and I, I assume that a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners, are tournament regulars, or they play regularly in the garage, so they're they're they, they're up on the, uh, I don't need in the know how, in terms of the terminology and the right. acronyms and stuff. So uh-huh. I think we kind of take that for granted that people know that, like, yeah, my BSB did that and. You know, some people may may not know what is a BSB, or they have to pause it to figure that out. So that was one thing that that really struck a chord with me, and that I will try to be more cognizant of going forward. Yeah, a lot of people told us to get back to our roots. Um, I saw, I saw that a few times. Not and nothing against what you're doing on the show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those. It was more of a, you know, you guys do cover a lot between lately in the past year between army books and tournaments. Yeah. That's been a lot of your show. Um, they want to hear more about our the fun games, the, 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 the stuff that they really sure. like. Is the you know the, the Triumph and Treachery episode 
you got a lot of positive response. Yes. I think for that very reason. And so we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're still going to be revisiting the Monstrous Arcanum. That's something yeah. that I think we really just said, well, this is the stuff we want to do anyway. Right. And then it's less. It's really less work. I mean, we don't have to. It feels it, less like work. You know, and, and it's more forcing us to get more games in. Because Always nobody, a good thing. You know, nobody really wants. The one thing we haven't got, nobody said, hey, we want more tournament updates. You know? Right. <laughs> right. They're like, you know, so you know, in fact, the few people who did comment about our tournament updates said, you know, you could keep them shorter. Right. Just, you know. Yeah, th- those can be a little harder to listen to. Uh, you you know, know. They, can, they can get long. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody updates that stuff. So right. I think I think the one thing that has come back that and I and I appreciate it is that, hey, we listen to you for the stuff that nobody else is going to say. Mm. We're listening to you guys for the silliness and they're just having fun with the hobby. Right. That, uh, you know, everybody's putting out a book review. So, in fact, we've gotten positive reviews. It's weird. We've gotten positive, a lot of positive feedback on the book reviews of breaking them into two parts, mm-hmm. really sitting there and going into the fluff and then doing the... Te- so, it's if you like it all, you can listen to both. If you... If you don't care about the fluff, you can skip that one. If you don't care about the rules and you're into the fluff. We're like a Warhammer buffet. Yeah. You pick and choose what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, we even have a sneeze guard. It, hey, we need it. We do. With this honker, you got to need it. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's, uh, we're going to, you know, we talked about going down to single, single episode book Army reviews. Book reviews. But um, I think the idea I think of... I think the formula we have now is is good, though. People like the formula. It's just don't rush to get them out. Don't worry right. that if, right. if GW is putting them out every two months, we're not... Spo- they we're don't not going to kill ourselves to yeah. Yeah. Don't live rush. and die by their schedule. Yeah. So, you know, wood elves, demons, we'll eventually get to them. You know we're doing something right when other people are talking about our dwarf review. Of course, we have the... Well, let's face it. Nobody else did an in-depth dwarf review. I mean, people did dwarf reviews, but nobody did an in-depth mm-hmm. one. But even when when we almost got Dan Heelan to thinking, play, to pick hey, up I think I might want to play some dwarves, we're doing something right with our army reviews. There you go. Because that's it. I mean, we've talked about like when we read uh, when we read some of the 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 fluff or the fiction, you know, the Black Library fiction. It's like, yeah. oh, it makes me want to run out and build one of those armies because it's so cool. And that's kind of you know when we get through the end of an army review. We're hoping that you want to run out and buy that army. Not that we owe anything to GW, but it should have the fluff and the background and sure. the stuff to make it interesting where you at least are interested so, in it. Sort building. of by extension. I mean, it, we, I just love talking about the fluff and oh, yeah. know, the, what it's like to play against that army. You know, if that translates into someone wanting to go out and pick up the army, hey, yeah, you know, that's great. More power to them. It works. So that's a lot of what we got. We're not going to go too much, like I said, any more in depth with that mm-hmm. because that one is going to be simple. So um, once again, we're going to randomize this, get the roll off going. And so, Chris, uh, who's the winner of this one? Winner of this one is Chris Bainbridge. All right. So, Chris, thank you for your feedback. Let's find his in here real quick. So uh, we're going to read. There we go. Click. What did he say? Um, I especially like the really hobby gamer focus segments. I think another really cool segment would be a terrain-focused battlefield section. Discuss the modeling and tactical aspects of different pieces of terrain. I like that. That that could be cool. Terrain is such a central part of the game. It's funny because some people would argue that there is no technical or, 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 um, what do you call it, tactical Tactical. aspects because you either just move around it or it doesn't block line. Well, I I think it depends on your approach. Uh, 
this being such a visual game, lots of terrain to me looks cool. Yeah. And it makes the game a little bit more complex. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I mean, I love the terrain on the board. Yeah. I love that it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, a discussion on how to, to make terrain to add more visual and tactical elements to your game would be interesting to listen to every now and again. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Uh, regards from Kiss Brain. CB Rex. Who is a great painter, by the way. Yes, his stuff uh, he, on the forums is yeah, really nice. Yeah, very good work. So, that is the penultimate contest NATO um, one. We have one more to announce. Penultimate? Is that even a word? Yeah, it means the one right before the last one. Now you're just making up words. I'm not making up words. <laughs> and you're making up definitions. <laughs> oh, you're going to bed. You're fired. This is a, a panoply. You don't pay me. A panoply. <laughs> panoply? <laughs> a panoply. I know. <laughs> I know what it is. All right. We got one more contest. Oh, okay. One more contest. Oh, the tw- contest NATO's not done. Contest NATO's not. You thought it was over. It was only the eye of the storm. Round two. <laughs> the calm before the panic. <laughs> Round two. I have no what idea. That? I, don't, I don't know. Is I'm just trying stuff. Seagull? Oh, let's just go to commercial. Cheesy combo. Hey, folks. It's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. Dot com and seriously guys you'll be glad you did and welcome back to the show you guys we are joined by international correspondents greg dan hey you tools <laughs> hey, welcome Greg. To the garage. <laughs> chris what happened what happened where are you you're not sitting next to me you were just here in the last segment oh I, I turned ethereal and went back to my house that's amazing <laughs> He went ethereal. He didn't teleport because that would be 40K. Oh. That's it. <laughs> or, or I did the, the Steed of Shadows and switched with uh, my doppelganger. Oh, there you go. Ooh, he's got a doppelganger. That's kind of neat. Yeah, that's that would be Chris Me. Oh, see, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> he likes maps as opposed to spam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, my God. Maps. I love it. <laughs> well, or we could do the Red Dwarf doppelganger, and you could be Christina, me, the Ooh. the true opposite. It end up getting pregnant. That's not good. Yep. Are you picturing me in a dress and a wig? I can, if you'd like. Me no, to. no, 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 no. Don't. It's a cool guys. Hey, hey, if I knew there was this kind of celebration in episode one hundred, <laughs> I'd dress properly. Back on topic. <laughs> All right, so folks. Um, through the magic of editing, we are out of the regular the show, and we have, as Chris said, Greg Dan on. So we're going to ask Greg uh, his eighth head stuff. Uh, Greg, why don't you uh, start us off? You got your uh, three things that you like about eighth. I know this sounds weird, like, hey, say what you like best about eighth, but you know, I, I always find it interesting because I think a lot of people think differently than I do. So, 
Sure. I was thinking about this on my drive around at work today, and all my best things about 8th come from my experiences of 7th. Uh, you guys, you started with that. You, you came in at the tail end of 7th, didn't you, you guys? Uh, you, you, Dave? Oh, I started, um, I had about almost three years of 7th. Oh, three years, okay. Three years. Yeah. yeah, I came in at 6th. All right, yeah. So my my kind of, the memory of 7th was playing Dan Heelan at a practice game before a tournament with his lizard men and me using my old warriors of chaos army. And I basically said to Dan kind of everything he was going to do during each turn, mm. each phase of each turn. And he was doing those things, not because I was any good at Warhammer, but because it was just so easy. <laughs> you could just control the game so easily. So the first thing about eighth that, I loved was redirecting charges mm, yep. because it just allowed for, and, and it kind of goes in with, um, uh, swift reforms was that the movement phase suddenly became so much more open. You could do so much more in the movement phase. So you couldn't be corralled so easily. You couldn't be kind of dragged out the game so easily. All of a sudden you had options every turn that you could try and do stuff. Put random uh, charge distance. Exactly. Sorry, somebody had to uh, nice. I'm going to leave that for a little bit in a minute. But yeah, those two, being able to not have that one unit flee and take your unit out for another turn, knowing that it was just going to turn around and be in the way again. Or, you know, the cheap redirector kind of thing and overrun and then being out of the game. So yeah, those two, that, that freedom of movement in the movement phase just me yeah just it makes so many more units useful and means and, and just stops all the oh, i look back on seventh and it was like actually a lot of the games are really dull you know seventh almost played more like a skirmish game in, in, in a sense that you had a lot of small units and you were claiming table quarters and, and well, you never, yeah absolutely but you can never take a big unit because one unit would take it out of the game Mm. And you had to keep terrain out of the center for one foot, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a two foot, uh, you know, diameter circle in yeah. the middle with no terrain. So everything you, was just sort of around the edges, and you had to run up that two middle because if you had a wood anywhere near you, that was it. You were stuffed because uh, yeah. so you couldn't move anywhere. You couldn't march, and it was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, it would take forever to get out of a forest. No, no swift reforms or anything like that. So See for the doors. Yeah. No, yeah. no kidding. I remember. I <laughs> forests were a dwarf uh, nightmare because if you were in it, you were moving. Not barely, barely. You were there for most of the game. It was quite good for the anvil because he could hide in there, but the rest of the army, yeah, it was all yeah. But yeah, so that's the yeah, kind of freedom of movement phase. I thought was brilliant. That was a good one. So what else you got? Um, the removal of, uh, well, pre-measuring, pre-measuring conjoined, uh, conjoined with, um, random, random charges because they have to come together. Those two, mm -hmm. because again, deciding a game because someone knows how far eight inches is by eyesight 
um, to someone who's a little bit unsure is not a great way to decide a game. My brother could have come and played with dwarfs, and my brother's a joiner, so he could have guessed every range, every piece of artillery, every charge, and he'd got it pretty much 90% on without having played any Warhammer. A joiner, is that like a, a carpenter? Yeah, it's a form of carpentry, yeah. So, yeah, it makes doors and windows and things like that. So he's got ang- angles and, and lengths measurements down, you know, without having to think about it. And, in fact, the amount of engineers that play dwarfs <laughs> around the UK scene particularly, it was just like, yeah, what do you do? Oh, yeah, I'm an engineer. Oh, yeah, my cannon's guessing uh, 32.5 inches. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I played a game, um, the Ard Boys, I think the Summit, Actually, it was the finals a couple of years ago, and my list at the time was a double Star Dragon list, went up against some Lizardmen. Each Star Dragon was to charge a Stegadon, and the game you know, pretty much scripted out from there as, as downhill for the Lizardmen player, but I was off on both charges by an eighth of an inch here, quarter of an inch there, and that then lost me the game. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that uh, pre-measuring makes the game much more enjoyable. See, and yeah, I think that's the worst part about it is I don't even care if you're a better range guesser than me. What gets irritating when it gets down and it looks like because you each got a lip on your movement tray and you're trying to measure exactly and the movement trays don't count. And so they're trying to reach and you're sitting there and you're both looking and you're convinced he's like a 16th of an inch short. Right. And you're looking at it going, this is clearly where these are and everyone's start touching, you know, and without, I mean, I just remember, you know, games going in my favor and against me over those small things when I would play with Christopher, and we neither of us felt good about it when it was over. Like, no, which you, you had diced off or someone just conceded the point, but no matter how that worked out, everybody was kind of convinced they were right. Here, you're just measuring in a green beforehand, and it really does. Right. Well, it yeah. puts emphasis on your decision making and not on. The math. You're able to eyeball a board because, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's it's a skill that's got nothing to do with Warhammer, guessing ranges at the end of the day. Some people might disagree with that. But if you're good at guessing, if you're good at working out a range, you're good at working out a range. It's not a Warhammer skill. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're following the narrative, which is what they're pushing, yeah, the random charge distance, the looking at it, the pre-measuring, the sort of, it. I think it falls into that idea of, you're not looking at a map and saying these guys can all move double or these guys could move this. It's no, know, I need, every it's dice true. roll is basically a morale roll, isn't it? To see if they're going to run far enough and fast right, enough, yeah. or if they're going to they're going yeah, to slide their feet to you. Whether they decide they don't want to charge, all those things involved. Um, at the end of the day, this one rewards you for having backup plans in place, things like that. So now, now you've got these random charges. You're like, well, I'm going to go for that one. Because I know if I fail it, I've got option B and C to work out. So I know that I don't get stuffed by that maneuver. So yeah, that's more that's more of a wargaming skill than I know. That's definitely seven point five inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Planning for that redundancy—that's a good point. But at the end of the day, it is only fifty-fifty, right, Greg? It's all fifty-fifty, it's brother. All... <laughs> it's all fifty-fifty. Why, Greg? Why? It's either in or it's out. <laughs> I like that. it. <laughs> uh, it's that's fantastic. That is fan- and you know what? That just makes it easier for me to bet heavy to win heavy. Yeah, it's fifty fifty odds. I mean, half the time 
You're doesn't even feel like you're betting heavy, does it? Yeah. There are slight changes to that. It does change depending on how desperately you need it to get in. <laughs> that's that's a slightly advanced uh, lesson on the on the <laughs> on the school of working out odds. <laughs> okay, so um, let's. How, what's your last one? Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Oh goodness! I had lots of little bits all kind of conjoined together, and ah, um, to do with the game itself, we're talking. What, it was. I just left it open. I said, "What are your three favorite things about Eighth Edition?" The new armies, the new army books. Yeah, all the new army books. Um, you can look at. Okay, we took a while. Blah blah blah. However, they came out. But you look at the state of Warhammer as it is now, and even the weaker army books, of which there are a couple that maybe stand out. They all kind of compete well against each other as a whole. You know, yeah, you, viable. Okay, yeah, let's call a spade a spade. If you're taking Tomb Kings, you know what you you, no, you you're in you're in for an uphill stretch. But if you get a little bit of luck with your matchups, then yep. it soon shifts the other way. I mean, but you even look if back, you're in a club, I mean, if that's what you're bringing and that's what you're playing, and you, I mean, you know, nobody comes into this game having never heard that the Tomb Kings are on the on the very low end of it. You know, and if you're picking that, you're picking that because you want to play it. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, those people, I don't even, you know, they, they know what they're getting into. But yeah, it's um, it's one of those things like when the orcs and goblins, kind of the first two or th- well, the next two or three books, it was like, oh, orcs are struggling, orcs are struggling. But then you look further down the line, and someone makes a ringer army, and it smashes face with orcs and goblins. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to take fluff but you know it's um it's, it's, always, it, it, it's funny it's either players from or members of nw2 who wind up 20 nil in the tables either they write the list or they actually play in the game and they're 20 nil in the uh the person on the bottom table having to play the ringer I don't. I don't know how our club wins best sports with with, uh, with stats like that. Well, we we go big or go home, and we make friends doing it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think if you if you look at it now, say orcs and goblins for a few weeks after they came out, people were well, oh, you can't win with this army, you can't win with this army. And you look at it out. You look at Adepticon. There were orc armies at the top, smashing face. You know, you you looked at orcs, lizard men. Um, my demons were up there towards the end. Dark elves, high elves. There's, there's so many different armies can do well. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the options of having that. You look at the end of seventh at the Games Workshop Grand Tournaments when every single army at the top was either vampire counts to a lesser extent, and then demons mainly, and a little bit of dark elves. And if you wanted to go and win the Grand Tournament, you took one of those three armies, and that was it. Go in with zero comp and just smash enough face to know that you get you'd make the points up on the back end. Didn't have comp. At, uh, <laughs> oh, that's geez, right. Geez, you just took the mask and your bloodthirster and you went for it. And in fact, for I think for one of the finals, like the top four tables had almost exactly the same kind of demon armies: three units of flesh hounds, bloodthirster. You know, skull taker. Away you go. Crazy. There's, that's that's just not fun. <laughs> but if you look again, you look at. Adepticon, I go and look at um, South Coast GT, um, a number of other tournaments I've been to, and and there's 
there's different stuff. The demon players have got, yeah, there are certain army types that reappear, but then there's people that are taking slightly different stuff and doing well. The, the high elf lists, there's, there's, you know, every time I see a person with a high elf list, it's sort of slightly different from the others. Dark elves can be the same, so. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing is, if you get a really good player, a player who knows his Warhammer, he, they really can do well with pretty much any list. Yes, that as the, um, I mean, with, or with any army, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. not like there's there's nothing that's so far out of the realm that if you want to challenge yourself, you there, there's nothing in here you can't take. There's a certain aspect, like the very best players can change their play style. Um, some people are struggle to do that more. Um, I know my friend Dan has been playing Skaven and actually realised he was playing it the wrong way to the way he wants to play it. And as soon as he switched it up a bit, he's done a lot better. Um, my demon army that I've been using, my all corn one, even at the latest tournament I was at, people were saying, how, how does it work? How does it work? And it's like, well, I've made it play to the way that I want to play it. Um, and someone else would do an all corn demon army and it wouldn't look the same. Um, you know, you, you've got to play to your strengths or be a, you know, be able to adapt to the strengths of the army one of the two but you've got to identify what what you can and can't do with your army there's no good again there's no good me taking a i don't know a a different army to the way i play an all-out aggressive army actually i tend not to do that well with because i'm like oh that's a bit risky i don't want to try that so So is your all corn no magic aggressive army is that out of your comfort zone it's it's an all corn army of course there's no magic don't you start (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the amount what, of, what, I, what I mean it's, is it out of your comfort zone because that's like about as aggressive as you can get um ha. it's not as aggressive you, you can get see this is this is the thing it catches people out a little bit it's about picking that army is about picking the right moment to go in into the right stuff mm. um like the all-out aggressive like chaos armies i i would i probably would get my charges a little bit wrong and pick my wrong targets, little things like that. But that that um, corn army is about, I say, applying all the pressure at the right points. Um, so there's a little bit of finesse there. There's a lot, and it's very rewarding, actually, because you know you've got to play well. I played Greg Dupuis at um, Adepticon with his two mm-hmm. Nurgle blocks and Papa and everything in the middle, and, and I backed off, and he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got to, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I have to dictate when I do my fights because otherwise I lose this game because at the end of the day, blood letters aren't that great and you know, a bloodthirster can only do so much, things like that. But yeah, and without magic particularly. So in, some- in your particular case, are you waiting for uh, the skill cannons to do their thing and a couple of uh, reigns of chaos rolls here and there? Uh, no. Or are you waiting for movement to unfold and then... Chaos is awful. Never on Reign of Chaos. It is only guaranteed to ruin you at the wrong moment. Uh. Reign of Chaos is ever guaranteed to do. Uh, it's, yeah, at the end of the day, I've got a Bloodthirster, two Skull Cannons, and maybe one big block of Bloodletters are my main focal points of my army. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that those are going into the right targets. It's, it's very much about getting the right thing into the right target. Right. Uh, Sometimes it's everything into one target all at once. I got five units into a Brett Lance last 
tournament Jeez. I was at. But it took me five turns to do it, four four turns to do it. Yeah, holding stuff off, making sure I went in at that point, knowing what I could control. Um, and we have without having any magic, it can be a little bit more difficult. But mm-hmm. it's but when you when you get the wins, boy, are they worth it. You don't get many 20 nil wins with that army. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I played a high off player with 15 um, silver helms, five characters, Banner of the World Dragon. Mm-hmm. Beat him about an 11, 9, 12, 8. Oh, wow. Seven. Um, yeah, and when you do that, that's a 20 nil with that army. That's, you know. Sure. Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes and I, I didn't make any or got away with the ones I made because I was able to recover things. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, I started doing this a year ago, taking different armies. I took a an All Warriors of Chaos Fast Cav army to South Coast GT. Mm. And barring a double one break test, I would have finished 32nd out of 180-odd. Oh, not bad. Uh, so, but even my, whatever it is, position I finished, 70-odd position is like, wow, that that was hard work. That felt like, rewarded for doing it <laughs> alright well while we've still got Chris in his ethereal plane over version over there let's uh, let's talk about what the couple of things you might like to see in ninth before we have to let Chris get back to what he's doing no worries what ninth next year oh I was that's I'm hoping is next year <laughs> people uh, keep saying this year and it's like oh it's not looking like it I'm not here is it, is it the rumor mill sometime I hear like in the fall of this year uh, who knows I don't really care um, I, I did hear something about it's a birthday for it's is it the 30th birthday of Warhammer next year but I could be wrong but um, either way just kind of accept it move on it will come out when it comes out yeah. yeah yeah it will be here at some point and we've dealt with it before we'll deal with it again <laughs> 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 so what do you want to see? Um, not too many changes. Uh, I I really love 8th. I think it's the best Warhammer I've ever played, period. Everyone's, I say everyone's got a chance, and even games that are going against you, how many games have you won or lost where you've thought the result's in the bag, and then it's switched <laughs> right right near the yeah. end, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh, God, it's that game. Um I love that. Um, I think the building rules need need tightening up. Well, not tightening up. They need redefining. It's the thing that people moan about a lot over here. I don't know how quite how it is over in America. But um, do I don't about? think there's a lot of moaning about them per se. But I, I do think you're right. The, the rules are a little loose. It's more. I think in, in over here, it's just seen as more negative. We we get a lot of restriction of how many models are allowed in a building to stop your banner of the world dragon going in there with techless in the middle of it. Um, particularly with you know, however, you want to do it with forty odd guys always striking first with great weapons that kind of thing is is it's just seen as a as a bit dull. Um, but then that's probably partly a nature to the way that we play our tournaments without the scenarios. Mm. Um, but you know. Yeah, I guess that, well, that would be. Yeah, I, could, I could see being annoyed. I got forty of these guys in this hut with techless and all that. Yeah, or five majors in there, just like using it as a footprint to cast death magic out of that kind of thing. Right. So you gamey Brits are nasty. <laughs> Listen I'm to not, that stuff. 
I use an Orcorn Demon Army. <laughs> With your magic? With no magic. <laughs> I still haven't haven't generated a free mage yet in like over a year of playing it. It's never happened. It's really it happened. You're, you're due. No, it won't. <laughs> Will never happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the first one. Um, so what else you got? Spells. Mm. Just, uh, um, I haven't got as major issue with the with the big spells as a lot of people have, but a revision of of the more powerful spells to just take the edge off them a little bit in terms of ending a game early, that kind of thing. But then again, there's stuff you can do, but it's like dreaded thirteenth for some armies. You know, it's it can just kill a game within a couple of turns. There's just sometimes you can't do anything about those big spells. Yeah. But I still believe that they should have big spells in the game. I'm a big proponent of that. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I don't quite know what the solution is, but I think we've all had a game where uh, Purple Sun or Dwellers ends it in you know round one. Yeah, you know, you fail. You you do everything you can to try and protect, you know, your your mage. And it's always the answer is always that the tomb kings and the vampire counts always come off worst. Right. You, know, you can't do anything if someone can move twenty inches and dwell as you, and you roll a six. There's not a lot you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's never a good experience for either player either. So, but but again, dwellers is a good spell for deterring people putting five characters in a. Well, they can do it if they want, but you run the risk. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So that's that's my second one. And so, have, have you have you remembered your last one yet? No, I'm thinking now. Oh yes, no, I've got it. Allies. Mm. Uh, I've played a little bit of 40k recently, not a lot. Um, but I am looking at expanding my 40k in, into my Horus Heresy stuff. And the fact their ally system allows me to take the army I've got, which is my Space Wolves. And I, I don't play 40k a lot, so I don't want to collect a lot of armies for it. That's what Warhammer's for. So I want my Space Wolves, but I want a little Imperial Guard contingent to, uh, to go with them because that's how they work in the stories. And it looks awesome. And then alongside that, I could have them fighting with some grey knights. And then, so you could go back to the old days where you used to have units you could take. So you could have your empire troops with their, the dwarf kings sent a small force to help them. Oh, cool. And so you could have that, you know, or yeah, your empire guys have hired some ogres or the high elves are marching on something and, you know, uh, marching on some dark elves and, and, you know, Tomb Kings turn up and all Lizardmen turns up saying mm-hmm. we need to be here. Slan said we need to be here to help you out. But it allows you to create stories. Yeah, that's and one of my picks. To have a formulated system to allow you to do that would be really good. At the end of the day, independent tournament scenes are going to rule how they want to on it. So it won't affect them. So over here, if I'm pretty sure if allies came in over in the UK, a lot of tournaments would say straight away, no allies. That's really, without, without even having seen the rules, do you think uh, that was? <laughs> Have you seen the internet? <laughs> of course, <laughs> they'll, they'll read the fact that it's allies and they'll just dismiss it on, you know, 
straight away. I, I hope that's not the case because the, the potential for fun possibilities and yeah, the freshness is just too great. It it took a long time for kind of you know it's four years now, and some people are talking about Uncommon Eighth Edition as something that's amazing. And it's, <laughs> well, it's been around for a while. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah, um, the second you open the book, there it is. Yeah, exactly. But they were so ingrained in seventh in comp, and they were so worried about things. And we still have that comp, and I don't think comp will ever leave the UK completely. And I don't mind. Variety's great. That's fine. Um, I think a lot of people are already fearful of. They've seen what's happened with forty k, and oh my god, you can you could take all this and you could just break it and you could break it. Um, but for me, it's not about breaking it. It's about creating a story that you can have. And, uh, I mean, it, it works for GW because like, you go and buy a thousand points of demons to put with your Warriors of Chaos. You know, that's completely how they should work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks great. And then, well, you've got a thousand points of demons. You might as well go and get another thousand points of demons, and you? You know, so it works for GW. It, it kind of works for people. You can paint what you want. You can, it just allows so much modeling and, and everything. That it would be awesome to have. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good one. I'm looking forward to the possibilities there myself, and you know, just a sampling of that new army that you've been eyeing, and it, yeah. like you say, it looked great on the table and make for a good story. I mean, how many times do you look at a, an army that comes out and you're like, that one unit looks amazing? Yeah, I want to paint some of that. Well, I don't play Wood Elves, so why am I ever going to buy them? Well, last kids. Yeah, for forty k flash kit, something like that. You I could saw them in the book, and it's like I really like <laughs> these models. I really like them. I don't have any of them. That's it. If you if you wanted to now though, you like the Wildwood Rangers from the Wood Elves, which I love, and you've got a Bretonian army. Wow, how easy is it to have a Bretonian army with a small contingent of Wood Elves, or you know, vice versa? You can. It's it would be so it would be brilliant to do. So. I don't know. Yeah, it seems, it seems well, like a no-brainer to me. One, one even you know, if they were playing high elves, could even pick up a, a Durf contingent. That'd be stupid. Yeah, I guess that'd be silly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many. That was in English. I don't know what that was. <laughs> there's so many options, um, and 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 you can come up with your own stories. I mean, there's no reason why, you know. <sighs> You, you can take it. and I mean, you can do anything in your own gaming group anyway, but you, but when there's a formulated system there to do it, it allows you a bit more kind of, you know, allows you to run with it a little bit more. People are more accepting of it. I just, I just hope GW stays faithful to, you know, what possibilities are you, are you likely to see? Ah, but there, therein lies part of the storytelling. Because, I mean, the way 40K works at the moment is you have different levels of allies. Mm-hmm. Battle Brothers down to come the apocalypse, which is you know these armies sh- should never fight together. But there's no reason why you know, Dark Elves couldn't enslave some race to the point where they fight for them. You know. Oh, I see. You know, you're kind of almost Stockholm syndrome them into fighting for them, or drug them up, or or threaten their you know have their whole families behind threatening to kill them if they don't go and fight. And, right. Or, or chaos has warped the minds of these Bretonians uh, so that they're now fighting yeah. on behalf of chaos. You know, I was contemplating doing a Lizardman army for quite a while, but I was going to do a fallen Lizardman army. So 
my the the slant had actually fallen to zinch. Um, and mm. I was going to start from that, and my whole lizard man army was going to be a ruined lizard man army. Um, if you if you write the story well enough, it can work. I can see it. Yeah, so there's there's options galore. That there is. Oh boy! All right, listen, um, Greg, we have to let Chris get back to his ethereal plane, and um, yeah, I can I can't hold my form. I'm, I'm starting to lose my power. <laughs> but listen, thank you so much. It's been far too long since we've had you on because organizing the times outside of after Eleanor, it just. You can't stay up till two in the morning that many days in a week. So, yeah. but you know, um, definitely have you back on soon. Thanks for coming on for episode one hundred, though. No worries. Cheers, Thanks, Greg. All right, we'll talk to you soon. And folks, uh, we will be right back as soon as Chris dematerializes and gets back down here to the crypt. Death Hag went down five points. She's yep. only eighty-five. Other than that. Uh, you know, she can take the different, uh, you know, the Cry of War, the Witch Brew, the Rune of Cain. She can take a single magic weapon, o- weapon only. Yep. So so basically, you know, they gave them a choice. You know, they want to keep the chicks naked, but uh, they gave her a, a shiny weapon to carry around in case she wants one. Um, you know, the... She want to keep the chicks naked. Well, you know. Well, who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Especially ones that bathe in blood regularly for the complexion. Um, yeah, she's she's definitely going to see a ton of use because the cauldron is strictly a mount. So, you know, the death hag is going to be a, you know. Right. Hey, everybody. This is Bretonian Girl. And when I'm not out chasing unicorns in the forest, I'm listening to Garage Hammer. Oh, you gobbos, put down them toolboxes and give me the news. We're back again, and the winds are still picking up. The contest NATO is back! It just tore the roof off! Oh my gosh, place. the roof is on fire! We don't need no water. Let it burn. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Alright, dude, we got a ton of great entries for the... Uh, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Store credit contest. Um, we asked, what did you learn from the show? And at first, I remember, I didn't want to do this contest. I felt this one, I, I didn't mind the what's your favorite part of the episode or uh-huh. give us some feedback. But tell us, what did what did we teach you? What it did just, we teach you? It sounded cocky to me. Like, well, the, the not so much what did, we, what did you get out of listening to it. Right. But it was just like, what have you learned from listening to our show? It just, I, I guess the assumption that people were learning stuff from us. <laughs> That's a pretty big leap. <laughs> like, quite exactly. That's how it felt. Even Harrison's like, really? People learn stuff from you? He's like, I didn't think your students learned stuff from you. Oh, ooh. Ouch. Harrison, I know, he's kind of harsh. He's still here, by the way. He's here for the contest bits. So, um, no, Yeah, jump in. Or, okay, he's not jumping in. He's kind of shy. That's why he disappeared for so so, so such a while. That's what you hear in the uh, in that retrospective of Harrison is uh, he did the uh, the Chicago Civil War, yeah, and didn't show up for like sixteen months on the show. Then he showed up. And he's like, "Hi, Dad. <laughs> Can I have the dice, please?" <laughs> I was like, "Who is this guy?" That who was Mountain Man, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he didn't feel like he had stuff to add because what was happening? Harrison was playing War Machine with his friends. 
Oh, that other game. You know, what's funny, though, is he got all the stuff. He liked the game. Yeah. You know, Steve Lackman showed him. Uh, yeah. Luke showed well, him. Well, yeah, all my friends, they don't have money, really, and War Machine is cheap. And we had a bunch. No, you only need like the one box. Well, and we right. had three Pretty or four. Much. We had three or four factions. Plus, then we kept getting stuff every year from Adepticon. Just kept adding sure, to it. Right. So when his friends first, he brought his friends out. He had enough that him and three friends were all able to play with just models we owned. Right. Then they got into it. They bought that. What's cool is the kids who've really stuck with it now. Yeah. They're sort of like mm, that other game you play looks a lot more interesting. Ah, so yeah. his mm. friend Francis is looking to start a dark elf army. There you go. My friend Ian picked up a Demon Battalion. Yeah, he had Empire and wasn't really enjoying it and hadn't played in about a year and a half and then well, picked and up a, a Demon. An understatement. Yeah, so it's cool. Nice. But we did get a lot of cool answers. Um, yeah, what did our listeners learn? What did they learn? Um, you know what came through? Um, we got a lot of... Uh, they learned to just try stuff. Yeah. just try, you know, A lot of people say, oh, just try it. You know, who cares about what the internet says? Who cares if you're if you're playing? If you like that model and you want to build and paint it, put it on the table, which I think is cool. It's sort of our, our credo. Yeah. Um, some people. Who cares it, if Coven Thrones aren't very good? Shut up! I'm going to make that thing work. Well, that's me. yeah. That's the mentality. That's the challenge. Yep. Uh, tourneys can be good. We'll be people, you know, listing and going to tourneys. Yeah, I think we encouraged one or two people to actually go to a tournament for the first time. That was a couple of yeah. emails for that. In fact, look at bits. I mean. How many people came up to you and I when we were sitting there before we were recording that night and said, we signed up for bits because we've never been to a tournament. We heard about it on Garage Hammer, and you guys you guys aren't that kind of tournament gamer. Right. So we knew if you really love this tournament, this is a place to come. Kind of brings everyone's guard down a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, and bits is a really good uh, first tournament. It's, it's I've never the, been the to bits, and I'm hoping I can go next year, but it just, everything about it just sounds really friendly, kind of like Invasion Kenosha. You'll probably yeah, be good. You'll, you can probably go. I'm thinking you're going to go next Ooh, year. Ooh, nice. I'm thinking so, too. Two so. White Tux in the field? Man, you guys are going to dominate. In the his house? Yeah, except <laughs> except I share a room with Cranky, so if I got the if I got the couch and Cranky's got the bed, you're going to have to share the bed with Cranky or something. Because I ain't sharing a couch. That'll all work out. Somehow. That'll figure it out. Uh, try things for fun again. Um, uh, going through this. Well, Go ahead. Jay Cotton had a good email. He through the use of our th- our talking about uh, unit blockers and redirectors. He was able to leverage something like a, a goblin wolf on a hero to block up someone's his opponent's Death Star, and you know his local friends. Uh, I guess they laughed at him. Like, a single wolf? You know, a goblin on a wolf? What are you going to do with that? But <laughs> he was able to leverage that. So he had what it, he had one of those eureka moments. Yeah, having two eagles right at the corner so they can't quite come forward enough, and then I can charge them with my dragon princess? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, there you go. The fast cav rope-a-dope technique. Yeah, no kidding. Um, what else did we have that was one that I really enjoyed? I'm looking for it right now. Um... Oh, someone said they picked up uh, Triumph and Treachery because of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, wait, where is it? Go ahead if you got another one. Well, uh, Paul Meredith emailed in that he got a lot out of the, the rust technique that you talked about. And I have to second that because I picked up that te- technique from you as well and applied it to, you know, Goblin Wolf Chariots and War Machines. And it's a great technique. So That's something I got partially you're, from You're teaching painting. all of us a lot of hobby stuff. A lot of people, uh, we actually got several emails that said that, and a couple about the ethereal painting that mm-hmm. I that I gave uh, uh, people. 
uh, technique. And that was kind of cool. It's like, oh, I, I learned this in stage painting. I'm trying it here. It worked. And then I just think that's really cool when people are like, hey, I learned that from you and it worked really well because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Um, Mark Mayhew gave a great answer. The 20-second rule for painting. I wrote that one down, too, yeah. That was uh, from Donovan, I think, uh, when we had him on yes. the first time. He talked about that. They said when they're sitting in a group, it's like, okay, you're just painting shoes. Yeah. So you pick it up, get the shoes, get the first coat on the shoe, and move it along. Uh, that's crazy. Paul Meredith, that was the one from England. That's the one I was looking for. Um, we hit the right level of humor. He misses some of the references. He says he thinks some of it is US, U.S. humor. Maybe some of the TV okay. references and stuff because he's from the UK. But as he put it, he loves the general, general comfortable level of geekiness that permeates the show while still maintaining a professional podcast in terms of content. Chris usually manages to get David to stay on target. Oh, I'm sorry. This this, this one's disqualified. Usually. 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 Not often. You can I refuse. You can tell it's from the UK because he's like had that really well thought out sentence and stuff. <laughs> Where it's like, I like, you know, I like Rust. It's cool. Well, like so Jamie Hill liked the Rust, and Jamie Hill's group, uh, he entered, got into a bunch of campaigns mm-hmm. from the show. The campaigns are cool. Uh, one that came in from Robert Anderson I wanted to mention, because this almost made, it wasn't, nobody sent it in for the favorite episode contest, mm-hmm. which... That's going to be right at the end of the show as we kind of do a little flashback, sure. at, uh, you know, a little retrospect. But this one, this clip was going to make it. It was one that I actually picked from episode nine. Christopher did this. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is this is still in our early episodes, and we didn't know how to be concise, and I didn't know how to edit. And we didn't have separate mics, so we were all on one mic. So uh-huh. basically, if someone went off, you had to let it in there. It was like 22 minutes for Chris to explain this, you know, to, for us to go through it. I just We never fit it on the show again. Um, but this is one of the things that I honestly felt like he was the first person I'd ever heard mention something like this, and then we heard it popping up about a month later. You started hearing other people talking about it on podcasts. Like, what's, oh, what's that? This is when, like I said, eighth had first been out in only a couple yeah. months, and everyone said that you took a level four major, you didn't bother because of the wizard level, mm-hmm. you know, adding to the casting cost. And Chris said um, he was taking an, for his dark elves. With all the, you know, warriors, or, you know, with the high armor high save, armor saves, all this stuff that was trouble for him. Well, you just, he, you only play dwarves, too. Yeah, and I had dwarves. Mm-hmm. He would take a level one metal mage, mm. uh, take the default spell, and this was back when you could take the, uh, what was that uh, scroll, the... Oh, the um, the power scroll. The power scroll. Yeah. He would basically pick the two, you know, the higher level of that metal, yeah. the 2d6 automatic hits. Just six diet. And six dice it, or if you know you can seven dice, you could actually seven dice it with uh, with high with dark elves. Dark elves at the time. Sure. Yeah, back in the day with the sack dagger. He basically said, "I run him forward, and uh, he'll take out." And it's flaming, so he would take out hydras. Remember when sure when yep. hydras were? Yep. You could. He said he could take out uh, on a good if you had a really good roll on a two d six, you could either take out or cripple a steam tank. Sure, because it's wounding on the on the two on plus the, on the armor save. Value. You know, on the yeah. armor save value. So he's like, I don't care if this thing blows up. If I lose a 100-point mage to take out a Hydra or a 100-point level 1 yeah, guy. You're still coming out ahead. Yeah. So that was like he, he, it was the level 1 metal mage grenade. Just running yeah. out and using using the miscast to, 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 to purposely 
stop your opponent from being able to stop it and take out some something that's big and scary. It's like I'm going to hurt myself, but I'm going to hurt you more in the process. Exactly. And we actually dark elf mentality. We heard there you it, go. we heard it popping up later, and we we had, I mean we actually we Christopher's like I never heard anyone talking about this before. It was the first time that we realized people were listening to the show, and maybe Christopher. Because people weren't listening to my suggestions. <laughs> people don't listen to you now. People don't listen to my suggestions now. Take a Coven Throne. Ben Curry still makes fun of me for that on the show. <laughs> uh, Rightfully so. And my personal favorite, two personal favorites, uh, Jonathan Bronk. Um, he likes it. He likes to listen. He doesn't get a lot of games in. It, it's his improved his hobby listening. Yep. Likes to listen while he's working. And he's working on a, on a, a Soros heavy no slan list. Like I was pushing for when we were doing the uh, nice, Lizard nice. Men coverage, but Wade Durant gets my. Uh, even though we're going with a random winner here, Wade Durant gets my hopeful vote because his uh, what he learned was you got to bet heavy to win heavy. That's the mantra. That is the mantra. He actually says as long as he he goes. If I got about a twenty percent chance or better of having it work, and it'd make a spectacular thing if it did. I'm going for it, and I'm saying that's, that makes sense. Bernardia, it, it's really not a twenty percent chance because, according to Greg, Dan, it's fifty-fifty. It's fifty-fifty. It either works or it doesn't. Small chance of success, fifty. Likelihood of death. What are we waiting for? <laughs> 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 it's toy soldiers. You just put it back on the table later. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> so, who's the winner for? Uh, what have you learned from Garage Hammer? Well, let's roll that random dice and see who wins this one out of our... And our winner is Scott Snyder. Let's find Scott's and give him a quick read since he won it. So Scott writes in, The biggest thing I've learned from Garage Hammer is to play what you want to play, not just what the internet says you need to play. I mean, really, who uses a coven throne at a tournament? Well, I guess there is some aspect of which aspect of Dave, which doesn't stand for this. I mean, come on, why not play a thousand zombies? <clears throat> but I'll let that slide. Because it sucks to paint. A thousand zombies sounds absolutely incredible. It it does sound epic. It does sound epic. You'd be steadfast forever. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss this in a later episode. Okay. One spirit host, one spirit host, thousand zombies, God, vampire, down. Me down there you go. Me I liked it. Down. Gotcha. See, see, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's fluffy. It's a power build, point denial, which I know you like to play. <laughs> All right, we'll be back, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Battle foam. We make awesome bags and awesome foam to transport and protect your army. We have a new segment, and we it's entitled The Sigmar Youth, not to be confused with the Hitler Youth. Um, oh, good Lord. <laughs> Well, you know they've got a very Germanic uh, background with the with the empire, and I just when I called it Sigmar Youth, somebody pointed out to me that we don't want to call it the Hitler Youth. No, um, no, you no. really don't want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> but so um, Harrison will have a segment hopefully later in this show. We're going to record it and put it in there. Okay, welcome back everybody, and we are starting up our new segment, Sigmar Youth. The Sigmar Youth, uh, well, actually has a, a rank and force of one. But it's one very powerful little boy. Unit strength one. So I introduce to you my son, Harrison Whitech. Take it away, Harrison. Uh, I'm Harrison Whitech. Closer and, and louder, buddy. 
Uh, hi, I'm Harrison Wytek. I would like to um, start out this show on how I got into gaming. So how did you get involved in gaming, Harrison? Well, I saw my dad playing, and, I'm like, and I saw all the different armies and pieces, and I'm like, okay, this looks so cool. I have to play this. So then when you saw us gaming, you wanted to be part of it, so you started looking through different army books, and you made your decision? Of High Elves. High Elves. Okay, so what made you decide on High Elves as opposed to other different armies? Why did you choose them? Because in the all sorts of games that I like doing, I like using magic, and well, they hit first, so it's easier. So it's an easier beginner army, totally. So who's your fa uh, second choice? Skaven. Skaven. Do you, do you see yourself playing with him soon? Uh, yeah. What would be your favorite thing about playing the Skaven? That you can cheat in the combat as long as you're slave wrecked. You can cheat in combat? Is that what you said? I can shoot into oh, combat. Oh, shoot into combat. Yeah, well, Skaven slaves. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're very I remember. <laughs> what about the Hydras? Were you able to not deal with them? Yeah, I know for a fact you dealt with one. I I have my flaming cannon. Mm -hmm. I shot it. Mm -hmm. I shot the Hydra. I hit it. Mm -hmm. I did five wounds. It didn't have its regen. It was strength 10, so it didn't have scaly skin. Dead. Sounds like killing it. Um, I Right on top of the mic, brother. Well, I charged my sword masters and, um, um, into the magma cannon, and then I obliterated that in the rocket battery thingy. Yeah, the, the, you know, I was very lucky in taking that anvil out through combat, but, uh, ended up winning that one, salvaging my, my record for the day at one win and two losses. Oh, nice. so you only sort of weighed us down. Only sort of, oh, yeah. Harrison, Maybe you hopefully, you'll, you know, you'll be good enough to have me on your team next year. I don't know. I know. What a jackal. <laughs> Harrison, there's something, there's something known as a sore winner, and that's what, I mean, you weren't acting like it that day, but you're acting like it now. Um, so we've got that until next year. That's actually in Harrison's room. The team gave it to Harrison since, well, he won the damn thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the MVP. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Definitely. Got even to play though, people I never get to even play. Even though after that, I just wanted to go to Ruby Tuesday and have a Coke because my head was killing oh, he's me. he's like, I got a headache. Can okay. I just have something with caffeine? And he, yeah. three, three games is, is rough on anyone. So That's a long day. Time for some triumph and treachery. We're here with Alex Gonzalez. What's up? Chris, you, of course. Hello. And the Phoenix Prince himself, Harrison. Hello. I got my silver helms coming in towards the quarrelers, and I've got the uh, reavers going in towards the center, and I've got my spearmen and my white lions coming in towards the imminent chaos threat. Elves. I'm going to throw three dice at uh, the thunderbolt. You're an thunderbolt on the dogs. On the dog? Really? You got these gort... Have you... Oh, where are you? Check your range. Check the range. The dogs you can wipe out in combat without yeah. blinking an eye. Don't help the boy. Okay, the boy. Check your range. Yeah, that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, that's what you... Yeah. That, that thing is death that's on wheels, want. literally. So maybe... Best cherry in the game. What's going to go after that? The you, that one? Cherry, right. you, you could... Okay. Don't help okay, the we, boy. Okay, we've given him enough help. All right, all right. They both can see him. I'm scared of that cannon. You better be. It's a big cannon in my face. I should be scared of it. Mostly he just killed two guys. Oh, go. and there they go. Kaplop. How many points is that unit? How many points is that unit? Oh, it's a 40-point unit? Oh, you got to be kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. No coins. If you had any other combat, you could total it all up at the end of the phase. But guess really? what? Oh, I'm that's being it. denied my one brass coin. Is that what's going on right Harrison, now? Harrison, you ain't got no room to talk. Bro. That is absolutely <laughs> what's going on. Next turn goes to Harrison. 
Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. All right, folks. Um, wow. What an episode, huh? Absolutely. And here I am, too. This episode was fantastic. You should listen to it more than once. Um, but no, we're here we are. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C- to all our company. K-E-Y. M-O-U-S-E. Sorry, it was the end of the Mickey Mouse Club song. Okay, so I, I, I guess that's past your time. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? what? Nothing. How do we, we get here? I don't know. Do I don't here? like this ride. I want to get off. <laughs> You may ask yourself, that is not my beautiful house. Again, how did we get here? <laughs> All right, so we have one so last. The, the, the contest NATO is reaching its crescendo. There's a cow. You mean climax, crescendo means And a jaguar. Going. There we go. Um, what? You mean climax, crescendo what? means going up. Climax means top. No, it's 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 going up. It's, it's we're about to get to. The, 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 just shut it. <laughs> it's not my fault. You don't know your music terminology. See, this is why you're not on the show that often. You know, somebody did ask in their favorite moments to compile all the times I've told Harrison to shut up on the show. And yeah, I thought you about should that, do that. And I'm like, dude, that makes me sound like a bad parent, <laughs> or a good one. So, um, depending. People did send in uh, a bunch of their favorite moments. Some of which we'll play sprinkled out throughout the episode. Some of which have been yeah, sprinkled out throughout the episode. Um, so I, I wanted to take this as the last segment. I wanted to take a little time, not just to talk about the favorite segments, but I picked out a few things just sort of, you know, we said we'd have a bit of a little retrospect on the last sure. hundred episodes. I want to keep it short, um, but I do have some cool stuff. Um, <laughs> Candy bar wrapped in candy. Yeah, I know you love that title of Candy Bar Wrapped in Cannons. It's because I came up with it. Now, you know, we as we were going through this and I was cl- taking clips from the show and looking mm. for stuff for people, I actually went back f- and for the first time in a long time listened to some of the early episodes. Oh, and, they're bad. Yeah, thank you guys. Oh, Here's, they're bad. Now, in our defense, there was only about four or five other shows out. I mean, Point right. Hammered had been doing a while and they had a good walk. Christopher and I, as I listened, I was like, holy crap. But like we had no idea what we were doing. Like I didn't know how to edit shows. We just re- we were recording with one of the like little handheld sure. things, and we were doing our stuff. So like we had no music, no clips. Like Skull Bros, their first episode was like totally polished, totally had all this nice. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know anything about that. It wasn't until about episode nine or ten that mm. that happened. The fact that people stuck with us. Seriously, I listened back. I'm like, dude. I could have fixed all of these problems with just some editing. <laughs> but um, Well, it's a, it's a learning work in progress, right? Yeah. So how are you going to know? Uh, however, I did keep a few clips, and I wanted to play. Um, we did play, at the beginning, I think, we played the clip of the very first 
Oh, yeah, the first intro ever. Which was awful. Warm up your gyrocopters or oh, dear like God. park the steam tank out on the yeah, driveway. Yeah, 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 let's make fun some more. Shut up already. <laughs> yes, let's keep doing this. This um, is fun. Uh, this was right before we introduced the Phoenix Prince segment. We were going to go on a break, and we had no music, mm-hmm. like nothing set up. We didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know much right. about transferring. So we just like made up our own little breaks in the commercials. And so uh, this was from episode two when we were about to announce the Ooh, Phoenix Prince segment. <sighs> okay. um, well, Dave, why don't we take ourselves a little break? We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll get into Warhammer a little bit. I think that's a great idea. So oh. we'll uh, we'll be back in a few moments. It'll be seconds for you, but uh, depending on how long Chris is in the bathroom, might be a few minutes for us. I don't even have to go. I'm just going to hang out in there. So now we're on a break. This is the song while we're taking a break. Because there's not really any break. We just paused, paused the tape. We might be going to the bathroom. We might be having a snack. But now the break is over, so we're going to come right back. Hey, hey, I made that up off the top of my head. And you guys chimed in with the harmonies there. Thank you. Because they're extremely talented. We are extremely talented. So hope you guys like my little going on a break song because we don't have any music to put in for it. And if we just say we're going on a break and then the show goes right into the next segment. We were so good at that. I think we should quit our day jobs. No. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I, I'm on summer vacation. I happen to like my day job right now. So. Me too. I love my job. That happened. Yeah, that, that... That was a thing. Who was that kid in the background? That was Nobody. Harrison. That person wow. died in a fire long ago. That was Harrison. That was, what, four years ago? That was episode two, four years ago. Oh End my of God. Yeah. How old are you now, Harrison? Uh, I was nine at the time. He was nine and a half. He's 13 and wow. a half now. We did get some other uh, clips that people wanted us to play, but I thought this would be a little bit fun. These are some of the short ones. Um, you should be a song, right? There was one someone asked us to play that they liked. This is um, when we first had met Grant, and we were first having our this is like our first games of the campaign when we first started right. playing. So someone wanted to hear a little bit of this. Um but it was it was odd, and well, here's what basically happened. I came in and I said, "You gave okay. a big kiss, didn't you?" Oh, you! I wish he's such a handsome man, Gally. Uh, <laughs> Grand Fetter, that handsome, <laughs> handsome guy. Wow. Um. Anyway, if now we, that we've come we back to the land of reality, let the hate mail flow. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah. That actually happened so that's the, show the genesis too. of that also the handsome happened. man, grandfather. Yeah, that's where people get their nicknames, you know, from us doing stupid things. Um, what's really funny is now that Christopher, obviously on the show, we you know we know each other forever, which is why I think he and I were comfortable being that stupid in front of ourselves right. and just never thought, hey, we should cut this out. Like, hey, this we is thought radio. It was funny. Like people can hear this. Um, but then eventually we started having you guys on, and things got a little more settled. Um, dude, it wasn't even until, like, episode nine. Like, dude, we totally, the master engineer would intro the show, and then, like, you had the show announcer. Do you remember? Right, yeah, show, yeah, yeah, Would, like, almost repeat it. And I didn't know that that was stupid until I got an email from Rotor going, why the hell are you introducing the show twice? I skipped the first five minutes of your show every episode oh, because wow. it's the same thing. So it wasn't even until about episode nine, I think, that Chris actually said, welcome, welcome, welcome. Like, all three welcome. Like oh, his okay. t- I mean, it took us a long time. Sure. It was about five months for us to get going. You have and to get find your identity, on, right? On what was going on. Um, but it's really funny because um, we have a lot of clips of different things with you 
and Christopher. I mean, you know, okay. you've been on and doing stuff with Christopher and joking on. And Christopher always has a knack of finding the thing that he knows will get you get you get you running uh-huh. and running with it. And so as I yeah, was running through the shows, I found a clip of Christopher just getting under your skin with one of his tried and true arguments that I saw coming a mile away when the topic started. Yeah. And I just stood back. I'm like, let Chris you handle this one. Let's so here's another clip that, that because this he loves of, you. of my picks. Hold on, here we go. Uh, this should be right. Here we go. They have hatred. They do have hatred. You know, they only have one attack each. If they had two attacks, I think they'd be much more viable. Yeah. Now they have that Nagarith hatred. So against the dark elves, this is from your guys every turn. They might, they might as well call these guys dark elves and high elf mm-hmm. armor. Right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, that's they're, they're, they're my they're my people. Reading that, that should, they're actually originally your people they, were my were my people. Well, originally we were the same people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you decided to go off and God be all America, perverted. And, and those who no, it wasn't that we went off. Is that you guys just uh, just wouldn't embrace the real way? No, you see? were tainted. <laughs> you were tainted by Slanesh. We've been having this argument for three years. Oh no, we just embraced the real way, and the rest of those high elves are dumb. I'm like, I finally got somebody who plays high elves. At least I could. Have a two-to-one argument. Yeah, here. but he plays high elves. He's brainwashed. But the high elf, the high elf way was the original way. You can't dispute that. No, the elf way was the original way. Which was the high elf way? There were no high elves. There no, were no. Just he's elves. Saying, okay, the elf that's way. The elf way was that way, and that the dark elves are the. He's, he's arguing that they're the true elves, and that you guys are the. You guys chose the wussy way. Yeah, you, you're the spinoff. We're the well, true. No. How, that, that's his how argument. can you say that? Well, <laughs> see, look at the smile. Yeah, he, he says this just ridiculous. to piss you off. <laughs> he does this to me every time we have this discussion. No, no, no. no. Once the high, once the dark elves started to be tainted, you know they would meet in dark corners you and know, you you know, know practice their the occult rituals. It's those those Azrai, those wood elves, prancing around. Oh, those the tree huggers. They're, they're not even civilized. Those guys. We're not coming <laughs> home anymore. We, we just you. basically said that. We grew up and said, you know what? You ignored us while we were in our whole team. All, all I know is all, never loved us and all, elf, coming home. all elf variations started off as high elves, and then you degraded as you. They started off as, I think, Chris, right? They started off as elves, but then when all these splitters left, the regular elves named themselves high elves. The high elves were originally the elves. I, I think you have, you're looking at the wrong way. The elves were all one. I agree with elves that. Yes. All one. Once everyone fell away, i.e., down, right, and the main core, the, they stayed high elves. Exactly. Well, they, they because they were the fall. highest. You don't, they have, were the to say, you don't have to say that you fell down. You just they got too haughty for your own good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this argument will go in circles forever, and Chris it will never tire of annoying you with it. <laughs> so that's about that. I, I remember that debate. When you know him <laughs> it, as long as the two of us blood. have known him, it, you, you just start to smile when he, he starts to... He was just when trolling you so oh, bad. I, yeah. You can hear it. Now, some of the other things have been played throughout the episodes. Um, people voted in for their favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a couple of things I wanted to mention here. Um, we've already listened to Chris's quotes from the... Uh, Bretonian review, a couple of mm. someone running, just a couple of quick quotes of Chris. If you're not praying, what are you doing? Sure. Um, there was uh, a nice uh, someone voted for Alex Nikitenko talking about the Death Hag, which we played that clip also. I like that clip. That's, That's a funny. great clip. Um, I was surprised that I think three votes for um, my student Danny, who read the Dark Elf fluff. Why are you surprised? I was just, I guess, it was just. I, see that review. 
you know, we've done that review, like that that formula for a while now. But I think the Dark F one, for whatever reason, was is the strongest because the music, Danny's uh, voiceovers, right, uh, the discussion itself, all I th- were very strong and just coalesced into this great uh, end product. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean. All of, all, I think, in, in my opinion, I think a lot of our, I mean, the it was really nice. Was really I think the that was the first one where when we talked fluff, it got into like debate. Yeah, yeah, because that was another one that debate the, and theories and yeah about where people came from mm-hmm. and all this Hiles stuff. Are the pure way, and well, not only that, but things like uh, uh, the Marathi, you know, Marathi discussion. Yeah, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that really came up, and people liked it. Um, <laughs> We got a couple of people uh, writing in for the Google Translate when yeah. <laughs> Greg Person wrote in. That was, and I came, yo. That was. <laughs> that is still. I was listening to that one when Cranky had the contest going. Oh, to Cranky stop contest. it! And then we, you know, Grant was coming over, and we knew it. I said, "Don't say anything. We'll see how long it takes for Grant, Grant to, say, to that. say it." It was like two seconds, and he said, it. Say, "Hey, everybody, and I came, yo!" <laughs> like, and there you go. <laughs> um, some people wrote in, and they were really excited about. Um, they were actually really excited about the Cranky's contest to get Christopher off the show, which I thought was a little mean. Yeah, those two really... Uh, they really went at it for a while. Us. It got it got a little... It I, was I, awesome. I actually... There was a couple of points where I sort of came in at the referee in the middle um, because it was like, oh, my God, this is going to get too heated. It, it did... At one point, uh, there was an incident. I won't go into detail, but it, it did kind of... Cross the line. Yeah, it got a little weird. Yeah, uh, it did but, get a little weird. I mean, everything is fine. There, everyone's right. good friends now. Um, it did bring up a couple of things, though. Something that I wanted to mention because that's pretty much all the stuff. Now, um, there are a couple of things I wanted to bring up. One of them was uh, we got a, a submission from uh, Jonathan. Uh, he's Lizard Men Twelve on our forums, mm-hmm. and he actually gave a listen. Some people did this; they didn't give us a time and a, and a and a bit. They basically gave us a bunch of different things they enjoyed. Um, and uh, Jonathan gave us a list. Jonathan asked um, for basically to get every time you said "stay on target" into a long You're clip. Right. That would have taken me months. <laughs> I have um, to say it a lot. <laughs> he did actually put... Uh, what, like throwing things at you? Stay on target! He did talk about uh, Harrison coming back from Triumphant Treachery after being gone for 16 months. And people go like, who was that? <laughs> so um, we actually have... And there's, I think we might have played it already in the show. At some point, it's probably already in there. We had about a four or five minute clip of just clips of Harrison from when he first came mm. on. Progression. Um, and you could actually hear... <laughs> Just the voice change and the sort of, uh, you know, things he was trying to do on the show. Yeah. I had to go through and go through all the clips that he was on and sort of pick some of them. Sure. I tried to pick some better ones. There was the one when he came on about Christmas with the Christmas plea to parents because uh, my mother-in-law and my mother basically told us both we're not getting any Warhammer uh-huh, for Christmas. Right. So he basically came on with a plea, parents, kids know best, so get them whatever they want. Because uh, it was like that. cruel and abusive. I, do, I agree. So um, he went in with that. He um, asked what we wanted. Like, no, I don't want to get you that. Far and away. We did get a, a several people who said the best. In fact, someone sent in a contest entry, and it was a, one sentence. The best thing that happened to the show in the last 99 episodes is Chris Yu. 
Oh, that 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 warms my heart. It warms my heart. I think it's great. That and then I start to wonder, wait, wait a minute. Does that mean the only good thing to happen? Because I've been on every damned episode, and I hate to think that that's not I, they're the listening only. despite me. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't think that's it at all. It's nothing but personal. We did get a lot of people who said, you know, that you you you're. It's funny. I, at least two entries called your coming on mm-hmm. and jumping in first as the guest on episode fifty two. Yeah. And then at 53 saying, listen, I'm in. Uh, they call a seamless transition. I wouldn't call it seamless. Okay, behind the behind scenes, the scenes people, it was it, very, very bumpy. It was anything but seamless. I was like, what am I doing? Because going from guest to host, it's a totally different game. Well, totally different. You also, you, haven't, you also haven't known him for, what, uh, for four, 20, 55 years, years no, or something no. like that, Dan? You, it was basically every other episode. You were like, I don't know if I want to do this. I make, For like the first like four months, every other episode well, was I, I didn't I know I'm going to quit. Like anything, you kind of have to you know find your ground. And, Ease and, into it. You're also yeah, get very comfortable much, with it. I mean, you do creative work. I mean, you're mm. as your business, so you're you're a very creative person. So y- you you didn't you were worried that you just you're like I'm not delivering the goods. I don't feel like I'm. It, it was tough because nor I, I'm I'm a pretty quiet person. Yeah, I'm and not. you talk a lot. <laughs> so that's yep. the, that's the kind of the the even now that would know, be an I, understatement. I have to up my my verbiage, my word count. To, well, to help good. balance things out, I, and I, yeah. I, I try to cut back very unsuccessfully. But we've well, no, but we meet somewhere in the middle. You've come out of your shell a lot, more, right? Too yeah, exactly because it is because you 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 have. I mean, the show has gotten a lot different since you've come on. Um, I, hope, I hope for the better. Well, it is. I mean, some the the only criticism we've gotten since you've come on is we've gotten a little more tournament focused. That's a get back to your roots, which I think we're both totally. I'm I'm for that. I, I, I think I'm for that. I think that is a function of all the army books that haven't come out though, cause right? Because we've did, we've, we've I mean, done a lot of army book reviews, dude. And I mean, how many live games have we done in the past year mm-hmm. or two? Which I mean, actually, you think about it, four or five live games yeah, is quite a, a lot. bit. So every one of which I think I've lost on the air. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like as soon as the mic goes to, on, yeah. oh yeah, I suddenly forgot I, I how to roll so, dice. Yeah. Next time I go to a tournament, I'm just bringing along a portable recorder and sticking it up next to me. Just rub there it you go. Record the whole. You know that I think would intimidate a lot of people. I'd win every game, and they'd hate me for it. I'd get zero sports. This jackhole was. Yeah, just, I, was oh, so what do you think you're doing there? Moving that unit? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Shut up, buddy! Let me play <laughs> my game. But um, now we did get one from Mordante Wade, who is mm. uh, what. Uh, Donovan's Sounds friend. like a vampire yeah. name. Um, and, okay, half of the entries for favorite moment on the show were th- for this particular moment, which we're going to put that, I think, at the end of the show because mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a kind of a it's long, long clip. It's um, a good moment, though. I think we were all listening to that. Yeah. Like, big collective. Ooh. Well, the funny thing is I think a lot of people had tuned in because everybody knew that was the episode it was coming on. Mm-hmm. And for months, people had given – I mean, people had donated. And if you haven't figured it out yet, it's when all of you guys threw in and uh, we had coordinated giving that huge gift to Christopher, which is was really just – I mean – yeah, I, I go back and listen to it. I'm still just floored at how yeah, generous the amount of generosity. Was. I mean, that, those four drill models are not cheap, and there was a lot of them, dude. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it was about there was about twelve hundred bucks that mm-hmm. came in. Oh man! I mean, he got a gift certificate for UGG for over two hundred dollars on top of all that stuff because I didn't know what else to buy him at that wow. point. I didn't expect that. Like, 
you know, I mean, the first day it was like, here's a 10, here's a 5, here's a sure. dollar. And then, like, suddenly people were given, like, bigger amounts. 50s, I know, like, the Ohio probably. Hammer guys were like, and they sent an email. Andy's like, dude, I remember days when I was living off of ramen and ketchup. I know what it's like here. Help the guy out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. I don't think we could ever get away with it, like, again. Okay. Um, and I say get away with it because, um, you know, I asked. About it's, that, it's asking for a lot. Of it's, the it's not. I mean, and, and we sent it out, and I asked, "Hey, th- if everyone threw in a buck or two, I would have been amazed." Yeah, but everyone, you know? everyone stepped up in a major way, right? And it was really nice. But I mean, now in the wake of a lot of, you know, I, I've heard it called Warhammer welfare. You know, and mm-hmm. I know Prosca uh, brought it up with Jeff Carroll. Yeah, and you know, people said, "Listen, we can't afford to do things our listeners have asked us to do." So if our listeners really want us to do it, they're going to have to step up. And I have no beef with that. I am not criticizing, you know, what any podcast does. But, I mean, I look back on it, and I'm kind of – I actually like, damn, the ball's on me. (laughs) Hey, would you guys mind just buying him toys? I mean, that was a pretty nutsy thing even to ask. Yes, but at the same time, I think given Chris's situation at the time, I mean, he was in a pretty tight spot. Dude, he was living out of Jason's basement. He was living out of my basement for a few weeks. Then he was living out of Jason's basement for like nine, nine, ten months. His, his, I mean, he was having a rough time with his family. that I think people could do to help, uh, you know, lighten that burden, you know, give him some kind of uh, diversion. Yeah, something to to do nice for him. And he, I mean, he was floored. It was huge. Um, Now... He's not one to get emotional. And I, it was and I wasn't going to bring any of this up, but I've actually gotten several emails over the last year and a half to this thing. So when this came in in the contest, um, he said, you know, this was uh, Wade had entered in the, uh, f- you know, favorite thing yeah. portion. Mm-hmm. And his favorite thing was that episode. But he said, unfortunately, it was tied to one of the worst things that happened, which is basically Chris disappeared. Mm. And that was, I mean, it was like six seven months later i mean it was this was in november sure he left the following june after the episode right after blood the sun and basically he hasn't come on again since Mm -hmm. and people have asked about him look chris is doing well um he is still single he is basically he works as a contractor for these this pharmaceutical company so he basically lives in a hotel in florida yeah he lives in a marriott he's yeah i mean he literally they pay for him he lives in a hotel um, and so he's basically getting himself out of debt, doing all the things he needs to do. Um, but also being in a hotel, he doesn't have the space or the time or sure. that stuff time to play or Warhammer. Currently, yeah. Um, it's not a priority, I would So right, right now, now he's here every people, other weekend. So And he, it's to see his son. Sure. Um, basically, he's looking. In fact, he says he has nowhere to store it. Um, so I, th- I know his Tomb Kings, his Bretts, his... Is dark elves and stuff is pretty much all going to go, be going up for sale, I think, pretty soon. Oh, is it? Okay. Because um, he doesn't know when he's going to play it again. Now, his chaos dwarfs, I think, were his first army ever, and he's still got yeah, the tall hat he, he painted. Those aren't going anywhere. He's keep In those. fact, I, I've basically told Christopher, and we've talked about this a little bit, and we're going to talk about it more. This isn't set in stone. I'm not trying to, mm-hmm. if he's listening, I'm not trying to push him into a corner. But I basically told him, I said, listen, I'll keep them for you. Let me play with them. Don't let me play with them. Whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you can store them here, here till you get a time to come back. Because I mean, he's still a gamer. He loves. Do you gaming. think he'll come back? You know, he he has quit and come back. I mean, this iteration of this last time he played, mm-hmm. which was a good, you know, four or five years of playing, was the third time. 
That was his oh, third wow. time through. So there's a pattern. So yeah, he's okay. he's played and left, played. Chris, I mean, he said it all through the early episodes. He's you know he's he's he says he's the game prostitute. He'll play anything. Uh. And I think the biggest stress to him was the I have to play Warhammer and having to play it well because well just for the show. Sure. Like he couldn't be like oh I'm not playing anything because I'm playing other games. And he was playing other games in the beginning. And people were like well we really don't want to hear about that. We want to hear about Warhammer. Right. And I think it became a, where he had to step away because it was just. It was to the it's, point where yeah, it's no longer fun for him. Yeah, and when and like I said, when work took him away from it, where he actually was leaving and living out of suitcases, mm-hmm. it just became a break. And he'll be back. He he comes back every time. I mean, it's, I it's hope a, so because he, he was a good opponent to play against. Yeah, and it was a it lot was of fun. fun so, um, but that's where Chris is. People were asking, and uh, <coughs> I'm certain, uh, you know, I'm certain he'll be back. But his. Okay. I, his Chaos Dwarfs are safe. At least know that, folks. It, it wasn't gone to waste. Because Lord knows if he lets me keep them, I'm going to play with them. I'm sure. going to play around with them because they're too cool now, too. That Forge World stuff was awesome. They are. And, and he hey, painted them so pretty, the old ones. A, a d- dead dwarf is just as fun, whether it's a regular dwarf or Chaos Dwarf. A, ca- a regular dwarf or a Chaos Dwarf, because you can say that, because that's what Cranky had on all the shirts. You're allowed to say Chaos Dwarfs, but not regular dwarfs. You putts. <laughs> Um, but so we should get to a winner for this one. Yes. And uh, we went through random selection again because so many people had overlapped. Mm-hmm. And um, so this we have. Funny enough. Yeah. Uh, it was a person who just sent in a long list of stuff that they thought was fun. Uh, Jonathan. Lizardman12. Jonathan Brock. So congratulations, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Brock, uh, you are the winner of the Favorite Things contest, which is going to be... That was the 20 Garage Hammer Dice and the one possible optional zombie. Yes. If he so chooses. Yes, there we go. So you'll have to let uh, David know, Jonathan, whether or not you would like that zombie. But he won it. Now, his one went down. He basically, he loved the uh, he loved the Lizardman review. Mm-hmm. He said it was hilarious, the chemistry between us and Lizardman Jeff. Uh, Lizardman Jeff saying, they're not supposed to be here. Oh, that's it. The <laughs> With an attitude like that, Chris, it's no wonder they got slaughtered. <laughs> uh, oh, the jungle cat and other jungle sounds. Uh, he liked the Triumph and Treasury. In fact, he's the one who asked for the uh, do a mix showing how Harrison's voice has changed oh, okay. throughout the podcast. So um, we'll put that one in. Um, he also liked when Alex buys twenty dollars. That was hilarious. Garage hammer dice in the middle of the show. Um, That's an on-air testimony to the dice. He did ask for the and I came yo. He's the one who called your seamless transition. You were destined for podcasting. Destined. Wow. Okay. Well, you, like they said, you don't have to be handsome to do a podcast. Oh, I do have That's a voice for radio. Us. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I have a face made for radio. Yep. Oh, he liked the tra la la. That that bothers me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, is it, can't, you can't tell. Uh, hey, you know what? Um, I, you know what? I don't do it that often. Now you know how it's like. Uh, I just say tra la la. At least I can actually say elves. You yeah, know, but yeah. that that's a race deserving of proper pronunciation. Oh, yeah, it's only because whatever. the elves are cool. <laughs> whatever. He likes to protect cool. your army. See, you you make fun of our skirts, but you're the one who keeps asking mom for a kilt. Chris is trying to herd cats. I mean, Dave and the show. Get, notice I'm ignoring him at this point. It's just like being at home. 
Uh, do it. We are at home. Do uh-huh. it. Yeah. Uh, a mix of t- Dave telling Harrison to behave or shut up in the early episodes. Behave and shut up now. I didn't there listen you to you then. I don't listen to you now. See, this is why he's... Live application. This is why he doesn't come on the show that often. But congratulations for your win. Um, there's where the reviews. Chris, that's... That's the Contest NATO. That's episode 100. The Contest NATO has the gone storm through. The passed. Prizes have been awarded. Wow. Dude, it's, seriously, this is like... Dude, there's like total entries. $400 worth of prizes given away today. Nice. So not bad for... Not bad for uh, a bunch of guys playing in the basement. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when people should have stopped listening after about episode four. No, no. It's, you know, it's... Oh, yes. You, you had a you know winning formula, and you stuck to it, and it's grown into what it is today. We so. did what we could do. And thank God, thank you to everybody who's stuck with us and who's been listening. Absolutely. And uh, seriously, I mean, it's really weird because... Here we were, just a couple of guys playing in the basement. That's that helped us meet you and Grant. Yep. Uh, Joe Flesh got in touch with us and said, you know, he was like the first podcast actually to mention ours. Hey, there's a new podcast. You should give it a listen. Oh, cool. And he's the guy who really pushed and said, you need to get in touch with Alex Gonzalez and come to Core Comp. Oh, so that was the beginning there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's he like, was the first like sort of hobby, not entirely tournament gamer. Yeah, and it went from a really cool hobby, something to do. That wasn't playing video games mm. to a really great time with my close friends to meeting all these other people. Sure. And just, I mean, you know, the community has been so nice to all of us. It, it has. The community has been good to us. And um, for sure. it's just, it's been an amazing four years in this hobby. Like, there's times I'm doing this and I'm editing and I'm putting stuff together and I'm like, man, you know, I could be spending time with my kids teaching my daughter to read. Mm. And instead I'm doing this <laughs> and it makes you stop and think wow why am i doing this and then it's like it's it's it is it's so it, it it's it's like my thing this is like my hobby and it's like i've got a family outside of it mm-hmm. from these mm-hmm. gamers and all of you guys who have been supportive of the show and have done stuff with us and, and you know come up to us and place and hey you know love what you're love doing the show and yeah you know. dude it's really cool it makes it yeah it does make it worth it for and sure. thanks to all the people who help us out, you know, send us bumpers or send us things or yep. just getting advice from the other guys. I mean, you know, someone emailing you who's done a show, you know, you get an email from Ben Curry saying, hey, I heard about this. That was pretty cool. That's kind of neat. You know? Ben Curry yeah. listens to our show. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's about that. Uh, folks, we're going to be back with some more uh, Garage 102 next episode. You're back to the grind. Yeah, right? some more Monstrous Arcanum. Yeah, more games. And uh, hopefully some more games, and we'll be reporting at least where the where the uh, campaign is starting and what we're going to be all taking and who's doing what. I'll have lists and, and, and nice. generals' names and army lists and all the fun fluff to get going. Yeah, to, to roll some dice. And yeah, there we go. So, on. folks, we'll see you end of July. For 101. 101 with a little Garage 102. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> all right. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer. You can follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. 
You can reach me, that's Chris, through chrisu at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garagehammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.